I mean, uh, if you don't, if a person doesn't think that there there is a God to be accountable to, then then what's what's the point of of trying to uh, modify your behavior to keep it within acceptable ranges? That's how I thought anyway, because I always I always believe the uh, the lie that uh, evolution is truth. The theory of evolution is truth that we all just came from uh, the slime and uh, when we when we died, you know, that was it. There was nothing. So it, the whole theory cheapens life. And uh, started reading books about how that show how evolution is, is just a complete lie. There's, there's, no, there's no basis in science to, to uphold it. And I've come to, since come to believe that, uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is the true creator of uh, the heavens and the earth. Was it purely physical or did you feel an emotional bond with this bitch? Did you feel an emotional bond with this 14-year-old bitch? Or was it just purely, uh, you know, you wanted to get yourself a piece of young ass? I mean, tell me that. Tell me that, motherfucker. <laughs> I felt an emotional bond with a pussy. Alright, man. See, man, this is why I can't talk to you, man, because you... You, man, shit, see, you a trifling ass motherfucker, TJ, you just skin deep, motherfucker, you, you don't feel the fucking depth of emotion I do, motherfucker, see, this is what I'm talking about, man, this is why I can't have a conversation with your ass, man, god damn. Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keen. If you would like to support God TV Radio, you can support us by buying our music, our art, our t-shirts, as well as our books. You can also support us with a one-time donation through PayPal. All links are in the description. If you have access to Spotify, you can listen to my radio station in your car, on your stereo, on your computer, anything that has internet access. God bless.
Hey, Tony. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Can you hear me? Going to have to get a little bit closer to your mic. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. What you're looking at right now is my website. If people go to brettkeen.us, you're going to see that I've done an entire article on the drunken peasants, Ben Pie. What we're going to be talking about tonight, as well as Smoky Saint crimes. And uh, let's see what we got here. If you go here, at the very top, it says Lady Hopium. This is the original host of the interviews done by the victims, the females who came forward who said that they were uh, sexually assaulted by Ben Pye, the host of the Drunken Peasants. And uh, there's entirely a whole lot of information here. Um, it directs people to the person's YouTube channel so folks can actually see the uh, original interviews. I did, however, end up making copies because I didn't want Ben as well as his crew to try to destroy the evidence. You understand what I'm saying, Mr. Tony? Uh, yes, sir. So we got it out there. Uh, one of these uh, females appears to be underage. Um, uh, both females have a YouTube channel. One of them spends more time on Twitter. One of them is called Taylor Kirk. Apparently, she's in a relationship with Scotty Kirk at the moment. It was actually drunken peasants fans, uh, who people who claim to be of the drunken peasants fans and community who provided me the video footage and the uh, interview and all that kind of stuff, which I've been trying to direct a lot of views over to so people can see what's happening. Tony, one of the sad things about the claims I noticed in the recordings of these young ladies is that they both believe that no one will listen to them. They don't believe that they should even bother with the police because they have so uh, little, how do I say, uh, trust or faith in our system or the authorities they don't think that the cops will do anything about it so they chose to allow this uh popular uh youtuber by the name of lady hopium to broadcast them how do you feel about that tony do you think that that's a problem for women uh these days where if they're raped or sexually abused or drugged up that they're somehow going to not be heard it seems like whenever women came out against Bill Cosby, didn't he go to prison? Yeah, that's very uh, tragic and sad. Really. Yeah, as you know, Tony, I've been uh, trying to help out people for years and all that. I've been recently doing shows with a uh, person by the name of Cindy Lincoln who makes accusation and says they have issues with a YouTuber on here. And I've also been trying to um, help uh, the community be able to see what Smokey Saint is all about, who is a self-proclaimed Christian. Have you been following up on the Smokey Saint issues before we get into this? We'll kind of jump around a little bit. I do want to point out to folks, I have reached out to some of these people who uh, are making the accusation that they have been sexually assaulted by this guy that you see in the picture. And uh, some of them say that they may come on the show and may talk. Others say that they're afraid that if they do, that Ben has a lot of money and his community is so big, according to them, they're afraid that he'll uh, hurt them in real life. So they're afraid to come forth and speak. 
And that really, really makes me sad. I can understand what it feels like to be pressured and people trying to intimidate you on the internet. You know what I mean, Tony? Mm -hmm. So, but the, the thing is, is a lot of these women, I know it's easier said than done. You have to realize that if someone hurts you and you let it pass and you let it continue to go, um, other women are going to end up being hurt. Other people are going to be hurt. The more confident the person gets in themselves that nothing is going to be done about it, no accountability, no responsibility, no justice, then more people are going to get hurt. So even if you're afraid of what some idiots might say on the internet, don't. If you go to the police, you tell them what's up, you tell them what happened and all that, and bring uh, your friends or anybody that you think is a witness, uh, something can get done about it. Don't uh, don't lose hope. Don't lose faith, and don't allow yourself to be used like a like a fucking toilet. Go ahead, Tony. What do you got to say, brother? I agree. Let's see what we got here. Let's uh, click on the link. Make sure it works. This is the YouTuber who actually hosted. Let's see if this will go over like it's supposed to. It looks like it's taking, there's a little bit of lag here. Here is the person that originally hosted the interviews. Let me make sure that uh, the broadcast is actually showing it. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to click on a different window in order to show this. Uh, let me click out of that crap. And we will... Do this. Yeah, I don't have my own tech guy over here. I'm doing it all myself, talking and uh, going at the same time. All right, so here is uh, the original host. Okay, are you able to see this on the screen now, Tony? Yes. Lady, Lady Opium. I hope them or hop them or something like that. Well, you guys can all see... Um, Lady Hopham's name or whatever. Uh, apparently, they've done interviews with the Amazing Atheist as well as, uh, I guess, Paul's Ego or something like that, and also a character by the name of Vosh. Um, it was originally Ben who was a part of the now drunken peasants who did this. And apparently, Tyler Kirk is involved with uh, Scotty. That's why uh, Tyler has the last name as Scotty Kirk. Um, I am curious about something. Uh, one thing that is confusing me, because I listen to the interviews, and the stories are extremely rough. They're extremely harsh. I'm curious why um, Scotty Kirk, a brother of TJ, hasn't uh, continued to encourage uh, these females to have the strength to go to the police and say something about this mess. You know, not just let it pass or fly. I was reading a uh, a Reddit where someone said uh, that the reason why they don't mention it is because they're under some kind of contract with DP. And I'm thinking to myself, what fucking court of law is going to give a shit about a podcast contract whenever it's dealing with women who have been sexually violated? I mean, does that sound normal to you, Tony? Does that even sound like that works on our planet? No, that sounds messed up, to be honest. Yeah, it sounds to me like some people um, just simply don't give a damn about what happened and they're not making any kind of effort to uh, 
encourage these young ladies to come forward and do what they need to do on that. Instead, these girls find themselves being hosted by YouTubers and having to tell their story that way where they should be going directly to the authorities, I think. So I was hoping that some of these uh, ladies would come in so I could give them some instruction and advice and encourage them on how to get a hold of the proper people to get something about this. So who knows? Maybe they'll still show up. Maybe something will happen. Maybe one. Who knows? So, Tony, before we get into any more nonsense here, how has your day been? Uh, so far, so good. Just trying to keep myself busy. Keep my mind occupied. Been watching a lot of videos. Uh, some of yours, of course. Uh, I, I, um, I have a, a huge library of things that I'm interested in, whether it's like uh, biblical studies, biblical archaeology, uh, the paranormal, uh, you know, like mythical creatures, you know, the ancient Egypt, you know, etc., etc. I, I, I have a plethora of, of interest. Oof, goodness gracious. Yeah. Sounds like you've been busy. Hey, uh, Tony, yeah. uh, are you able to see this text on the screen or is it too blurry? No, no, I can see it. Uh, and, and I can't pronounce her name, but Amina Drew Wan. Yes, sorry, go This person, this is her right here. Yeah. And this is her, she left a huge comment on this uh, person's uh, channel that I was just uh, showing off. Uh, basically, uh, to the people asking for proof, I came out in two, 2017, 2018 with chat logs, audio, screenshots of the proof. This was posted on the subreddit, which Ben bought for a few thousand dollars and scrubbed. You hear that? The guy actually bought the pages that she told her story on and provided audio and video and all that kind of stuff. And Ben apparently bought it up and scrubbed it. How corporate is that? Right. Jeez. He also doxed me and had me banned from Reddit. Most of the mods he paid off are no longer in the community to my knowledge, but I will reach out. This was an incredibly painful experience for me and coming out on Reddit was so hard. It was even harder when Ben had people like Ribeye and Jeff Holliday attack me. For years after this, I had people posting my legal name alongside my sex work to 4chan, various forums, messaging people I knew on Twitter. I'm not implying it's all Ben, but I know for a fact one of the main persons was one of the women Ben was with, who has now turned against him apparently. She also weirdly kept bringing my race up. I can find the screenshots, but please understand how mentally taxing this is for people involved. What purpose would any of us have are coming out against this if it's not true? If it's pure scorn, then why have multiple people come with the same exact story? Please have compassion and understand this is hard for many of us. Oh, poor dear. I'm going to read the rest of it. How do you feel about this so far, Tony? <clears throat> uh, I feel sorry. Jeez. As for the claims about minors, when I came out on Reddit, a girl who was 16 told me Ben was messaging her when she was 14, 15, between 14 and 15. 
nothing illegal, but was flirty. He also told me in person. Okay, hold on a second. Looks like we got a. Hey, Cindy, how you doing? Hi, brother. I'm talking about some different animals on the internet who've been very, very bad. Who've been terrible. I don't see if you. I don't know if you see what's on the screen right now. I don't. So okay, so what we're about. talking about right now, Cindy, is apparently Ben, who's the host of the Drunken Peasants. A bunch of women have come out and claimed that, well, these were underage girls. A couple of them are of age, but there's a bunch of them, according to this girl, who are coming out stating that he drugged them and then sexually assaulted them while they were drugged and high, drunk, and all this. And I've been talking about this, and I'm also going to talk about the Smoky Saint issue. I was just earlier talking a little bit about your issues you're having with the certain social media people. I'm almost finished reading this. Are you ready? Okay, go for it. As for the claims about minors, when I came out on Reddit, a girl who was 16 told me Ben was messaging her when she was 14, 15, between 14 and 15. Nothing illegal, but was flirty. Well, messing around with 14, 15s underage, right? That's considered a minor. Well, Cindy, is that considered a minor in your state? It is in mine. Yes. So I don't know why the girl says she is a very young girl who's claiming that this happened. So maybe she doesn't know that the laws state that under uh, 16 years old is considered a minor. Yeah, pretty young. He also told me in person that a 16-year-old girl was obsessed with him and she would chat with him every day. I told him to contact her parents and he said, no, they beat her as if he had to talk with this girl. Granted, he didn't say he did anything illegal with her, but in what world does any 35-plus-year-old man want anything to do with jailbait? I've never claimed he was a pedophile. That's actually a straw man tactic that he and a few who follow him do discredit everything else that's been said. I don't believe he's a pedophile. I think he wants to lie to attractive, kind women he would never in a million years so a lot of it's uh, just, she seems like she's trying to like defend him, but also point out what he's done all at the same time. It's odd. Mm-hmm. And also she mentions me at the end of it. I was one of the few people back in the day who pointed out that he was dangerous and going to cause problems. And according to uh, Tyler Kirk, she says right here, there were so many parts in your story that happened to me as well that I didn't mention, so it was affirming to hear that. You were so articulate, even with so many horrible memories to have to go through. Thank you for your bravery and for coming forward. This is Taylor Kirk, and she also has had a similar experience with Ben. But strangely and unusual, her story is kind of odd because she would end up marrying the friend, Scotty Kirk, who used to host the show with the guy who did this to her. That's odd, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about some of the things I've heard about, like uh, Stockholm Syndrome and and um, confusion and um, where they love bomb you to make you like the abuser. I don't know if that's accurate. I just stepped in, so I don't know that much, but 
Do you know what I'm talking about? You know what? You know what I think, Brett? What's up, Tony? What do you think? Uh, I don't, didn't mean to interrupt her, but... Uh, well, you have to speak up a little bit. It's hard to hear you. Remember, I'm deaf uh, due to 80s metal. Yeah. <laughs> <I hear> you. <laughs> uh, well, what I think is it's kind of ironic because a lot of these girls, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against, I'm not on the side of, of obviously atheists, but at the same time, it's interesting how some girls think that they can get into a relationship with an atheist and think that they're going to be like sweet as pie. What do they expect? They're going to get this action from them, you know? Well, I can understand why you would come to that conclusion, and I hope nobody gets mad at either of us for saying this. If someone thinks I'm wrong for saying what I'm about to say, then feel free to correct me. This is a group who does drugs right on their live stream, okay? Right. And they yeah. call themselves the drunken peasants. Yeah. So the idea that if you go out with people who are in the drunken peasants who drink and do drugs all day, most likely, when you engage them, there will be alcohol and drugs. That's the rationality, right? Or am I stupid? Common sense, yeah. Should we expect that they just simply get taken out to McDonald's and have a Big Mac? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, it doesn't know. Work, doesn't work that way. <laughs> I'm awful, ain't I, Cindy? Just tell me. Just no, tell me. but you're, are you, you're talking about a 15-year-old girl. Well, it's a 15-year-old, and the other girl, I think that she's, at this point, she's of legal age, but when it happened to her, she was a minor. So, yeah, I had a, I had some DP people who ended up uh, sending me the saying, Brett, you need to check out these interviews, you need to see what's being said. For some reason, the internet, whether it's atheists or people of faith and stuff, people come to me about these issues and all that. And I guess they figure because I'm such a neutral, fair person, I'll end up saying something about it and encouraging people to do what they need to do. What do you think, Cindy and Tony? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I believe in exposing evil in order to protect the innocent. And yeah, I guess what Tony was saying about, well, what does she expect? I guess I just remember when I was 15, I was stupid enough to go out with guys who drank and I, I didn't have the discernment and ability to say, um, no, I don't want to hang out with people like that. I, so it just all depends on where she's at, you know? Cindy and Tony, I don't know if you get to see the very beginning of the show, but I think that there's a good reason why Scotty Kirk and TJ Kirk doesn't come out or encourage her to step up to the plate against Ben about the uh, messing around with girls under age. I have a theory on it why they wouldn't do that. Would you like to see Tony and Cindy? Sure. All right, watch your screen real close and turn up your volume. Here you go. Was it purely physical or did you feel an emotional bond with this bitch? Did you feel an emotional bond with this 14 year old bitch? Or was it just purely, uh, you know, you wanted to get yourself a piece of young ass? I mean, tell me that. Tell me that, motherfucker. <laughs> I felt an emotional bond with a pussy. Alright, man. See, man, this is why I can't talk to you, man, because you. You, man, 
<laughs> See, you a trifling ass motherfucker, TJ. You just skin deep, motherfucker. You you don't feel the fucking depth of emotion I do, motherfucker. See, this is what I'm talking about, man. This is why I can't have a conversation with your ass, man. Goddamn. for cutting that off um i think you guys got the point so what did you see in the comment section between him and uh did you guys recognize the other fella yeah tj no tj kirk one of the most popular atheists in the world called the amazing atheist on youtube who gets featured on the front of youtube's channel is uh talking about having sex with a 14 year old it's recorded, and you can see that they're a part of the same podcast, and those two guys know each other. Let's see, we got somebody here called Brian. Let me put something up on the screen in case this person decides they want to porn bomb me, and we'll see what happens. Let's go ahead and put that up since that's kind of on topic, right? Hello, Brian. How are you? Good evening. Uh, Brad, I spoke to you the other night. I, I didn't intend to try and sabotage your stream in any way. Oh, very good. Very good. Brian, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you for having me. Brian, were you one of the ones who uh, provided some of these interviews and some of these videos or pointed me in the right direction? I don't know about that, but I mean, you and I spoke a little bit about some of the allegations that have been levied towards both Ben of the Drunken Peasants and some of the other adversaries of yours in the YouTube space. Now, remember, if you asked certain people, some people would say, I'm kind of slow. Why don't you give your summary of what's going on on this? What's your position? What have you heard? And how do you, uh, how would you describe it? I mean, and I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint in this respect, but my opinion when it comes to these kind of sexual allegations is that it's of the utmost importance to allow the victim, the complainant themselves, to go about describing their experiences. And that for me to try and comment on it as somebody who hasn't been privy to what happened would be disrespectful. And so all I can say is that I'd encourage everybody to look at the interviews, consider any other relevant evidence and reach your own conclusion on the matter. That's a good point, and I have definitely put the link out there. I've showed people that if they go to the website, at the very front, they can watch the original host who did the interview called Lady Hopium, I think is how the name is pronounced, as well as uh, be able to hear the different copies out there as well. Wanted to make sure that Ben and the DP do not try to destroy the evidence. Pretty uh, pretty safe uh, bet. What do you say, Cindy and Tony? Safe bet too. Well, you got to protect things. You got to make sure you keep copies of stuff, especially oh. whenever it comes to digital. I mean, you just heard that uh, the girl said that she put all this information out there and then Ben ended up buying the website that the information was on and then had it scrubbed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I've had the same yeah. issue. That's true. So, That's rough. Go ahead, Cindy. What was that 
man trying to say that you shouldn't be doing this she should be doing it herself no no not at all i wasn't saying that brett has no right to comment on it i was just asked myself to try and describe her experiences and i don't think that that would be appropriate the video of her being interviewed over two hours is available on youtube for anyone who'd like to hear in detail what happened okay. to her okay yeah because as a fellow victim i always appreciate it when someone else would say something for me because sometimes victims aren't believed yeah that's really interesting but i mean i don't when you say someone say something for you do you mean somebody who's um witnessed it or had some kind of connection to it because i don't know any of the the people involved in this yeah. well brian i guess what i suspected was going to happen is you have listened to the interview you did hear the information and i was asking uh, what is your summary of it and all that? But if you feel like it somehow dishonors these women by explaining what you get from their stories and stuff. So it, you would be the first one in the world I've ever heard about that doesn't uh, feel the need to explain uh, what what you got from uh, this terrible event that has happened. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that. I mean, it sounds... I'd be interested to see what Ben's response to these allegations are. Has he made any kind of public response? Not that I've heard of. Brian, like I was telling you earlier and stuff before we went on the show, there was some um, one thing that I've discovered is that a lot of the stuff, it comes from people like yourself or other fans or people part of the community who come to me and they say, hey, Brett, take a look at this. Uh, what do you think of this? What's going on and all that? And one of the things that really bothered me about this, Cindy and Tony, when I listened to the interview, I heard a reoccurring theme. The Tyler Kirk girl, she says, I'm just some kind of redneck from whatever state. I'm, I'm a nobody. I've got no money. I've got nothing going on for me. And I didn't want to go against him at that time because I thought there'd be some issue. But then on the other hand, I'm thinking, okay, so you're involved with someone who is rich. You are involved with Scotty Kirk. Why isn't she being encouraged to go out and do something about it? And then the other girl, if you go look at her videos, she's clearly a, a young person and she's claiming that she was seriously hurt and violated and she was told during the interview, this is what I heard, Brian. She said, I'm a black girl. I live in this area. I don't think the police will listen to me. I don't think anybody will care. And the host didn't say anything to the effect of, you need to go to the police. You need to try to get some help. You need to, you know, do something besides just simply doing YouTube stuff and get some help for yourself. No one said that. Instead, they uh, the host kind of agreed and said, yeah, you can't trust the cops or the authority figures. How the fuck does that help? Yeah, I mean, you're quite right. That was absent from the discussion, and I'm not really quite sure why. And the other point that you just alluded to, that both, both of these women seem to have quite low self-esteem emanating from their perceived low socioeconomic status, like you say, Taylor Kirk was describing herself as a redneck. And then the race of the second complainant seemed to be raised too. And I, I'm not quite sure why. I think something that doesn't seem to be contested is that Ben in both instances was scouring through his fan base to try and find 
and communicate with young women that were interested in the show. And that in of itself is going to give rise to a power imbalance. That was one of the uh, reasons why, I don't know if you knew this, Brian, but a lot of people are, are saying that I'm one of the big reasons why the group even broke up in the first place, why certain hosts went this direction and made their own podcast. As you remember, um, Ben was repeatedly playing segments of my videos and all that, constantly taking my content, playing it, and then he would make fun of the way I looked, the way I talked, my accent, everything. Well, what ends up happening is I knew that he had gotten to a point where he wasn't even reviewing my videos anymore. He'd just play them on the screen, shit talk me, and then go on his merry way. Well, during that time, some DP fans had sent me pictures and imagery showing that he was cheating on his wife with underage girls. And I put the imagery up there to prove it. And he did that live and it was shown to his wife what he was doing. He instantly turned off the video and deleted it. And that was one of the reasons why he got fired from the DP. I don't know if you were aware of that, Brian. Yeah, well, that, I think that was, I mean, certainly the trigger. I think um, a very funny affair. You had a, a final laugh in that regard. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, they say Brett Keane ended that group and all that kind of stuff. The idea wasn't really so much as to end it. It was to prove to this woman out here who was obviously, she was having adultery committed against her. She was being done wrong. Obviously, I don't like the guy. I think he's a piece of trash. But I also think it's just absolutely terrible to be cheating on your spouse, doing these kind of things, and also messing around with underage girls. How do you guys feel about that? What's your opinion? I've been babbling on incoherently over here. Why in the world would he do that on YouTube? And why in the world does YouTube not shut that down? I'm not sure if they're aware of what's going on because what, what we're referring to here is communication on other social media platforms and direct message. That's how we'd um, go about soliciting these people. Oh, yeah, there's no I way for YouTube to know. I thought he was committing adultery on YouTube is what you... Well, well Cindy, said. what he was doing was he was pretending to be there for his wife. On his show, it was a shows about him making fun of people and insulting people, trying to tear people down. That was his thing. It was behind the scenes where he was doing this. And apparently he was doing this with his buddies. He pissed off a couple of his buddies. I, uh, I've heard from a lot of drunken peasants people, our former fans, that they call him ben, Bensership or something like that. It's basically a long word, a nickname for he's big on censoring people and going off on people and giving people hell all the time. And they basically got pissed off and they decided to show his wife uh, what had happened. You know, the information. That's well, rough. Well, I would say if I were the wife, I would appreciate knowing... Oh, I think that relationship well over at this point. Oof, that's rough. Let's see what we got here. Okay, Tony well, says he'll be back in a few. All right, Tony, see you later. What's up, Cindy? When I first Googled you, when people were harassing me for going on your channel, I Googled you, and I couldn't find your stuff. All I could find was this drunken peasant stuff. Like the first five hits on the Google results were drunken peasant stuff. And at first I thought, well, maybe that's your, your tag name or something. <laughs> no, 
Yeah, they, they deliberately tried to do everything they can to basically bury my name and everything into the dirt, drag me through the mud. <clears throat> I've been on their show before, and originally it was to go on there to explain why it is I become a Christian, why I believe in God and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the first show that ended up happening was I brought a couple Christians on to the thing, and we uh, tried to have a discussion. It uh, sucked in every way imaginable, and then everything else afterwards was just simply drama and aggravation. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's unfortunately what can happen, Cindy. If you come out speaking against the group, that's what these girls are worried about. They're worried that these idiots will make tons and tons of videos, calling them every name in the book, accusing them of things, getting into their job, their personal lives, all this kind of stuff. And that's why they're afraid. A person, if they're on the bad end of things, um, and someone's more popular than them, they can be, well, hell, Cindy, we've talked about this. If a person's super popular and they've got the upper hand, um, they can literally just turn the internet into whatever fantasy or present any visual they want, whether it's true or not. And I think that's a really that's a really good point, Brett, in respect to Ben's romantic success, if you want to call it that. I mean, I don't think he's the kind of guy that would have been attracting a particularly large number of women outside of the fame that he'd been experiencing while on the drunken peasants and its zenith. And well, you're absolutely right. The guy looks like Splinter off Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know the mutated rat. So I don't suspect anybody's you know falling over for that or tripping over sticks to get there. Well, it's, it's not his. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. I mean, it's not just his looks, though. I just, I mean, it's um, I don't consider myself a highly attractive person, but he also just lacks the um, the kind of charisma that was present in some of the other guests. Oh, I can agree with that, Brian. I used to say all the time that once someone leaves that show, it's over. That thing is going to go into the toilet. I used to predict that all the time. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Brian and Cindy and Tony, can you do me a favor? I will be right back. Remember, French vanilla situation. That's our code word for I need a timeout. Can you guys take over for me for a moment? Only if you bring me one. Do me a favor real quick, Cindy. I, I don't you don't know nothing about this meme, but you'll you you might get a kick out of it. Repeat after me, go, oh Brett Keen, Mac and Cheese situation. Yeah. <laughs> no. I ain't yeah, seen it, it when I don't know what it means. No, just go mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, Cindy, I made a video. I made a video a long time ago eating mac and cheese. And also I uh, did this thing where I was talking to Paul backstage. My wife comes in and she says, honey, dinner's made. And I go, what's for dinner, baby? And she goes, mac and cheese. And Paul goes, oh, mac and cheese situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a big story. You took ownership of the joke, which really nullified any potential insult that might have once been there. Yeah. Well, I don't really see what insulting somebody that likes mac and cheese is a deal. I think mac and cheese is a pretty popular thing. It's not like it's ambrosia from heaven or something that nobody's ever heard of. Right. I'll yeah, be right back here. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, I suppose the joke, this one is predicated on trying to call you fat, but the people making the joke are morbidly obese. Inside oh, I hear you. I always said that. Somebody's over there just scratching the piss out of their mic. Are you okay over there? 
goodness gracious. Yeah, that was always weird, too. It's always strange when you have someone that weighs roughly in the area of 850 pounds telling you who's want. Hold on a second. Let me go ahead and mute Tony since he wants to scratch the piss out of his microphone over there. Uh, 850 pounds of pure meat sitting there uh, calling a guy who's 250 fat. That's so odd. Goodness gracious. And my titties don't even sag, Brian. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it kind of takes the bite out of it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it makes me just want to jump up on cam and go, blueberry muffin situation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll be right back. I got to do the French vanilla. Yeah, I'd be spelled. If you so, guys don't mind, please don't just sit there all quietly. No, no, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll try and conduct a little bit of hospitality. So, Cindy, are you a YouTuber yourself? Well, it sounds like she might not be here. Cindy, are you here? Cindy, you got to unmute your mic. Oh, she might have froze up. Tony, can you talk to Brian so he ain't... Just chilling all by himself. Sure. So, Tony, how are you today? Okay. Uh, how are you? Yeah, quite all right. Are you a YouTuber like Brett? Um. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, well, not not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really popular like Brett, of course, but. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I, I've been on YouTube for a while, but uh, I kind of stay out of the limelight. You know, I'm not. I'm not wanting to, you know, make a big page. Or, you know, I, I just like. Um, I, I I have another channel that's called Ultra Alien Games. Right. And so, yeah, sometimes I'll post like my recorded gameplay on there, but but yeah, I'm not that. You know popular myself but well, that's okay. for, for fun yeah, yeah I, th I mean i think um there's a lot of kind of comparing dick sizes when it comes to this kind of thing as long as you derive some kind of some kind of pleasure some positivity from posting videos and making friends online then there's no need for it to garner any serious attention yeah yeah uh where are you from are you not able to tell uh i, I i'm assuming you're from uh the uk yeah yeah that's right oh, oh okay cool yeah i um i have a friend that lives in california uh she's uh she's british and uh i've known her for quite some time i've never been to the uk but my sister um uh, she was there when she was younger. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, we the weather's horrible. <laughs> the weather? Yeah. But it, I'd have thought it'd be very interesting from an American just because the 13 colonies were the the, the embryology of a American, the American, perhaps not American culture today because so much time's passed, but certainly the early American state is a former British colony. And so coming to visit is it can be quite strange the other way around america sometimes to me during my experiences visiting there has felt like a weird cousin right yeah yeah um my understanding of history and i'm not an expert but um 
I believe uh, George Washington himself was British, if I'm not mistaken. He was of British um, origin in terms of his ancestry, but he was yeah. born in the US. But at that time, I mean, we're, we're talking quite early here. This is, you know, mid to late 18th century US. The demographics were primarily British. I am back. Did you guys miss me? No need for applause. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were just beside ourselves. <laughs> so, Brian, I don't know if you heard about the Smoky Saint thing. If Cindy Lincoln is up, she can talk about some of her issues that she's having as well. If you're interested, Cindy, if that's something you want to uh, share. Right now, though, we're, do you guys know anything about a user called Smoky Saint out there? Because I promised the audience we would discuss this. I don't, but I'm all ears. Okay, so Smoky Saint is a self Smoky Saint is a self-proclaimed somebody's over there eating bubble gum or something. And uh, is there uh, everybody's muted except for okay? There we go. So Smoky Saint is a self-proclaimed Christian. He's uh, used an avatar to disguise himself when it, you know basically have that uh, what is that word where uh, basically people are trying to hide themselves, and he's he's pretended to be a Christian for the longest time doing videos and he calls women whores. He calls people the N word. He loves calling people the, uh, uh, well, I don't want this to be put on some kind of like voice thing. So I'll just spell it out for people. He likes to call people F A G G O T is I believe how it's pronounced. If you, one of you want to say it and end up on a soundboard, you can, I don't, but, uh, He's done that, and also it turned out that uh, some females came forth and said that he molested them whenever they were younger. And um, so far, his mugshot has been shown. Apparently, some people found some older videos of him where he did not have a picture on his videos, and he's taken a lot of heat. And there's also a guy called Pastor Kenny Rhodes who has repeatedly said that he's best friends with this guy. And that it's not the same person, but then someone took pictures of him and that guy at court with one of the victims. So, yeah, yeah, that, that went bad. The guy's on a sex registry list at this point. He was definitely dealt with, and that's one of the reasons why I think these uh, the original topic, these two girls should come forward and say what happened with them, because things do get done about these issues. What do you think about that? You guys didn't hear anything about old Smokey Saint, huh? No, I hadn't. But I mean, it sounds like a pretty dark and unfortunate tale, right? I'm, I'm guessing that his all, all too frequent, man. Hmm. Yeah, I, I suspect his YouTube prospects are pretty dim at this point. Well, unfortunately, it seems like there are some, and I've been really, really pissed off about this. He's got kind of the same thing going as our as our guy, uh, Ben, who we've been talking about where he's popular. So there are some Christians out there who are defending him up and down. And some of them, they know who he is, but they're saying they're using the Bible in a way to manipulate it, saying, oh, well, you know, God forgives. God does all this kind of thing. And I believe God forgives, but I also believe that Jesus is pretty hostile towards people who hurt little kids and children and all that kind of stuff. I'll give you an example. 
Cindy, you remember the verse where it says, if you cause one little one to stumble, it'd be better if you tie a milestone around your neck and jump in the sea. It doesn't sound like Jesus was a big endorser of that kind of filth. Well, no, not only that, but there is a cost for forgiveness, and it's repentance, if I'm not mistaken. And he has not come up on video. In fact, he lied the whole time about who he was, and it took a lot of aggravation from a, a couple handfuls of Christians who are doing the right thing, as well as a couple handful of atheists. Just recently, Raging Atheist uh, did a video, and a Christian actually had one of the victims come on to his show and talk about the issues that had happened. It's horrible. The story is very graphic, very dark. Uh, just, it's extremely rough. Let me uh, share something on the screen here real quick for folks. Uh, let's see. Okay. Let me, uh, oh, goodness. I need one of these tech people. I got to do all the talking and also I got to do all this kind of stuff. All right. Let's see. This should take me just a second at this point. And voila. This is my website. People can check out the... Oh, I got to actually put it up on the screen. Sorry. I'm going to have to make it to where it automatically does this for me. Bam. You guys able to see that? So there's the article on Mr. Smoky Saint. And there's the article on Mr. Ben Pye from the Drunken Peasant. So we got both of them. I put links out to every single uh, thing that has to do with talking about these issues and exposing the evil therein. Can you see it on the screen? Yeah, I can see it. I mean, um, I think that now that this is out there and Ben's doing everything he can to try and suppress these allegations, that I'll be very surprised if the channel ever mentions you again, because to do so would risk attracting attention towards these allegations. Well, good news is I've already contacted some non-believers as well as some more religious folks and everything like this. This isn't going away. I'm not going to let uh, people just uh, simply bury women that they've hurt, or if there's males who've been hurt or abused out there, uh, anybody for that matter. It's just simply not going to go away. People are going to have to be held responsible and accountable for this. You can't just go traveling across the world, find some minor, and do things like that with them. That's bullshit. Any uh, thoughts on that, folks? Yeah, I mean, if that's, if that's what happened, then I agree entirely. Cindy, would you like to talk about uh, some of the things that we've discussed as well as our interview, or are you just kind of chilling today? Um, well, the reason I agree so heartily is because that's what Kent Holman is trying to do to me. He abused the crap out of me emotionally, spiritually, and financially, physically. Um, and he's trying to bury it. He's trying to slander my name. He's trying to discredit my witness. He has, um, damaged my properties. It's horrific. And he's hiding behind this, uh, Christianese, just like what you're describing. So I appreciate it when somebody cares about the victim and, helps her not get buried. I don't know if you guys saw the um, 
docu-series that came out yesterday by McKinnon Mitchell called um, The Weakness of Kent Hoven. And at the very end of the movie, he dedicated it to creationists. Even though he's an atheist, he dedicated it to creationists because he said, you're the ones who are going to be Kent Hoven's next victim. You're the ones that he preys on. You're the ones that sell everything and go serve at Dinosaur Adventureland. You're the ones who send him money and support the asshole. I see. I'm sorry to hear about that having happened to you, Cindy. Brett told me that he'd been in contact with the ex-wife, and so I take it that's yourself. Yes, yeah. sir. I mean, yeah, I used I to I love the creation message. I'm a science major. I'm a teacher. I served at Dinosaur Adventureland for five years with all kinds of love and devotion. I loved the man that I thought he was. But he's not that man. So I know it feels bad because he does a great job, you know, defending the faith sometimes, although he he's a bad example at other times. But like I was telling Brett, Ravi Zacharias was the same way. Ravi was a great apologist and evangelist. And traveled the world for Christ, but he raped 17 women. And I'm sorry, but they shouldn't be buried either. I just, I can't believe some of the excuses I've heard heard from people on all different sides where they're like, oh, there, this person brought so many people to God. Uh, this person will be forgiven by God. And I'm like, what about the victims? What about the people who are hurt? What about the children or the minors who are getting raped and abused? Do you think that they're going to believe that there's a good loving God if people sit by and reward the fucking perp while the, the person is basically dying in a ditch? Damn, Cindy, it's kind of, I don't know what that noise is. It's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good you guys must be typing on the keyboard while that's going on but I don't yeah. know what it is I think it might be my my iPhone because I'm not doing anything does it go away when I hit my mic uh, my mute I guess the best thing to do is just to simply mute it whenever it's not doing that because it's making like some it's going yeah, I feel. I think the best the best practice is to click mute while not speaking. That's what I try to do so that these problems don't arise. But it is tricky. That's uh, it's another thing too. And I brought this up in a video a couple of days ago. I said, you know, the Catholic Church it's got in repeated trouble because of child molesters within the church, and then they either get they try to do a cover up because they think it's somehow going to taint God or cause some kind of problem for their church. And the only thing I can think of is the only reason they would try to cover up such filthy-ass sins and terrible deeds is because they don't want to lose money or finances. That they're, they're willing to sell out the victims. They're willing to sell people's souls in order to not be held responsible for it. And this is ridiculous. I have to believe that God would want the truth to set everyone free at any given time. I, I have to agree. 
and the fact that they are willing to sell out the victims, throw them under the bus, slander them, lie about them. Ravi did that also to his very first woman who came out against him, Lori Thompson. He filed a, a federal lawsuit against her for slander. Basically shut her up. She signed a do not discuss agreement with him because she couldn't defend herself. So the lengths that they will go to shows the depth of their evil. They have no conscience, even though they're preaching the word. And you're right, they're defending their image because their image equals their income stream. They have no conscience. I went ahead and removed the uh, animated background to see if that helps you guys so you don't lag any. Is that better? Uh, sounds better. I'm not hearing anything. Let me make sure that this is the real G-Man. G-Man, do me a favor. Give me a Fonzie thumbs up if that's really you. All right, give me two thumbs up, just like Fonzie, so I know it's not a video loop. Okay, he gave me the thumbs up. Hey, G-Man, how you doing? I'm all right. Give me one second here. I got to turn you off on YouTube. Hold on. All right. Okay, there we go. Okay. I want to talk to some of your guests on here, if you don't mind, because I've been listening to this for a little bit, if you don't mind, Brett. Sure. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, G-Man. I'm going to go have a smoke. You take over, all right? All right, cool. No problem. And I'll, yeah, okay. So the young lady, or, or, is you still in this room? Yes, sir. Okay, you said that you said that Kent Hovind violated you. Violated me? Yeah. He abused the heck out of me. He okay, and then you me. talked about Robbie Zacharias, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Where's your proof of this that Kent Hovind uh, violated you? I have a guilty conviction from Conecuh County Courts that he um, assaulted me. Can I see it, please? Uh, I think so. Let me see if it's on my iPhone. I mean, G-Man, it, it will just be available on his Wikipedia page. He's a public figure. I, 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 I just want to see it. Because I hear you guys talking about talking about my faith. And uh, I watch this show, you know, when I get the chance. And that's a no-no if you can't prove what you're saying. Plus, Kenton's not here to defend himself. I'm not lying, sir, nor would I have any motive to do so. I loved that. I heard you talking about marriage. the destruction of property. I heard you say several things in here that a certain group of uh, atheists on YouTube use uh, on this channel. I just wanted to make sure that, that you're being real and you're not being uh, fake or anything like that. Because I'm questioning what I'm hearing. No. Yes, I you respect that. And I would really want... What? So, so how did he violate you? I would like to be able to provide... How did he violate answered that and I'm, I answered that and I'm looking for the guilty verdict in my phone right now. And I think it is on my, I think you're going to have to go to my YouTube channel. Is it Jules? I don't have it. Is it what? Is it Jules knows best, knows all or whatever? No, sir. It's Cindy Lincoln YouTube. Okay, Cindy Lincoln. Okay, I'll 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 look it up. But um, 
But uh, if, if it's possible, when Brett comes, maybe he can screen share and show what it is that you're talking about, about what he's guilty of. I know that uh, um, Ken Hoven went to jail over um, money laundering because he had too much money on him at one time. But uh, no, 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 nothing about assaulting no, no, no lady or nothing like that. That's why I want so proof in, or something like that. In the private chat, G man, you should be able to see here a screenshot of the Monroe journal. I'm on my phone. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, let me see something. Hold on. So it was published on the 21st of October. And you can see that there's some very recent reporting. It says Uriah Man flees from tractor, crash, crashes claim two lives. Commission talks um, talks to Jab. Um, it talks about uh, head Doc, coaches. Dr. Dino, you see, do you see Ken there on the right? Nope. Dr. Dernett Dino files appeal. Nope. Okay. So I what actually, is this? I actually do have it in my iPhone. It's on my screen right now. I don't know how to share. So, so what exactly did Brett do to you? I'm sorry, not Brett. That that, that can't do to you. Um, essentially, because one thing, because one of the things I'm learning about you, he must have froze up or something. He'll be back, folks. Uh, I just got back. How's what's the conversation? Sorry, folks. He I think wanted. Jim, he wanted he wanted proof of what I was saying about Kent and I have the guilty verdict on my screen, but I don't know how to share it. Uh, you click share screen at the bottom and then you can put whatever you want on the screen there. Yeah. Um, so man, I, I would love to hear that. what, what uh, Kent Hovind actually did because, because I know what I heard before I came in here uh, not with you, Brett, but with your guests. Well, one of them, where they said that, uh, you know, we, we preach in a pulpit, but, you know, it's all about the money and everything and whatnot. And that's a bunch of malarkey. So uh, what exactly did he do to you? No, sir, it's not malarkey. I live oh, yes, it is. I, I know about the prosperity for... pimps, but I'm not. But, but Kent and some other people on here are very different. What, what did he do to you? Have you ever met him? Have you ever lived with him? Have with Kent? I have no reason to live. I have no reason to live with Kent. At all, unless I'm volunteering for work for him, which I've never done. G-Man, I'm not sure you're handling this as appropriately as you ought to be, given that this is a alleged and, in fact, convicted domestic violence incident. Well, there's a lot of people that's convicted of domestic violence, especially on, 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 on social media. But I also know when things are being exaggerated and when things are being taken out of context. That's why I, I want proof. The same way uh, you got these people on YouTube saying they want proof that God exists, I can demand proof when a claim is made against another person. Yeah, well, and I, and I appreciate that. And I sent you a link, which displays... I looked a, at the link. I saw a newspaper article. That's it. That yeah, doesn't prove anything. Yeah, a newspaper article commenting on the, at the time, recent conviction. Okay, conviction for what? What did he do? Yeah, man, are, you familiar, are you familiar with who Cindy Lincoln is? Nope. Cindy Lincoln is the ex-wife of G-Man. Uh, not G-Man, but uh, Kent Hovind. Sorry about that ex-wife and she has a youtube channel where she's got a lot of videos and stuff with uh uh her pointing out her accusations and perspective on this and showing wait a, a minute i'm talking to ken hoven's ex-wife yeah and why and aren't you a way, christian she's not, she's not why aren't a, you a christian she is a christian g-man wait a minute you're a christian not a christian why would i marry an evangelist if i'm not a christian wait a minute wait a minute I'm so, first of all wait, wait wait a minute hold on a minute so you're a Christian, and I've been listening for like the last 20, 25 minutes on here. 
You haven't really said anything positive about Christianity she at all. She wasn't commenting on Christianity at, at large. She was commenting on two individuals. That's where the confusion. Robbie Zacharias and Ken Hovind. Right. Those are two, two, two of the best in the faith at doing what they do. Ken Hovind's very good if she was really married to him. Uh, regarding um, um, uh, regarding evolution and why it's stupid. And then number two, Robbie Zacharias just on Christian apologetics in general. Well, may that be that as it may. She wasn't talking about Christianity as a whole. She was talking about those two individuals. And so there's been uh, I've, I've been on here for a while, and I'm not stupid. You know what I mean? So I, I hear people talking about other Christians on here in an attempt to attack the faith. I don't, and if she is a Christian, there are, there's a certain ways that you go about doing certain things. Right. I, well, Cindy, you know, sound like, hold on, guys. Cindy, you sound like you wanted to say something. Cindy, what, what's up? Sure. I don't see a way to share screen. I don't see the button you were referring to. Maybe it's if not you're, on if phone. You're using your, if phone you're using your phone, it's going to be extremely difficult for you. Whoa, that's a noisy deal. Is there any way you can hop on your laptop and you can... Uh, that's to? not me. That's not me. Oh, I know it's Cindy's phone over there because she's <laughs> moving her hand around and it's probably rubbing the speaker and causing the, uh, the okay, issue. Okay, give me a then, minute. I'll go on my laptop. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll bring I'll bring G Man up on some of these things uh, so he gets a better comprehension of what's happening. Brian can also assist too. The uh, okay, I know about the drunken peasants. I heard about that, and I heard about Smokey Saint. Smokey Saint's a jerk. I know about him. I'm one of the people that speaks out against him. And then there's um, you know, the stuff that I'm learning about the peasants, which I will be using against him later. Yeah. Well, Cindy Link is the former wife, uh, the one before the one he's about to marry now, and uh, she has a lot of issues and things she's been talking about. But she also, on her same channel where she talks about what has happened, uh, her feelings are in her relationship with Kent Hovind. She also talks about God, and she's got videos where she shows that she believes that we were intelligently designed by God. She's full-on Christian. She's not an atheist. But so why did she say the things that she was saying earlier that particularly the trolls get on here and say, talking about the destroying of the people's property and things like that? Because at first I thought she was this girl called Jules uh, on YouTube where um, she just trolls people to death. That's who I thought she was at first. Because she is convinced she was living on dino land and she lives on a property not far from the area. She's made this publicly known. And some of the people that work for Kent are supposed to be uh, fixing up on the property and instead they've destroyed it. Her house has rat shit in it and animals and holes in it. It's not been, they, they basically, uh, from what she has shown on video, it appears as though People came in and tore the damn house apart. She's got it all recorded, G-Man. So she's she's just saying it from her perspective. She's not trying to, like, troll Kent or anything like that. Well, I, I just wanted understand. to make sure, because you know how I am when I hear people in here talking about Christians on here. Oh, I know, yeah. G-Man, and I understand <laughs> that you yourself, you deal with people accusing you of everything and her son, too. So you're going to yeah. be very skeptical about any. Uh, claims that are made. So I fully understand where you're coming from, but I, I I think Brian was trying to help you because he didn't want you to get yourself into a... And, 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 and that's another thing. Brian's in here. Hey, Brian, are you still in here? Yes, I am. Okay, so you don't have a hard stance based on what's going on with the peasants? Hey, in regards to... Regarding what Brett Keane was talking about, 
with these underage girls. I mean, do you condone that kind of action? Of course not. Okay, so so how do you feel about the peasants doing those kind of things? Regarding what Brett King was talking about, I don't like the I don't want to use the p word on here because he can he can uh, lose monetization or he can get his shit his, the, the video taken down. But oh, I'm not getting paid yeah. for any of my videos, man. YouTube no, ain't never gonna pay. I didn't I didn't actually um hear any allegations of pedophilia. I was listening. You're not to supposed people. to use that word on here. You know that. My apologies, I didn't know that. You did that. No, 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 no. You use the word because you know that the video can be taken down if you do that. All right. No, so the bottom line is, is I heard you and Brett talking about this and I was like squeezing my phone and wanting to break it because you didn't take a hard stance uh, for or against uh, what uh, those uh, drunken idiots were doing over there on the drunken peasants. What I did is that I made it clear that the allegations that have been made by the woman involved are theirs to make. And for me to go about summarizing it on their behalf, especially given how nuanced their account of their experiences were, would be to go about appropriating what happened to them. Yeah, that's something that President Joe Biden would say or some political person would say. What is your hard stance on it, though? My hard stance, if it's true, if, if what happened is that Ben raped one or both of these women, then I condemn it utterly. And I think it's dire, disgusting and revolting and that he ought to be condemned to prison. I think it's important to say it to, to say it like that because if you don't, you're going to leave audience members thinking like, okay, this guy's being political. He's trying to he's trying to be friendly with Brett and with the peasants, and he doesn't want to be on you know on the bad side of either one of them. Me personally, I can say whatever I want about the peasants. I'm still going to get an invite to go on there. Right. There, right. There also, <laughs> there, one of the reasons why I didn't rail on Brian or get on to him, even though I did feel like it was a little bit of a soft position, is because I understand that people are afraid. I mean, I'm one of the guys that they have made every attempt possible to drag through the mud. People have jobs, people have lives, they have families, and they know that if they step up to the plate, they might get a uh, annihilated at least through social media that's i i spoke to some of the females in comments who were violated and they said brett i don't know i mean look what they did to you if i come up there and i tell my story then what do you think they'll do to us well the women i understand brett i agree with you when it comes to the women that they that they got a reason to be afraid or scared or whatever but you know how it is like me me, me and you've been doing this for a while so they ain't nothing to drunk a day about me that i can't give them a receipt for Especially with the new cast they got with that Billy the Fridge and um and 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 the one that used to wear the mask. I mean they know better by now, you know. All right, here we go. Here's Cindy Lincoln. Nice forehead you got there, Cindy. You gotta bring it down <laughs> a little bit on the camera. <laughs> I'm trying to have the camera off, actually. Oh uh, stop. But I mean camera. now that it's on you <laughs> There you go. Okay, I'm looking for my guilty verdicts. No, you don't got to show it to me. I'll take your word for it. Uh, Cindy, while I you just were don't know what he did to you. I'll look into it further in my free time. Cindy, while you were away, we were me and Brian were discussing with him and uh, briefing him on now what uh, what the deal is on that. Cindy, you're more than welcome to continue to talk and express your views about some of the things that you wanted to. I, uh, as people know out there, whenever I do my shows, I allow everyone to tell their side. Uh, ben is more than welcome to come in here and try to explain to us. I bet he'll jump right on that, right? To respond <laughs> to all these people he's hurt. 
And of mm-hmm. course, any of the people that have been brought up, hell, Smokey Saint wants to come in here and call us all a bunch of N-words and faggots and all that kind of stuff. Come on and bring it, Smokey. We'll, we'll hear it. Let's he might come in here because I'm in here now. <clears throat> he you might come here because I'm here. You don't get along, do you? you guys are uh, no, I talk. had a debate with him about the cussing and Christians and cussing and whatnot. And I, I told him he was straight or wrong for doing it. And he got like maybe one or two people to support him. But the, majority, the, the Bible doesn't condone that kind of that kind of language at all whatsoever. Uh, as far as him and his past and all that, I've heard about it. Uh, there's some other Christians that believe he did it. And just some of them are not saying anything about it. And and, and, and and it's probably because people are bringing it up to attack him. The only time I'll get on him about it, if I hear him trying to come on here and champion a cause of minors, if he tried to do that, I'll have a word or two with him with it. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, you need to cut that nonsense out. You're a hypocrite. And this is what you did. This is what you're about. And if you and if you haven't stopped and if you don't preach against it, then I don't want to hear it. Oh, you know? man, you want to see something interesting you may not have known about. I know that you've had issues with uh, Mr. Aaron Raw in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Look at this. I don't know if you heard about this, but somebody recorded something interesting. Look at this. Watch the screen. So I'm stoked to be speaking at the first ever convention of the Satanic Temple. And since this is our first convention, and since this is my coming out as Satanist, uh, I must open uh, not by speaking to the fine people assembled in this room, but to the larger audience of the tens tens of thousands. It is surprising that your worldview depends on such deception and that your mission literally is to spread those lies. You have to unmute your mic in order to be able to talk. How'd you feel about that? Can you hear me? I can. Okay, cool. So that honestly, that don't surprise me. Brett, um, there's a YouTube channel that I think you should check out. It's called um, Christmas is a Lie. There's a playlist called The Truth About Atheism. Do you really need to see that playlist? Uh, I got a totally different way of defining what an atheist is these days. I call them anti-Protestant Reformation people designed to destroy the church. <laughs> well, I, I got something them. to say to Christians and atheists about hating on Christmas. I'm not going to stop doing Christmas. I don't care. I love me some Christmas. The YouTube channel Christmas is a lie. Uh, 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 I'm not asking you to look at the stuff what they're saying about Christmas. They have a playlist on the truth about atheism. Like I learned a lot, man. I learned about Epicurus and his poem because uh, I didn't even know where they got the problem of evil from. I like, like all of that stuff is on his YouTube channel. Uh, what happened in World War II? Uh, Brett, let me ask you this. You know how they're always bragging about how atheist countries uh, got the least amount of crime? You know what they don't tell you about those so-called atheist countries? Why is the Catholic Church the state church of those um, countries? Well, hey, G-Man, when they say things like this, this is what I put up. What does that say? Nambla is founded and run by atheists. They want to normalize Did you know that atheist countries have the highest child porn distribution on earth, yet they claim God is evil? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You're the biggest hypocrites on the internet, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, little by little, they're 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 showing they're showing their true self. But on raw coming out as a Satanist doesn't surprise me, because anybody that goes around talking about God all day and ignoring the devil is eventually going to make that move anyway. So. Aaron Ra absolutely hates the God of the Bible. I've been saying that about him for the longest. You could provide, God can come down from heaven 
and hold and hold a dead star in his hand. He will not believe that God exists. You know, that's rough. Man. God can zap him and turn him into a frog. He's, he will still not believe it. He'll be like, I'm I'm living in the in the matrix in the simulation somewhere or something. All this kind of stupid nonsense. <laughs> what you got for us, Cindy? I hear you over there, Cacklin. She might have enjoyed G Man's. I thought that was though. hilarious that he would say he was in a matrix if God turned him into a frog. Yeah, that that's some of the arguments that they make. They have a lot of terrible, horrible. Oh God, they got some horrible arguments on here on YouTube. Uh, and and then Matt Dillahunty, his claim to fame is this: I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. And, <laughs> and he doesn't understand that they're not asking us to convince them. They're they're requesting us to show them evidence. And when we show them evidence, instead of them saying, okay, evidence for God, God exists, they just immediately run from saying, give me evidence to saying that, you know, that, 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 uh, that I'm not convinced. Nobody, nobody tried to convince you. You show me this. You say, you want to know if I got something in my hand? Here it goes right here. And a lot of people miss that when they're talking to these atheists. They're very slick with how they talk to you and how they try to change their arguments or whatever, you know? Brett was smart when he got out of it, right, Brett? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see any rationality to believing I came from nothing or evolved from squirrels and nuts and all that kind of weird stuff. <laughs> or from rats. Some, yeah, so that's that's where I stood, and people apparently don't like it. Yeah, I had a guy, I had a guy on one of my shows, a non-believer. He was perfectly respectful, but he was like, uh, Brett, it makes more sense to believe what I believe. And I go, what do you believe? How do you believe we got here? And he goes, well, there was some some stuff sitting on a granite rock and it came off the rock into the water and it got hit by lightning while the earth was going through some meltdown. And I said, so you think that a lightning bolt hit some snot in the damn water and out came you <laughs> from the womb of a baboon? And I, I don't know, it's just... I don't know. I yeah. don't know what to say about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and you want to know something, Brett? You know that Bill Gates is an, is an agnostic atheist, right? This is why you need to take a look at that plate list, because I know what you'll do with it. Uh, Bill Gates said he's doing God's work, but he's supposed to be an agnostic atheist. Well, I think one, he... one, can, one can incidentally do God's work, despite being an agnostic atheist, can they not? No, if you're an agnostic atheist, you ain't doing God's work because you don't believe that God exists. Well, God's work, for example, maybe to provide charity to those who are in need. If you were an agnostic atheist and you were to do that, would you not be doing God's work? Well, you would have to acknowledge his existence to do that. Because because if you if, if, if you're saying that you're doing God's work while claiming to be an agnostic atheist, you're 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 living a contradictory lifestyle. You're you have cognitive dissonance at that particular point. You're 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 living in, in, in direct contradiction to your claim. That's one thing that annoys me about atheists. They want to go out there and say God is evil. And Brett King just put a uh, the, put that little quote up there earlier. Say, oh, God, God, you know, wants to kill kids. He tried to commit genocide and all this other stuff. But let's ignore all of the babies that are being aborted all the time. You know what I mean? Come on. It's like, it's like, it's like you can't do that. You can't do the same things that you're saying that God is doing that's evil and then claim that he's evil and you're not. So you, you know what I mean? No argument. The continuity. Brian and G-Man, you guys want to hear an interesting story real quick? I'll keep it short. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. But then after that, it's very late here and I must go to bed. And so what I'll say in closure is that I've enjoyed this conversation. Brett, thank you very much for having me. G-Man, Tony, Cindy, lovely to meet you. And I hope that all of you have a wonderful week. Let's have the story. Nice all to right, meet you Brian. too, Brian. 
Nice yeah, to meet you too. I hope you continue to come to the show, Brian. You seem like a real good guy. So here it goes. There's this little old Christian woman who she doesn't have a vehicle. She can't drive. So she goes to her neighbor and says, neighbor, would you be able to take me to the store so I can get some groceries? Well, the neighbor does, and they come back to the house. The neighbor helps uh, the old Christian woman to bring the groceries in. And she says, sir, would you like to go to church with me? And he says, ma'am, I'm an atheist. And she goes, oh, praise God. Even God can use atheists as his instrument. <laughs> I think there's an important lesson there. <laughs> yep. Yep. God can use anybody. He can use anybody. But, uh, Brett, you need to take a look at that playlist, man, the information on there. I'm telling you, bro, you'll, you'll give the, you, I mean, you, you've given them a KO in the past, but I can tell you've never seen that playlist. You've got to see it. I will definitely check it out, G-Man, and I appreciate you pointing it out to me. Okay. I am going to get on that. It even tells you where the atheist experience gets their money. Everything's Ooh. there, man. Oh, How about God. this one, for example? The Pope. What if I told you that the Pope is an atheist? Well, that would be a bit surprising, but I'm listening. Okay, he, he's the first ever Jesuit um, uh, 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 pope that's ever been in the history of the Catholic Church or whatever, right? But the Jesuits don't believe that God exists. Go look at the Jesuit post on Google. You can look it up right now. The Jesuits are teaching atheists how to be atheists. you, you got to check it out, man. you you got to look at it. They're educating them on how to do the nothingness, huh? Yep, pretty much. And and they teach them about denialism. They teach them about how to answer you scientifically, how to as a matter of fact, they 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 use the principles of a player by basically never agreeing with anything that you say in order for them to eventually believe that God exists. You know what I mean? You you gotta take a look at that channel. I Anybody who's an atheist that looks out. at that playlist won't be an atheist no more. What's the channel again? Christmas is a lie. Christmas is a lie. All right. And, okay, and Brett, go to the playlist. Go, go. Don't go to the videos. Go to the playlist, and then look for the truth about atheism. All right, I'm getting that right now. I mean, the damage that you'll do on his YouTube channel when you when you take a look at that playlist is, I'm telling you, man, it's mind boggling. So it's got a video about the Pope teaching people atheism, huh? Oh, it's, it's even better than that. Uh, the Pope doesn't believe in, in, in the God of the Bible. None of them did. Oh, man. You got to check it out. And by definition, uh, 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 according to these online atheists, that would make them an atheist. Although that's kind of stupid, but that's what they would be by definition, according to them. Mm. Yeah. Christmasisalie.com. Yeah. And then you go to Playlist. And then look for the truth about atheism. Watch how fast that, that, that Epicurus nonsense, the Epicurean philosophy gets destroyed. All right. I, I see it right there. It's in the second row. The truth hidden behind Christmas. All righty. No, 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 no. Go to the playlist. Well, it's got a big old category, and one of them is the truth about atheism. The market Yeah, the truth about atheism. Yeah, and it's like 18 or 19 videos. Download that entire playlist if you can before YouTube takes it down. Oh, it is too much good stuff there, man. All right, it's I'll be right better back. than the militant atheism channel that I know you watch. I'll be right back. I'm gonna pour me some more coffee. You guys want to talk, Cindy? Is your mic working now? Hey, before you go, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. I yeah. just wanted to. I just wanted to say I think that we probably shouldn't 
lump all atheists into one category, that would be like lumping all Christians into one or something like that. I agree with you that they should not be lumped into one category because you got different flavors of it. You got the militant atheists, the strong atheists, the weak atheists, the agnostic atheists. I mean, I get and I understand that. Uh, the point, the point of that playlist is to show its origins and to show their real agenda and, and, and not what they tell us when we're in the room with them. I think our problem as Christians is that we're so um, focused on preaching the gospel that we believe that the people that we're talking to are telling us the truth. And it's a mistake that I've made. It's a mistake that other people have made. We got to use the Holy Spirit to be able to discern um, what is being said to us, whether or not there's any truth to it or not. Like I'm, like you say, you believe in intelligent design, so you don't believe in the evolution theory or whatever, and that's good. But what if, what if one of them came to you and asked you, uh, you know, or said to you that it's God's fault for sin existing? Like, would you know how to go about dealing with that? And that's what's great about that that um that playlist because it answers all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter I, I, what kind of atheist you're talking to. It answer all that nonsense that they bring up. I guess there's, um, I don't want to be in an, I don't want to alienate and uh, be in an animosity with them. I, I think you can, my grandma used to say, you can catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Yeah, you can do that. But, but man, you know the irony here, and and yeah. I I completely understand and support where you're coming from, Cindy. But me and G-Man actually used to have this issue where I would say, uh, G-Man, you got to watch out for these atheists. You got to watch out how mean they are. And G-Man say, no, some of them are really good. You got to give them a chance, Brett. Don't be so rough on them, man. He'd always say that to me, just like you do, Cindy. And then G-Man, unfortunately, he's being dragged through the mud by thousands of them now. And I said, I told you so. Yeah, I told yeah. you so. Yeah. Well, Brett was Brett was warning me about that last time we were on. Yep. Yeah, as soon as I they don't... find out that you're a Christian, they're coming for your faith. And what I'm saying is totally biblical because, you know, light and darkness can't have fellowship with each other. It's like they don't believe. Well, they claim that they don't believe that God exists. That's I believe something totally different. But they, they claim that they don't believe that God exists. Um, they have a complete opposite worldview, you know, than we than, than what we do. And, um, and 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 their goal is to deceive people into believing a lie like. On that playlist that I want uh, Brett to look at, you will literally hear Richard Dawkins. I, I am not exaggerating when I say this. Richard Dawkins says that the best way to spread atheism is to lie and to use propaganda. There's the best tools to spread atheism. If you watch the playlist, you'll see what I'm talking about. Because you'll hear it come out directly out of their own mouths. Hello. Okay, so I guess it's just me then. All right. So for those of you who are um who are uh watching right now, I don't know if you guys can hear me or not. Um 
uh, if you can't see me or hear me. Uh, but anyway, yeah, if you go take a look at that channel, Christmas is a lie. Go look at the playlist, uh, uh, The Truth About Atheism, and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. You will hear some really popular atheists saying some really weird things. And one of them is, is like they're doing God's work. Uh, they don't have anything really negative or derogatory to say about the Holy the Holy Roman Catholic Church, which I've always thought was weird. As a matter of fact, they get triggered if you say anything negative about them. Um, and obviously, Richard Dawkins says that the best way to spread atheism is by using propaganda and by lying, which was very telling to me. Because in order for them to tear down a Christian or try to destroy a Christian, they got to make stuff up. They got to make stuff up about them in order to get that done. They can't tell the truth about them because if they did that, then, you know. So. I don't know how many people can hear me or see me because I don't think Cindy or Brett Keane's here. All right, Brett, I'll do the work here. Okay, so, uh, yeah, take a look at Christmas is a, is a lie. Look at the playlist of Truth About Atheism, and you'll find out what they're all about. And I just wish atheists would just upfront about it. I have more respect for them. But they um, they attempt to trick you into believing they believe in something totally different or whatever, that, that, that they're not really bad people. When you look at them from the light of Scripture, uh, you start finding out, when you hear things like Arnold Raw becoming a Satanist, honestly, that don't surprise nobody. It doesn't surprise me, that's for sure. Because he was a Satanist when he was an atheist, as far as I was concerned. So, just want to put that out there. Um, Brett, you there? Uh, I'm back. <laughs> you here, Brett? Hey, man. Who's this? Uh, it's Tony. Tony who? Uh, Tony Sayers. How are you doing? Are you an atheist? No, no. I, I've been a born-again Christian since 1992. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm back. Uh, All right. Well, Tony, kind tell, of, tell D-Man a little bit about yourself. Well, I was raised uh, kind of like Brett in a Pentecostal home. Uh, and I didn't really give my life to Christ until... I was 18 in 1992, and uh, I was one of those types of people. To, uh, just to make a long story short, just my testimony, how I came to faith. Uh, like I said, I was raised up in a Christian home, and uh, my grandmother was an ordained licensed minister. She was she was like the glue that held the family together, you know, one of those types of grandparents. And she was really a holy type of person, like, um, you know, like she never watched. She was a type to really, she's always in the, the, the word every day. You would see her like in the morning, you know, I, I would stay over her house five o'clock in the morning. I go in her room and she's on her knees by her bed praying. You know, She was really one of those types of people. And I remember as a kid, she used to read uh, the Bible with me and she tell, she told me, you know, let me tell you something. This Bible teaches holiness. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. And she instilled upon me all these things, but I didn't really have a relationship with Christ, per se. Uh, it was like, if I would go to church, I would, I would it would feel boring because I would see all these older people, right? And it's like, 
I tell myself, I don't belong here. I should be hanging out with my friends or something. Like, this is so boring. I didn't get it until uh, when I was 16, my grandmother had a heart attack. Thankfully, it was a small, minor heart attack. And uh, she, um, she, she, she made it through. Uh, but when I came home, we were living in a six-story condominium with my mom and my stepfather. And I had my own bedroom, and I had a TV. And on the side of my bed, there was a Bible. And I was watching this TV show about Jesus when he was a little child, one of those, uh, you know. And I, some, I felt led to pick up the Bible. And anyway, um, as I picked it up, you know how, what is the old saying is that, when you open the Bible, you you um, sometimes the first passage passage speaks to you concerning what you're going to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so anyway, um, so what happened after that? I came across the passage about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So as I was thinking about this, is it possible that any human being can actually do this and never be forgiven, never have any hope at all. And all of a sudden, without even contemplating, without even thinking, I had all these negative words started to pop in my head. You know? And I felt like condemned. I felt tormented in my mind. And this is when I was 16. And uh, I felt like a trying to explain uh, it was almost like if someone was to open your chest and put a huge block of ice inside, it was cold, empty, lost feeling. And this went on for two years where my mind was constantly 24-7 bombarded with these negative thoughts. And we had finally moved out of there. We went into a different place. And anyway, um, I used to open up the closet and I used to take out all the stuff and I literally took the scripture literally where it said, go into your closet and pray. So I did that. And I was so desperate, you know, I was desperate to get the peace of mind because this was making me like to tears, the, the, the words I'm hearing in my head. So anyway, long story short, one day I was in my bed in tears and I said, Jesus saved me. And as soon as I said that, what I experienced that day, I never experienced before nor since. Uh, in my life, I know what it's like to feel goosebumps. I know what it's like to have like um, the, the breeze, wind going over your body. Uh, I've been shocked by electricity you know, a couple of times when I was a kid. But what I felt was like I was laying in bed, and it was like an invisible human body was being lowered from the ceiling of my bedroom right above me, right into me. It wasn't like a breeze, it was solid while it went into me. I felt the head, the shoulders, uh, the whole body it was solid and it passed right through me. And I was like, my mouth was dropped open. I was in total shock. And I said, this is for real. This is not for old folks. In other words, this is, you know. And so, and all of a sudden, I felt like the torment, the thoughts were leaving me, and I was just overcome with joy. And ever since then, I felt led to witness to people. I felt I passed out tracks. I, I was I was really uh, into gospel music. 
and I could understand the scriptures better, whereas prior to that, I couldn't. You know? Right, right, right. That's a born again experience. You go to yeah. church yeah. and you're not saved. It's just going through the motions. But but yeah. but once you come to Christ, you surrender. You're born again. It all comes to you. The Holy Spirit opens up your ears and your eyes and everything. You see the world for what it really is, and you see Christ yeah. for who He is too. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I will say, like, I, like again, I was raised up in a Pentecostal home, and we believed in. Tony, is there any way you can speak uh, into the microphone? It's kind of hard to hear you a little bit. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, being being raised in a Pentecostal home, uh, I was raised up in the, you know, believing in the Trinity, speaking in other tongues, etc. But after my grandmother died in 1997, uh, I was being led of the Lord more into the Old Testament. And uh, I kind of saw like the one page I think we should take out of the Bible is the middle where it separates the old from the new. Amen. Because it's really, yeah, it's really one book if you really think about it. Um, it yeah, that separation shouldn't be there. Um, and I started learning that um, contrary to proper belief, uh, yes, we we're saved by grace, but he was also said to love me people at the end. You know, in other words, um, we don't, we're not saved by legalism, of course, we're not saved by doing works, but you, you do those things that pleases God because you are saved. Not because you have to, you know, not, not as a workspace, but because you love him. It's like you said, if you love me, you keep him up. Why do you call me Lord but don't do what I say? See, I don't know about I don't know about the Bible being one book. It's a library of books, and that's important to look at it that way because you have an old and a new testament or an old covenant and a new covenant. Because the way if if, if you say it's one book and everything is the same time, then we have to be doing the same things that are mentioned in 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 the old covenant. You know what I mean? Clearly, that's not for today. So. Yeah, um, so with this situation, that's though, a good point. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, the problem with this that's situation. That's a good point. Is, We're not called to keep the old law. Yeah, uh, yes and no. Uh, and this is why, what I'm about to say. Um, in Deuteronomy, God told the Israelites, which among them was also people of different uh, ethnic groups with them, that joined themselves to Israel when they came out of Egypt. God told all of them, both Hebrew and non-Hebrew, that in order to obey these commandments, these instructions, really it's instructions that I'm giving you today, do not add and do not subtract. The problem with the Jewish world is the problem we see uh, Yeshua, Jesus, is having with the rabbis. And that is, they like to add laws. And the problem with Christianity is they like to take away. They, 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 nick, they nick and pick what they want to believe, you know. But you know, uh, I don't know about that. Um, I don't know if I want to get into a theological discussion with you. Uh, and I think is this your first time hearing about me, sir, or seeing me today? You know, we talked before years ago. I haven't uh, really been on Brett's uh, live discussions for a long time. 
Mm. Uh, Hopefully my buddy Tony can get a better sound and microphone, though. I'm having a hard time understanding you, brother. Yeah. So what I want to say to you, sir, is this. First of all, uh, you know, God bless for your testimony and everything and whatnot. Uh, But um, uh, there are different... um, Can I put this um, nicely? Uh, There are different... um, uh, uh, people out there who teach uh, 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 regarding grace and the law. There are some people out there that believe that we're still under law today, and they believe that the law today is the commandments. For what is that? First John chapter five verse three. It says, "For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are grievous." I don't got an issue with that. What I got an issue is is what the commandments are. If you're telling people that you have to keep the Old Testament law, let's say for example the Sabbath day. Well, there are laws and there are bylaws that you have to keep. Uh, the Hebrew Israelites, the people that I usually deal with, are quick to tell a person that they got to keep the Sabbath day while they work on Saturday. You, you know what I mean? And then they don't stone other people who work on those days. You know what I mean? Those are part of the laws, too. So you got to be really specific about what you mean when you say obeying his commandments. I'm specific in a sense that Christ, under the new covenant, commands us to do certain things. And these commandments are vastly different than what was said on Sinai. Yeah. Well, if you, uh, if you guys don't mind real quick, I want to throw something up. It's only like a minute long. Get you guys' opinion mm-hmm. on it, and then we'll get back into the discussion. I've been meaning to do this, and we're getting kind of late into the hour. Here mm-hmm. we go. Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right. Check this out. G-Man's probably going to lose it when he sees us. Here we go. But again, we didn't come from nothing, and no scientist believes that we ever came from absolutely nothing. The Big Bang is not something from nothing. Even when cosmologists talk about a universe from essentially nothing, they don't mean an absolute philosophical nothing. In fact, they don't think that an absolute nothing is even possible, because every time they try to create a perfect vacuum, they notice quantum fluctuations of subatomic particles popping in and out of existence where there shouldn't be anything. As the idea that there could be literally nothing which then from which something suddenly springs and I mean it is very hard to grasp it and and I certainly can't grasp it something from nothing from literally nothing and that's what really gets people that's the one that's really counter to common sense and 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 they clearly misunderstand what you mean by nothing so and and well exactly it start with absolutely nothing that means unlike the cardinal said and unlike some people argue no particles but not even empty space. No space whatsoever. No space whatsoever. And maybe even no laws governing that space. And, and maybe even no laws governing that space. And What did you say? Well, then who did create the heavens and the earth? Why do you use the word who? You see, you, you, you immediately beg the question by using the word who. Well, then how did it get created? Well, um by a very slow process. Well, how did it start? Nobody knows how, how, how it started. We know the kind of event that it must have been. We know the sort of event that, that must have happened for the origin of life. And what was that? It was the origin of the first self-replicating molecule. Right, how did that happen? I told you, we don't know. So you have no idea how it started? No, 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 no nor has anybody. Nor has anyone else. Well, isn't that interesting, G-Man? You get out all these... Uh wannabe scientist atheists on youtube who claim to know how we got here but even dawkins himself says we don't know nobody knows 
It's a faith-based claim. And Brett, I wasn't surprised when I saw this before I came in here. I, you know, I, I took a peek at your channel and I saw that video. <laughs> it was a YouTube short. You got several funny ones on there on your YouTube shorts. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think before these guys start getting on YouTube bragging up, uh, bragging about being so smart, they need to know what the heck nothing is. I think. Um, you know, if you don't well, know what nothing is, you to say be... that we misunderstand what nothing means. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we, the problem, the problem, the problem is, I think some of these atheists, one, some of them are uneducated. They don't know what the hell is being claimed. And the other ones are deliberately outlying because they know that if they get into a conversation with me, G-Man, yourself or folks like us, and try to tell us that the entire space and time and matter came into existence from nothing, we're going to be all over that. There, there's no way they're going to be able to win a, a debate on that. So what they'll do is they'll say, well, when Lawrence Cross says nothing, well, there there might have been a little pink elephant there, but it definitely wasn't God, you know, just anything <laughs> to <laughs> supersede and, over the idea of God. And, and talking about that YouTube channel, Christmas is Alive, the playlist I want you to look at, uh, Brett, about the truth about atheism, you got to see how they get debunked on that channel because they show you the definition of what it means to lie, what it means to deceive, what it, what it means to con. All of those things are being used at that point when they're talking to you about the origin of the universe. You know what I mean? They, they have no idea how the universe got started, but they want your children to understand that this little tiny little thing, you know, in, in, in outer space, a singularity, you know, about the size of a period on the page got really hot and expanded. You know what I mean? And then cooled down and that's how we got everything. That's just stupid. That, that's just dumb. And then somehow all this material ended up making us into squirrels and slugs and butterflies <laughs> and everything else. It just goes on and on. One of the things that I, I have heard, Cindy, I don't know if you've heard me talk about this, but they say that it's so ridiculous, the idea of some guy 2,000 years ago resurrecting from the tomb and walking around, yet they'll tell us that lightning hit water and brought billions of things into life, almost like that of a resurrection, creating the very existence of every animal man on earth. It seems to me that Jesus is not as extraordinary as the crazy thing they came up with. Yeah. Anybody well, that, that's got the gut. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I see a direct tie between the resurrection and the creation. God has the power of life and death in his word. That's he right. Can do one. I mean, that's why he could resurrect him because he created all things with a word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got a question for you, Brett. Um, because I've been posing this question to some atheists on the internet and, and they can't answer this. Why is it that the earth has I mean, this is assuming that there are other planets out there, but um uh uh why does the earth have one moon and why does Jupiter have sixteen or thirteen or whatever it is these days? They keep changing it. I have absolutely no clue. That's actually one of the things I've wondered myself, why the universe would be so uh, expansive and large, why it is claimed that there's billions of planets that go on forever. But I can say this, according to the book of Hebrew, it is mentioned that God created other worlds. What's he going to do with them? I don't know. Maybe he's going to put some of these uh, atheists on it. I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to can I share some cool stuff from the Science Center about that? Love to hear it. Okay. If if everything was from an explosion of the same 
singularity, then everything that that came off of that explosion, shrapnel, right? An explosion makes shrapnel. Everything would be made of the same stuff. But all those planets are so different. There's cold planets, hot planets, gas planets, um, solid planets. And the other thing is, if everything came from an explosion, everything would be going the same direction. But some of those moons you were talking about, some are going the direction of perhaps, you know, an initial explosion, but some of them are going backwards. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Is that mm -hmm. awesome? You know, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uniquely created. Just, just like even da Dawson just admitted on that tape you played that the first self-replicating cell. Well, if it's self-replicating, that means it was designed. Exactly. It's called reproduction. That's and right. There, there is two things here too, Cindy. Why is it with all of these alleged billions of planets the scientists claim exist, have we not found one single one of these self-replicating cells anywhere? The only place we have life on is Earth. I mean, sure, people can watch the X-Files if they want to, but that's <laughs> fiction. That's nonsense. The second thing is, Cindy, you're going to like this. This goes right along with what you just argued about all this uniqueness and space and time and all this. If everything came from a source or a singularity like this, then we'd have to say that the properties that created everything also created the minds and brains and consciousness that exist. If that's true, that means that if everything was at one point in time in one single place, that too should have had a mind, a consciousness as well. And make it another argument Wait a minute. for God. Wait a minute. Go ahead. It had its mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> How can one mind blow up and make seven billion individual minds? Well, it depends on who you're listening to. And some people say that there was a, a violent explosion. Others say that it was simply an expansion of space, time, and matter. But remember what I told you about the very definition of supernatural? Yeah. Yeah. G-Man, I don't know if you're... Yeah. yeah. Well, anything that's supernatural cannot be explained scientifically. You know, well, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not just that, but check this out, G-Man, and you can use this <laughs> argument on them, is that supernatural is also anything that transcends the laws of nature. Well, if nature was created, that means there was a time when the laws of nature didn't exist. So whatever the singularity is, is the very definition of supernatural, therefore proving that there's some conscious behind it. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Exactly. God had to God had to be the one that caused the expansion if the expansion happened. You know, it always goes back to that. That's why a lot of them got to just come back and just say, I'm not convinced. I'm not I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. You people are stupid. You don't know nothing about science. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. You know, the Big Bang but, isn't part of evolution. Yeah. 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 Well, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it when they, they come here and say that nonsense. Because they, yeah, they, they, they say, say that. that. Yeah, they say that. Yes, they'll, they'll, they'll say that's not biological evolution, but it is evolution. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, and before you can have the primordial soup, 
you got to have the the uh, what what is it the cosmic evolution the chemical no sorry the the the, the what is it the cosmic evolution the planetary and stellar evolution and by the time you get you, you get the earth you know and you get the soup and you get your so-called self-replicating cell it has to survive the environment which they can't prove it did but let's say it did you know what i mean it survived the environment how do they know it became a self a self-replicating um cell you know it, all I mean, of that's it is a good jump from nothing yeah. to self-replicating i mean that's but you don't understand what yeah. nothing is. That's the problem. We don't understand what nothing is. We went wasted our time and go to school and then know that nothing is zero. You know? Yeah, Z-Man and Cindy, the next time you're in a discussion with non-believers, the Bible already answers this question to the T, but mm -hmm. ask them one simple question. Can they describe and explain in great detail how it is that there's even a man and a woman in the first place? Have them do that. Yeah. And which one was first? Right. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Yeah, Kent brought that yeah. up to me. I I never thought of it that way, but it's yeah. now. If I know the the atheist community, if I leave this show, they'll start clicking the link and coming in here and say, "Well, did you guys know that Jamie said this and that Jamie said that?" And then they'll say things about you, Cindy. They'll say things about Brett and try to cause confusion. So just be ready for it if I do leave the show. All right. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I, you know. I have that verse you were looking for in Acts 15. I was looking it up. Oh, you're talking for... about uh, when we're talking about the law? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Acts 15, 1, 10, and 20. It says, say Acts, yeah. Oh, it's Acts I was wondering if you were still in here. I can't remember your name, but it was for oh, you. Yeah, uh, Tony. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, uh, I I respect everyone's beliefs. You know, everyone is at you know, a certain level, whatever. Uh, where I stand, how do I put this? Um, I guess you can say I stand, if any of you are familiar with 119 Ministries, or maybe one nineteen. Yeah. Or rude awakening. I've heard of them before. I've heard of rude awakening before. Yeah. yeah, that's what I believe. I basically stand with them. Uh, I believe the same. Sir, can I ask you a question? If you don't, I, I totally I get it, and I respect that. No, no, it's, it's all right and everything. But let me ask you a question. All right. Uh, do you know what a Judaizer is? Uh, yeah. You know. What's a Judaizer? Well, kind of like, um, well, what is your perspective? What, what is what is a Judaizer? Is some was was a person that's mentioned in the Book of Galatians and in the Book of Acts as a person that says that unless you obey the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Okay, yeah. uh, and they taught that you have to be circumcised in the manner. As a matter of fact, in Acts fifteen, uh, the one that uh, Cindy was talking about, it says that um, unless you are circumcised in the manner of Moses, then you cannot be saved. The reason why I mentioned verse 10 is because they had because um, uh, they was uh, saying that, why are you putting a burden on us, uh, um, uh, putting a burden on the people that we or our fathers could not keep? And by the time they went to the Jerusalem Council, the Jerusalem Council said, look, the only thing that they can't do was uh, worship idols uh, or um, or eat food that was that, that had the blood in it. 
You can actually go look at it for yourself. And the Apostle Paul is rebuking the believers in the book of Galatians over this topic uh, uh, because they was taught that they had to keep the law in order to be saved. You know what I mean? So you should really look into that. I'm not saying that you're a Judaizer. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that about you. I'm just saying that. Well, Tony, uh, as soon as I brought up Acts 15, you immediately spoke uh, up. So I know some sometimes. Uh, yeah, they're, they're sorry. Sorry, Cindy, already I know about it. Sorry. Right. Um, I, I don't know if you see the, the recent uh, YouTube link. But basically what that is, is a, a video from 119 Ministries where they actually go into this in detail and explain what this means, what, what they mean by that. There, as you all know, there was um, a gathering in the book of Acts about what the Gentiles coming into faith, what they should do, what they should not do. And they go into detail of what groups were there. There was no group at all that suge even suggested in that chapter that we should do away with the instructions entirely not at all because even in back then they, you, you'll notice it, it, it references the sabbath a lot in the new testament not just in the gospel in the book of acts romans you'll notice that where when did they fellowship they always say the sabbath and but no, that they didn't video, they said the first day of the week yeah but if um, when you get the chance, I just suggest check out that video from them. And the reason I, the reason I share this is because they already did the work as far as going into detail about from the scriptures. For me to do it right now, it would it would take too long. So that's why honey, I, I can read the word. I can okay, read the but, word, and you shouldn't have yeah. some human telling you that the word doesn't say what the word says. Right. And here's another problem. I, um, this is something that I share with a lot of people. Uh, there's actually three groups of people, as we know, that believes in the God of Abraham, right? According to the world view. We have the Christians, right? We have the, the Jews, and we have the Muslims, quote unquote, right? Okay. The problem here, there's a passage in, I think it's Matthew 24. I believe it, yeah, I can't remember, but uh, Yeshua, Jesus, talked about what's going to happen when his return. He says, on that day, I'm sure you're going to remember this when I, when I say it, many people will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, did all these miracles in your name? Now, I say this, we know the Muslims don't use his name to do any of those things. We know the Jews don't use his name to do any of those things. Who is the only group that uses his name to perform miracles and the things that Jesus just mentioned, the Christians? And Yeshua said right there, many will say in my name, they do this and that in my name. I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that practice lawlessness. Bam. Right there, plain and simple. Lawlessness. He didn't say, I condemn you for trying to keep the law. No. He actually said the opposite. He's not, not saying condemn, but what he's saying is that, depart from me, you that practice lawlessness. We know what that word means. 
That's what I don't think we do agree on do what we? that word means. No, sir. Okay. Well, I get it. Again, I respect your, your folks' view, you guys. You know, but, but that's where I stand. I stand with 119 Ministries and, you know, Michael Rood and, you know, well, I've heard of, I've heard of Root Awakening uh, uh, Ministries. Sir, this is what I will recommend you do. And uh, Cindy, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I do a podcast, and it's going to start again on uh, on May the 9th. It's called the G Podcast. And uh, I, I deal with this group called the Hebrew Israelites. I don't know if you ever heard them before. It's the black people that walk around believing that they're the real Jews. Uh, I believe white people are the devil and all this other dumb stuff. Uh, they, um... Democracy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but on my channel, I go into a lot of detail over what we're talking about right now. And I strongly recommend that you catch me on May 9th because then I can explain then and I'll have the time and the battery power to be able to explain why we're saved by grace and not by the deeds of the law. Uh, the book of Galatians, chapter three, absolutely destroys uh, this idea that went under the law. And so, And I got some homework for you, sir. If you go to Deuteronomy 28, It'll tell you that if you obey the if you obey all the the, the, the law that was given that particular day, that there would be blessings that'll follow you, right? And then if you go to verse 15, it'll tell you about all these curses that'll follow you if you don't keep the laws. Since you believe that you're supposed to keep the laws, do you keep all 617 of the laws mentioned in the old testament? Let me just say this: not even Yeshua could keep all the laws. Did you he hear did. He did. Oh, no. Wow. Yes, understand. he did. <laughs> no, he, no. Yes, he did. There's a total. Okay. When it comes to the law of what we call the Torah, okay, there's the written Torah that was given on Mount Sinai. And then you have the oral Torah. Okay. The problem with the oral Torah, according to Deuteronomy, it says, in order to obey these instructions, you shall not add. And that's the problem. They add laws. Okay. What I'm trying to say is that according to the commandments that was given on Mount Jabal El Laws, we all know where that is now, uh, in, Mount in uh, Saudi Arabia, it was found. Uh, basically, uh, there's 613 laws. Some laws are for men only. Some laws are for women. Some laws are for how you take care of the land. Because you got to remember, we're talking about a people that lived in a certain geographical location. Okay. How do you tithe, sir? Tony, you're going to have to do something about that microphone. It is a satanic. <laughs> yeah, you don't tithe. I'm pretty sure you don't tithe according to the law. You don't practice the death penalty laws. You know what I mean? There are laws, there are bylaws. You know what I mean? That must be followed. That's what's mentioned in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Oh, okay. Really quick, guys. Uh, can you guys hear me? Oh, uh, right? so, hey, uh, uh, Tony. Tony, Hi, I Aiden. appreciate you guys. Yeah, we need to introduce Aiden. There's also another person named uh, Jimbles backstage, but they haven't shown themselves on camera yet. I, if I don't get to see what you look like or what you're about, I ain't putting you on a live stream. I ain't yeah, do me a favor, Brett. There are certain people on YouTube I'm not talking to, so... Uh, uh, if you've been paying attention to me at all, you should know by now who they are. So, well, I'm probably going to be, uh, I'll probably be setting you up as a team person, Cindy, as well as uh, Aiden, if interested, because mm -hmm. I trust Aiden. I think he can handle some of the wild zoo slugs that we deal with. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a big deal <laughs> yeah. because I'm, I'm a filthy agnostic. So, you know what? That's, uh, that's extending quite your microphone. Is uh, it sounds like you're talking through uh, like a broken mic or something. 
Brett, uh, I'm on my phone right now. My phone's on 10%, so if I go bye-bye, that's why. All right. Well, Aiden was wanting to talk to you for a moment while you still got a little bit of energy. You guys want to talk for a second? I think he's like a fan. He was out there just screaming and dancing and clapping his hands and everything. <laughs> Aiden, you still have to fix your mic, though. You sound like you're muffled for some reason. Uh, here, let me just let me just look into that really quickly. All right. All right. Um, oh, that might be it. Yeah, here, just one moment, please. All right. Five dollar toll charge there. <laughs> Do I sound a little bit better now? You sound great. You sound like you're ready for the radio, like a monkey ready to be shot in the space. <laughs> uh, well, I was gonna say, uh, G man, I've I've listened to you for a while now. I've checked into your videos here and there. Um, I wouldn't call myself like a huge fan or anything like that, but I've definitely followed on and off. Uh, first things first, I had a question in the uh, in the comments there. Uh, do you have a like best video in your opinion? What would you say is the best work you've ever made? If you uh, or would you consider all of your work equally important? My best have, like, a, video? Yeah, like do you have a magnum opus in your opinion? Uh, a couple of my videos at the Hebrew Originalites are probably my best ones. My best probably rap the uh, against atheist communities, atheists don't. Probably the one where he first introduces Brad Kane. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Secondly, all that I was going to say was is that I'm I'm really sorry about all these uh these non-believer people like these atheists, these agnostics that are dragging you through the dirt and whatnot. I'm really sorry if that's colored your perception uh, of those people over the years, but I do just want to make it clear that yes, of course, there are jerks out there. There are assholes. There's going to be people that are going to be really rude, but that's not all of us, you know. I'm I'm an agnostic myself, but I feel like I have a bit more of a nuanced opinion on things. I'm somebody that would actually want there to be a God that exists in this world. I really don't want to convert anybody as far as uh, the faith is concerned. I honestly view it as a neutral thing if you're a Christian. It's really no harm on me at any point in the day. So I just, I hope that, you know, you haven't necessarily gotten to the point where you're viewing all those people as bad people because we're not. Well, my view is this. I need to be careful when I'm dealing with anyone who identifies with being an atheist of any sort whatsoever. That's what I've learned. Uh, all of them are not obviously militant. They're not all trying to go out there and kill everybody or try to, you know, take away our rights in this country. Some people in here, some, some people that are atheists are okay with other religions being in the, in, in, in the United States. It's just, you gotta be yeah. careful when you're dealing with somebody that has a differing opinion of you. That's all. No, fair enough. Um, I've heard you talk a fair bit about Catholics this episode, actually, and mm -hmm. I've, uh, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned all of these uh, these militant people that wanted to convert you because I actually had an experience on the other end of the spectrum. I, I went to a Catholic school earlier in my life, and I was never I, I was never a militant atheist up until for a couple of years in my life after when I went there because. I would do nothing but ask questions in class. I would do nothing but just simply, you know, just simple theological questions that uh, the teachers would view as challenging. And I basically got sat down with the principal and got told, look, you got to you got to accept Christ in your heart or you got to get out of here, basically. And I really negatively colored my my feelings about Christianity in general. But I would say that over the years after that point, I've definitely gotten a more nuanced with things. I've got a question for you, though. Um, what is your opinions on Eastern Orthodoxy? Because I've never heard you talk about that. Eastern Orthodoxy? Yeah. It's just as bad as the Catholic Church, if you ask me. Uh, 
they don't necessarily let go of the idols. And and if I'm not mistaken, I think Eastern Orthodoxy is a little older than yes. the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah, they are. They worship idols just like uh, just well worship idols. They they have Sweet. idols just like the Roman Catholic Church does. You believe that icons are uh, idols? Yep. Hmm. You know what? That actually leads into a, a question that I was actually really fascinated to ask you about. Uh, do you believe that uh, asking saints to pray for you has any validity? Do you nope. believe that the saints? No. No, they can't hear you because they're dead. Well, I don't know if that's. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily know about that because at the same time, you've got things like um, here. I actually I had it ready here. Hebrews twelve one: the fact that you are surrounded at all times by a great cloud of such a great crowd cloud of witnesses, angels. It's it's well, that's not necessarily it. It could be interpreted as either or. Honestly, I don't angels. Really necessarily. Well, even I, if it's they not really are not. Even if they are not angels, let's say they are saints, why would you pray to a human instead of a god? Well, in the same way that you would ask for somebody to pray for you in any time of trouble or strife. It's not a matter of praying to them and asking them to do things like they are God themselves. Hold on, G-Man. Hold on. Hold on. Simmer on down there, G-Man. You just simmer no. on down there. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> No, there's no, only one mediator between God and man. That is the man Christ Jesus. One mediator, not well, not Mary ever, and Paul and have Peter you ever and asked Saint anybody think that? Have you ever asked anybody in your life to pray for you? Oh uh, yes, I have, but that doesn't make them a mediator. That makes them a no, person who's doing interceptory that's prayer. It. That's just it, though. You just <laughs> hit the nail on the head. They're not mediating for God on your behalf. They're interceding for you for that prayer. The they same can't way hear you. If Peter's no. alive and you ask him to pray for you, that's one thing. But if he's buried in the ground, he can't yeah. hear you. Only Jesus can because he sits at the right hand of the Father. Well, <laughs> just, just to clarify, well, I, could, I don't necessarily believe. Sorry, go ahead, Cindy. Even if they could hear you, they still are not intercessory. Hmm. It's See, not the same as asking a human, I mean, a, a living human to pray with mm -hmm. you. Well, and, and I fact, just want to make it clear that I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily about, ascribe to any of this. I just, sorry, Cindy, I'm not trying to steamroll you. I was just going to put out a no, point. No. I, I think it's way more productive rather than trying to convert uh, believers. I think it's way more productive to try to actually understand the nuances of their belief. Because if you don't understand the nuances of Christians' beliefs, then you can't understand the faith, in my personal opinion. And you can't really necessarily reject any religion without first properly understanding what they actually believe in. And I think that's one of the biggest problems in the atheist community, is the fact that there's so many people out there they never read the Bible. They never actually look at any of the teachings of Christ or anything like that. They just have reactions in their personal lives, myself included earlier in my life. But they just they have these negative experiences and they let that color their entire view of Christianity. And I think that's really counterproductive. And I think it really loses out on a lot of interesting discussions that people could have. But I guess not all atheists are necessarily interested in having those discussions. No, they're not, Aiden. Their it's, minds it's, are made up. A lot of their minds are just made up. It's really sad, you know? Like, I've I've talked before with Brett and Cindy, and it's a matter of, like, I, I really hope that there's a God out there. 
I really hope that there is a, a savior of all of humanity and that he would have in fact died for our sins. I just haven't necessarily seen that evidence yet in my own life. And I know that of course, faith is a huge component of that. And I'm not necessarily just going to immediately get a direct revelation to me, but I really, I don't think it's necessarily illogical for me to go. I hope that that's the case. I hope I could get a revelation in my life where, you know, Christ. I'm going to pray that you do. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, Cindy. I appreciate that. But um, I never necessarily heard your, um, your coming to Jesus story, G-Man. I don't think I ever recall you uh, in the times that I've listened to you. What is your, uh, your conversion story? Have you always grown up in the faith or did you come around to it later in life? No, I is got that saved. I'm sorry. That is my fiance. Oh, okay. All Hi, right. fiance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got the headphones on. She can't hear you. Sorry. Yeah. Um. She's like the saints. She can't hear you. I'll give you a short condensed version. Sure. Uh, in the year 1999, December 1999, uh, I was in network marketing. Um, my, I, I wanted my brother to join a network marketing company that I was in. And uh, just to give you a little backstory, I read the book of Revelation before. I uh, didn't understand it. I just, all I read was about this monster coming out of the water and people getting marked and all these devastations that's going to happen. So I had some idea about, you know, what was in the book of Revelation. But in 1999, around December, people was predicting that Christ was going to return. So I had a lot of people preaching the gospel to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, I made a deal with my brother because I was trying to get him into the network marketing company. And I told him that, uh, I would watch one of his like religious videos or whatever, one of his uh, Christian videos or whatever, if he would watch a network marketing video that I had. He watched a network marketing video, said he didn't want to be involved. And then I watched his video and I got convicted because I, because of what I read in the book of Revelation. And that's when I accepted Christ as my savior. Hmm. That's the short condensed version. There's a much no, longer version to that one. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. But you know what? Like you said, you don't have a heck of a lot of battery on your phone. So yeah, it's 7% now. <laughs> ah, you got to put on power saving mode, G man. Got to try to last, make it last, you know. But uh, you know what? With you being an agnostic atheist, though, that means that you, uh, you know, that you don't believe that we can know whether or not God exists, right? It's not necessarily that I don't believe that we can't know whether or not God exists. I just don't have any particularly strong evidence laid out to me at this point in time that God is in fact a, a being that does exist. That doesn't mean that I can't accept that uh, evidence if it were sufficiently there. It's just I haven't had that presented to me as of yet. Okay, so then this is what I would recommend for you. I would look at something uh, besides epistemism. If you don't know what that is, that's people that don't take things on faith. They want evidence for everything. Mm -hmm. um, what I would recommend you do is to take a look at Christian faith, not blind faith. There's a big difference. Look at Christian faith and look at how we go about believing uh, in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And then number two, uh, you need to take a look at intelligent design. See, it's I, way I better than evolution. Way I can't necessarily agree with that, G-Man. I'm sorry. I can't uh, if I had the battery here, I would obliterate evolution. And I know Cindy can do uh. it because who she was married to. And I would show you <laughs> super quick. Let me ask you a question. Just to prove my point. No, sure. I'll go prove ahead. you got faith. I'll prove you got faith. Can you give me, um, can you explain to me scientifically speaking, how you get new anatomy from random mutations? How you would get new anatomy from mutations? random mutations how do you get new anatomy from random mutations i know how these mutations work so and how the do way, you get new anatomy from that 
that wasn't the, that, that wasn't that wasn't there before in the same observable way that we can see people born with deformities in the same way that we can observably see people born with a lot of negative things there let's is talk about deformities you're talking well, about somebody born with a with, with an extra finger or somebody born with well, uh, an extra sexual organ and whatnot right no and that that's information one of that information was already there well, I'm talking about brand new information that wasn't there. Yes, I know. I know. Just let me let like me finish what I'm saying. That's all. Let's, <laughs> let me well, fly around. In, in order <laughs> in order in order for there to be wings on a human, quote unquote, a yes, there would have to be some kind of series of mutations over time that would slowly allow something like that to be propagated. But that would only come about if there was pressures within the environment that would produce something like that. Because the only way that evolution can propagate long-term in terms of mutations is whether or not those mutations are beneficial to the species. Because if they're not beneficial to the species, hold most on, of the time those on, negative Aiden. mutations will not allow those species to propagate. Yes, sorry, go ahead. Hold on, hold, hold on. I must interrupt you because no, mutations only happen from the gene code. And if yes. you don't have the gene for wings, no amount of mutations is going to give you the gene for wings. Well, we've already observed that genes can fundamentally alter you with things like cancer that did not exist within you whatsoever. Mm -hmm. There is no prior records of any kind of cancer cells existing in your body before your body develops the mutations that allow things like cancer to occur. And that is one of the examples cancer of negative mutations. are different. Yeah, of course they are. But I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is that it's an example of a mutation it. that creates something that was not there before. And is I got five percent of battery left. I got five yeah. percent of battery left. I got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, polar bears apparently uh, adapted to their environment, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, can you do me a favor and explain when a polar bear existed where they didn't have to um, adapt to their environment? A polar bear existed where they didn't have to adapt to their environment. Yeah, it was, it was when... back during the time they were flying cats. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I actually, you I'm caught me. You caught My me. argument I know, is this. I know, I know. My argument is this: Intelligent Design says that these animals were were created to be able to were created for that specific environment. Yes, right. But we can see. Um, we but sorry, but but I'm sorry. One second. That these animals were created for that specific environment, right? And that anytime you see an animal, that animal is already made to to adapt to that specific environment, right? Mm -hmm. the, the burden on the evolutionist is to be able to show how how the animal um, was never able to adapt to that environment. If you can't do that, then it's a fake, not science. Um, that's my battery's on two percent. <laughs> ah, damn it. G-Man, you got to get a phone charger that can reach all the way over there, man. Holy. Yeah. I got an interesting question for you, Aiden. Can you describe why it is that our bodies, as well as animals and plants, have the ability to heal themselves? We have the ability to heal ourselves thanks to the fact that our cells, when damaged, and this is something that can be observed in a laboratory setting, when they're damaged, it is something that will... <laughs> One <laughs> percent. If you, you leave, G man, it was really nice talking to you, man. All right, next time, G man. I do shows on Wednesday Sandy. and Friday. Come on in if you got energy. Thank you. All right, nice gotcha. to meet you. Nice to meet you too. I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. Go take care. In. All right, later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if when cells are damaged, when the materials that make up cells are damaged, 
they will slowly begin to repair themselves because they are able to detect whether or not damage has occurred to them through things like their cell walls, through their cell membranes. The nucleus of the cell is something that is capable, it's capable of detecting whether or not this has occurred. And this goes back to the mutations that we talked about the last time I was on here, which is related to pain. Now, it's not necessarily the case. I'm firmly of the belief that before things like pain eventually evolved to be things that existed, that cells were not capable of healing themselves because they didn't know that they were damaged. They didn't know in any way, shape, or form that something had happened to them because they didn't have the ability to do that. But when pain was mutated into the cell, when something occurred to it, where a random mutation occurred and that evolution of pain happened, it was an advantage to it because it was able to see that it was damaged and it was able to begin to take action in order to help itself be repaired. We can see that in the... Sorry, go ahead. I'm, so, I'm Aiden, what is it, if you don't mind, because I noticed when I... And it's, I'm not saying that you're uh, you're trying to be dishonest or any kind of way. I'm just pointing out that, yeah. again, this is the horse and the carriage and number two, you're saying mutation, mutation, mutation. Would you be able to explain what this... Uh, mutation was the original one that started the healing process what is it called i can't necessarily and I, I will totally admit to you right now i do not know the specific evolutionary term that evolves the ability for a cell to heal itself i would be able to look into that after we're done the show i don't want to get all distracted doing research in the middle of the oh, show I, I understand what about the very process though that causes the mutation to uh, oh. select this ability to do healing in the first place. What is the mechanism called? The mechanism, the mechanisms whereby mutations happen are the fact that over time, genetic code is, it, it loses its total amount of information as far as its consistency is concerned. As cells copy themselves through processes like mitosis, the more copying occurs the more errors will slowly begin to present themselves over time because the more that a cell is copied, the less original information it can retain. This is the main process what, via things like aging occur. So even though healing can happen on a small scale, unless you're talking about very specific beings, like there are certain species of lobsters that we've been able to find that more or less have been able to counteract the aging process. They have a cell within themselves, and I once again, I'm going to be completely honest, I don't know the specific name of it off the top of my head. I need to do some research on this. But... They have a mechanism within their cells that doesn't necessarily eliminate the errors that are present within mutations, but minimizes them to such an effect where they can live for basically centuries. Well, like I, was, I was reading a, a science article, been looking off and on about this for the last couple of years. Apparently, they're doing a study on rats and mice. I don't know if you heard of this, Cindy. But they apparently believe that they have discovered the aging gene, I think is what they refer to it as. And if they can manipulate it or do something with it, it's very possible we could have people living for a longer time. They'll still be affected by genetic entropy, but they could live longer because it'll take longer for the structures and processes to go through. That'd be pretty neat. Oh, absolutely. I guess and to a certain no, extent, I... <laughs> you don't you don't want to have uh, you don't want to have aging reversed no i don't necessarily reversed but halting on its tracks you see but that's just the thing in my personal opinion i think that the ultimate freedom that any person can attain is for death to be a choice not a necessity 
I think that death is something that is so incredibly tragic for the human race. It is the only illness that affects 100% of the population, no matter who you are, no matter how healthy you are. I think that the ultimate liberty that any human being would be capable of, of creating for themselves is liberating themselves from a death that they don't want. And really, I really do hope that aging can be something that is eventually cured, because that's really what aging is, is it's an illness. It's something that slowly wears you down. It's something that slowly makes you more feeble, makes you more weak, makes you less capable of doing things, makes you prone to things like Alzheimer's, which can destroy your mind, which can make you completely unable to comprehend what's going on around you. I think if we can cure things like this, I think that would be arguably the biggest advance that humanity would ever be capable of doing now do you guys think that is something that we could ever do do you think aging could ever be something that could be halted or even possibly reversed i'm gonna say something that'll probably shock the hell out of you aiden but uh i believe that it may already be possible that this may already be a thing uh but i am also convinced that our this is going to be really dark for me to say this but I believe that our government would probably hand out beneficial things to the elite and the rich. And no, they you're would, not wrong. They'd probably let the, because uh, they're always constantly babbling about population issues and all this. So I don't see them having a problem with getting rid of the little guy. See you, Brett Keen. You're a useless son of a gun. <laughs> I, I also believe that if we had a ship or something and a meteorite were coming, it was going to end the world. And the elites had a place to go, they'd leave us in a heartbeat. They wouldn't even give us a wave goodbye. Oh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I History has shown us over and over again that if there's a calamity that's going to happen, and if any kind of power knows that these things are going to happen, that A, they keep it from the population to prevent mass panic, to prevent mass destruction. B, they hoard as many resources that they possibly can for themselves, and then make a quick getaway with everything that they possibly can. So... You're right. If, if we knew that a meteorite was going to hit us in a year, you're damn right that all of the top minds in the world would be pouring all of their money into any kind of interplanetary travel that they could, any kind of like arc-like ship, which could somewhat sustain itself over time. But I don't know. I, I, I guess it's... Go ahead, Cindy. Go ahead. Death was um, instituted by God. It was a curse from sin and it accomplishes two things. It makes you realize that ultimately you will meet your maker so that you can get ready for that and not just live on your merry way as though there are no consequences. And it also puts an end to sin. If we, um, we're allowed to live forever in our current sinful status, then sin would never, we would never be relieved of it. Well, and after we die, then we are going to um, have no more sin if we're a Christian. And we're going to be going to a new heaven and a new earth where it will be just like the Garden of Eden again. Well, Cindy, I, I completely understand what you're saying, and I could see how some Christians would think that something like this, a science, a revolutionary a scientific gene aging deal, might fly in the face of death and sin in the world with God. 
but it's not making you invincible. It's not exactly. like we're going to be Superman. If exactly. we get hit by a car and you know we explode, <laughs> yeah. or somebody runs us over and breaks their neck, it's not like it's going to go like okay. So I I misunderstood. I so you're just talking basically about a great healing thing. God yeah, is that's what I mean. expansion, expansion of our age, we where we might get a hundred to a couple hundred more years on us, but we're still going to die because yeah. of genetic entropy. There's no way to make us invincible unless we figure out a way to digitize ourselves, put ourselves in some kind of simulation, something like that. Mm -hmm. Some people would argue we might be in a simulation. Well, <laughs> have you ever heard the argument for simulation theory, Brett, in the sense that... Uh, I have from atheists as well as religious people, and I have to admit it's uh, some fine arguments. Yeah, it's uh, the one that I've heard that's most compelling to me personally is the fact that if we were ever able to, and obviously we can't right now, but if we were ever able to amass the computational power, maybe through things like quantum computing... Uh, to be able to create our universe on a one-to-one -one scale and to be able to create the physics within it, if we were able to prove that that was something that we were capable of doing, then that means that statistically it is far more likely that we are already in one of those simulations than we are not. And there are plenty of things within our universe that can possibly indicate that we are in a simulation, such as the fact that the universe has a hard speed limit to it that cannot be exceeded, such as the fact that things like the Planck length exist, which means that there is in fact a barrier to how small things can get and a barrier to how small that uh, uh, things can be before they can't touch. The fact that nothing in the universe via things like the atomic structures that make us up cannot touch. Like, yeah, you can touch, you can touch your table right now. You can touch your couch. You can touch anything right now. And you feel the sensation of touch. But the atoms that make up your body and the atoms that make up that chair or that desk, they never actually truly interact with one another. So there's certain things that maybe indicate that the universe is a simulation, but I can't ever actually definitively say whether or not it is. because There'd be no way to know. Yeah, Especially if we go along with the idea that there's a developer and a designer, there's some form of wiring and programming. And even those who believe in evolution believe that we've been hardwired with instincts and all kinds of different things. Both sides seem to agree that there's some kind of system layers on systems. We got a guy out here who says, I used to think the way you, you do, Brett, about the elite, but I found out the Bible says the rich rule over the poor. Awesome part is we can be an elite with hard work and dedication. I don't know if I believe that. That sounds very optimistic. That sounds beautiful. But yeah. I know plenty of young people who are in damn near a debt for the rest of their life trying to get into universities and colleges. Older mm -hmm. people who busted their ass, broke their back all their life, and they don't seem to... Uh, I've gotten anywhere. So I don't know if I believe that. I, I, I don't know if I believe that someone get, does their best. Did you know statistically, Aiden, that sociopaths and psychopaths seem to have a, a higher chance and probability of success, mm -hmm. especially in corporations and politics, than a person like ourselves who has a fucking consciousness? You know what? I'm Not actually, to mention the liars. It's funny that Lying you brought words. that up, Brett. Because honestly, one of the biggest things that's beginning to dissuade me from doing this business degree that I'm currently pursuing, business administration, is the fact that there's just so many people in the industry, not only within the industry, but in the textbooks that I'm reading right now. 
And in all of these texts, it's just endlessly talking about how to exploit people for the least amount of money possible, how to get the most money out of people while spending the least amount of money possible. And it just, it doesn't jive with my morals on any level whatsoever. You know, on one hand, yeah, it would be a really secure job. It would be a really secure position if I were to get a business degree. However, A, it's not something that I'm passionate about. And B, it's really, it's not something I can morally abide by necessarily either. But the problem is, is that the thing that I am passionate about, which is history and anthropology, there's such a narrow field of, uh, of, of work for that these days, which is really such a tragedy to me because... I had a really good discussion with my fiance earlier in the day, and it basically went that if we lived in essentially any other age besides right now, then history would be something that wouldn't be viewed as a hobby. It would be viewed as a legitimate field of study that you would be able to reliably get into and reliably get a good job on. But it seems more and more nowadays, history is just viewed as like a side thing, just a hobby that you might study in your spare time. And that's such a tragedy to me because history is such an important aspect of human existence. It's such an important it's so part of understanding who we are. So, Aiden and Cindy, I don't know if you see this person's comment here. They say, if you've ever killed an animal, you know it's not a simulation. I don't see how that would be able to go against the simulation, probably because you think there's going to be grieving. The animal will moan. It will give the responses of stimuli and pain, right? Well, if you got a good developer, a good game developer, they can make it appear as though an animal or thing or NPC is in pain when you hit it, shoot it, and it will respond as such yeah. to the script. Oh, there's uh, there's some really visceral games out there that can really display that. There's this Hell Let Loose game, actually. Have you heard about that at all, Brett? Hell Let Loose? No, but I played me some Fallout. I'm still trying to figure out how it is in a video game when I shoot somebody's head off, they're still screaming. <laughs> that, that, that appears to be a physics thing. I don't know. <laughs> you think they'd have a little bit of a hard time when they don't have a mouth to scream with anymore? But hey, whatever. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> it's a rough game. It's a rough game. Can I change the subject? Sure, Cindy. <laughs> hey, go ahead, Cindy. Um, I'm still thinking about two things that you said that I want to tie together. You said um, how important history is, and you said that nobody had been able to present you with evidence of God yet. And uh, when you said that, I wanted to ask you if you had ever watched uh, William Lane Craig. I have. William Lane Craig. Oh, God. Uh, what is he's, he known for? I know that name. He likes he's to use a, the Kalam argument. If I'm not mistaken, he, he is a historian. But I yeah, just no, listened I... to an Sorry, amazing lecture that he gave on the historical proofs of the resurrection. Hmm. See, and that's one of those things is, is that, like, as, as far as the historicity of Jesus is concerned, as far as his life, I don't deny that. There's a lot of atheists out there that say that there isn't sufficient evidence of Christ's existence, but there absolutely is if you look in the right places. There is absolutely documentation, not only of his life, but of his crucifixion, of his trial with Pilate. There is a wide variety of evidence that backs up that Jesus was in fact a real figure that did exist and did in fact do the things that he did throughout history. 
Otherwise, he wouldn't have had such a huge impact across the world over uh, over such a long period of time. I've got a question for you, uh, uh, Brett. I don't know if you're different with uh, than G-Man on this. Do you, what is your opinion on things like icons of images of Christ or images of the saints or anything like that? Do you think that if people venerate those, that that's the same as worship? Well, I... As far as uh, I think that what he was trying to say is when people get to a point where they worship or they go to the dead and then uh, idol worship, obviously idol worship's a problem. I don't see how we could actually, I find it strange how Mormons uh, believe, some uh, groups of them believe that you can baptize a a corpse and somehow save or redeem a person. I also do not understand the baptism of a baby because... As far as I, I am a noob, we'll need Cindy because she's a professional here, but it seems to me that you have to say certain things and you also have to consciously accept Christ and what he did for you. And a baby can't do that, nor can a corpse. No, you're absolutely right. I, uh, as, as far as that's concerned, it's always been a bit of a sticking point to me because on one end, it seems like the unbaptized at the very least, go to somewhere like limbo or purgatory, whether or not you would personally ascribe to that. There's some things of theology that say it's real. There's some things of theology that say that it isn't. But it seems as though that baptism is a requirement in order to get into the kingdom of heaven. And I can understand on one end that if people really do want their children to get in no matter what, then they would want to immerse them in the water as soon as possible. However, on the other end, you're absolutely right. They don't have a conscious decision in it. They can't accept Christ into their hearts necessarily because they don't have the the mental capacity to really understand at that point in their lives what any of this is. So I don't know. It's always been a really big sticking point for me. I agree with you. We got somebody out here saying, are you saying someone on Reddit also dropped this information out of nowhere and then days later you have shorts and full broadcast reminding people of the event? Well, as I said in the show to this TQ QWERTY, uh, this apparently has been going on for a year or more. Um, Aiden knows because he actually left comments on some of these videos. I noticed you were very supportive and trying to help out these young ladies. Again, proving that you're a very consciously good person and all that. So, no, I didn't just come up with this. There's crap all over Reddit. There's crap all over videos. And I gave links to every single YouTube channel as well as Reddit post. I even posted the images in case somebody tries to scrub that crap. All the evidence is on my website, brettkeen.us. And anything you want. It's there. Oh yeah, comes with candy. <laughs> comes with candy and kung fu. <laughs> so you did. You noticed my comments on the Lady Opium video, then? Yeah, I, I thought it was really kind of you and all that. I did notice that you said that you respected some people, and then to hear that, I know what it's like to look up to people and go. That's one of the reasons why I think that God doesn't want us to idolize, because if you put your faith in men, no matter how powerful and great, or women. And then they disappoint you. It can really damage you on a psychological level. Yeah, I uh, I got to be honest, you know, like I wouldn't say that he was necessarily uh, in, an idol or anything like that to me. But like Ben, the drunken peasants in general, 
were definitely one of my influences growing up in the fact that I always really liked listening. I used to be a dishwasher for a number of years, and I don't know if anyone, either one of you have any experience in the dish pit, but oh my god, it is a long, strenuous experience that just can go on and on and on forever, and listening to their antics while I was uh, doing things like that, it really helped me get through the day, and it really gave me a positive impression of them. So to hear that one of the hosts of that show that really uh, gave me a lot lot of joy a lot of happiness a lot of good experiences is capable of doing something like that and then there's of course there's the defenders that come to their rescue in the comments oh well they deny that of course they deny it of course they're going to deny it why would they just accept it at face value that they did something like that like i'm sorry it's it's really not something that somebody unless they're really 100 percent truthful about things is just going to come out and go yep i did that i did this horrible duplicitous thing right this person then says this. I want everybody to take notice of this. It's a yes or no, Brett. I'm more just curious. I don't care either way about Ben. Of course you don't care about Ben. You're obviously not interested in what actually happened to these girls. So <laughs> I am. He says there's a pattern. Yeah, there's a pattern with me. If you're committing crimes and hurting minors, damn it, you might find yourself on the news and in video. How about that? See, the whole minor thing, I didn't know about any of that the ones that i knew about were uh what happened with uh taylor i didn't know anything about anybody underage or anything like that did you check the second interview um i didn't i to be honest with you i didn't know there was a second interview yeah there's a second victim interview done on the same channel that you're looking at this is the young lady right here okay there she is and this is the one you're talking about yeah yeah that's Taylor. Okay. yeah Made sure to grab, she's actually responding to that second interview done by the second victim. Mm. Okay. Her name, uh, their names are in there and all that. I've already tried to ask them if they'll come on and talk. But I feel, Aiden, after looking at the interviews, both of them have a kind of a similar thing going. Obviously, the same things happen. But one thing is they both seem to have really poor self-esteem. They believe that if they come out and they try to say something or do something or go to the cops, no one will listen or give a damn. And I feel horrible for people who feel this way. You know, oh, uh, if, it, if it makes anybody feel any better, Smokey Saint hurt some people and those people took him to court. He is now on a registry list and people know what he's about. So don't, don't let people hurt you and take advantage. And if you remain silent, what about the next girls? Later no, on. absolutely. There is a much wider thing to think about with this, but unfortunately, one of the biggest modus operandi of somebody that's capable of doing things like that is the fact that if they're capable of doing that to somebody, then they're also capable of intimidating that person, and they're capable of trying to make sure that that person, by all means, never goes forward with any of this information. And it's such a... It. It, goes back, it's, it goes back to the idea that if you if you hurt somebody like that, most of the times, and I don't know, this may sound a bit rough at first, but let me finish what I'm saying. It's not usually necessarily about like any of the chemical like feelings or pleasures that come from that moment. It's the power that comes from that. It's the domination that they can feel over that person and the idea that they can do a horrible thing to them and then get away with it. It's just this evil aspect of some people that I've 
I abhor more than almost any other quality in a person is their capability. They're so hungry for that control over somebody that they're just completely willing to take away their autonomy. That's such a horrible, disgusting thing. And not care and, that they hurt them. Oh, absolutely. JGC says, T. Cordy, this was an interview released a while ago. If you suggest and Brett made it up or something, he didn't. This is a no. real claim. Yeah, just go over to what's what's the person's name? Lady Hopium, yeah, I think yeah. is their name. That's their YouTube channel. I showed it off at the very beginning of the video before Aiden was able to come in. Aiden was off busy saving the world at the time. He didn't have an opportunity <laughs> to that part of the segment. But yeah, I promoted that channel and promoted the interviews so people could hear the stories and all that. Um, the host seems a little irritated with me, though. They asked me why I made copies, and I said, because according to the girls, a lot of their information they've already put out there has been scrubbed on the internet. So yeah. I wanted the evidence not to be destroyed. It wasn't meant to rip somebody off or do any of that kind of crap. I just wanted the copies to remain out there to protect yeah. them. You know, I... I don't necessarily personally agree with uh, that person. Up. Hello. How's it going? Can you feel the love <laughs> tonight? Aw. No, it's always nice when she pays me a visit. No, but what I was going to say was I don't necessarily agree with... Uh, not on that, but on some of their other opinions on things, but that doesn't take away from the fact that they were willing to reach out to this person and give them a voice. And I can always appreciate and respect that, even if I don't necessarily agree with them on everything. And I think that's a problem with a lot of people, honestly, though, Brett, is the fact that if somebody has one sticking point with somebody, then they just can't respect them on any level. They can't listen to anything that they have to say. And you consequently miss out on so much because of that. Right. I uh, I completely understand that. Let's see. Uh, because in tune knitter, in tune knitter says, "Why should anyone take uh, accusation you make seriously?" Well, I'm not the one that made the accusation. Exactly. I just uh, posted the comments as well as the interviews where you can go listen to these young ladies. No, it's not a smart move. Folks, you can be skeptics. You can question people's motives, and you can question things. But until you actually look into it, actually take the time to make the effort to look into what's going on, uh, don't just fire away. You're not hurting me by doing this. This didn't happen to me. This happened to two young women who are apparently really good people who were taken advantage of and hurt. You're, you're not doing these girls a service, folks, by behaving this way. I didn't make this shit up. See, that's just the thing. Like, if people are going to come at you like this, at the very least, they should take the time of day to look into what you've actually said about this. To look into the... Especially for the fact you put a short out there. You put a short out there that was, like, fucking 20 seconds long. It's not like they don't have the time of day to look into that. I'm working 10 to 12 hours a day, and I had time to watch that. So how, what's their excuse? <laughs> I hear you there. I'll be right back. Uh, Aiden, can you take over for a little bit? Yeah, is Cindy still here? Hopefully. I am. Yeah, all right. You know, I, I can I can rock and roll all by myself, but you know what? It's always better to have somebody to actually bounce some stuff off of. So what's uh what's been new with you, Cindy? You know, it's been a while since I talked with you. Yeah. Well, I wanted to you said that you agreed with the historicity of Jesus, but you didn't address the resurrection. 
which is the whole thing that yeah makes the difference i mean he's either just a plain old human or mm -hmm. he's the evidence of god that you're looking for mm -hmm. well if see, he raised from the dead that would be god's stamp on him yeah no if he conquered death then absolutely there's basically no denying at that point that he's a supernatural being and that he you know he's he is everything that he claims to be and if i can you know, I'll look into what you were talking about earlier. What was the name of the person you were talking about? Sorry, I, I forgot. I'm awful with William names. Lane William Craig. Lane Craig. William Lane Craig. Awesome. Yeah, I'll look into that for sure. Because like, well, if there is sufficient, it is, is sufficient evidence called, out there. Sorry, there's a delay. I'm really sorry. It's okay. It's called Evidence for the Resurrection. Okay. And it's it's <laughs> historical evidence. There's okay. another one called "Did the Resurre Did the Resurrection Really Happen?" and I don't remember which one I watched, but I'm sure they're both. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, absolutely. Like I, you're right. You know that would that would definitely be sufficient evidence for me if that was in fact the case. I guess one of my biggest sticking points, though, at that point, is <sighs> how do I word this? You know, like I've I've looked around in so many of these sects of Christianity, and I'm sure that you agree with all of your background and Christianity that you have. Maybe not. I've heard different opinions about this, but do you agree that the idea of the church isn't any kind of like it's not a physical building? The church is the the flock, the group of people yes. that follow. Christ. Yeah. Yes, and in so, fact, I wanted to say something earlier when when um, you and G-Man were discussing Catholicism versus orthodoxy, et cetera, et cetera. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like to lump. I think there's members of the church in every denomination. Mm. I think there's saved people in every denomination and we are all wrong about something and we mm -hmm. shouldn't be going around necessarily pointing out, being divisive. Sorry about my my fiance in the background there. She's just getting ready for the for the day. If she's distracting you or anything like that. Hi, wave fiance. To the, wave to the camera, oh, my she love. Yeah, she <laughs> I don't can have hear my me. camera. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's all right. But you have a Swedish yeah. flag. Oh, and that's an English flag, here. actually. That's an English no flag way. over there in the background. That's the flag of uh, Saint George. But there's no blue on it. Uh, that would be the Union Jack. That'd be the flag of Great Britain. England is one of the kingdoms that is in uh, the United Kingdom. That's oh, why it's called the United goodness. Kingdom. Okay. It's actually, you know how in the Union Jack, there's that middle part that has the that that cross right there, the red cross? Yeah. That's because, that's because the Union Jack is actually the combination of that flag and the Scottish flag, which is the one with uh, the blue background and the uh, white cross on it. Yeah, oh it's my basically heavens. A, Yeah, no, it's a combination of the two. You guys mind I'm if I show Irish. something real quick? I think you've seen this earlier, Cindy, but I don't think Aiden's seen this, and I was wanting to comment on something real quick. You guys ready? It's okay. Yeah, go All, ahead. Right. All right, there's been some people a while back who uh, asked if any of this was true. Obviously, some people came at me about something I said a while back, and I found something that I thought people would be interested in. Are you ready? Go ahead. 
Right. Here we go. This is rough. I'll make sure to cut it off when it starts getting weird, Cindy. All right. Look very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Was it purely physical or did you feel an emotional bond with this bitch? Did you feel an emotional bond with this 14-year-old bitch? Or was it just purely, uh, you know, you wanted to get yourself a piece of young ass? I mean, tell me that. Tell me that, motherfucker. <laughs> I felt an emotional bond with a pussy. All right, man. See, man, this is why I can't talk to you, man, because you... You, man, shit. See, you a trifling ass motherfucker, TJ. You just skin deep, motherfucker. You you don't feel the fucking depth of emotion I do, motherfucker. See, this is what I'm talking about. And this is why I can't have a conversation with your ass, man. God damn. I turned it off when it got weird. It was going to get a lot weirder, but I decided we don't. Oh no, I'm okay. I'm all right. Thank you. That was that was enough for me for one lifetime. Thank you very much. So, as many people uh, have heard me say a long time ago, and this was brought up on DP. Unfortunately, I didn't have the footage at the time, but uh, I had accused of this comment and things being said, and now you see for yourself, right? Everybody seen that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I remember, I don't know if you recall this, Brett, but way back, I think it was New Year's Eve of 2015, we had like an hour and a half long call. It was a really interesting call that we had because this was right smack dab in the middle of that point in my life where I was really into DP. I really loved talking with them. And I had a friend with me and... He didn't say anything in the call, but what he wanted me to do was basically do what everyone else at the time was doing and call you and just fuck around, basically, like call you a manatee or some shit like that. But I said to him, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to call him. I want to see what he's about. I want to give him an actual chance here to actually say his piece. And rather than just having a 20 second fucking troll session with you, I actually sat down with you and I had a really interesting conversation about shit like that because you revealed the side to things that I really wasn't aware of at that point in time. So it's, well, uh, I, I don't understand what people expected of me, Aiden. I see a blog TV where people are having a conversation just casually about having sex with minors. What was I supposed to do? Just sit back and go, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fun. another day in paradise. Of course, yeah. I'm going to bring it up. That's what I seen. That's what I heard. What What am I supposed to do? Yeah, it's 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 so it's it's weird enough. You know, I'm actually really surprised. I'm glad that you have it, but I'm surprised you found that because those days, uh, those blog TV days, those like stickham days, those are such ancient times and internet time you know you know how i found it i'm gonna tell you how i found it and the person may end up scrubbing it but i actually found it on the amazing atheist archive channel his own (laughs) channel (laughs) okay i was looking through it i i noticed that there was some stuff with fake sagan and i'm like 
I wonder, is is he dumb enough to put his own broadcast shit up there on that? And I was like, surprise, he is. So- <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness. You know, um, I actually had the... I, I figured I was curious because I remember a while back I listened to one of your first videos, Brett. Actually, your first ever video because we you mentioned it the last time we were having a conversation. And I actually look back and there's an archive of your first video. I'm pretty sure it's your first video anyways because it has that uh, that thing of pills that you were talking about in it. Oh, yeah. Religion versus science. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Cindy, she wouldn't have recognized me back then if she would have watched some of my <laughs> old shows. She would have been like, this Brett Keen's a real prick. I don't know that you made some good points in that video. You made some good points about some shit. You made some points about how this ever-loving, ever-merciful God, he's done a lot of fucked up shit over the course of the Old Testament. And how, you know what? Yeah, sure, there are churches that do a lot of good, but we don't necessarily need churches in order to do good things in the world. We don't need to give money to churches in order for them to do good works. We can do good works ourselves. And how there's corruption within these churches. You know, I was actually really impressed because here's this fucking video from, what was that, 2005, 2006? And here you are talking about things like mega churches and jets and all of these different things, things that really nobody was talking about at that point in time. And it really brought me back to that whole, like, when I really first started watching you back in, like, I don't know, the 2008 through 2010 kind of thing. It it was really interesting to me because you were saying things that really nobody else was saying at that point in time. And I guess... It's, it's 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 interesting seeing that transition of you from those views to the views that you have now. Well, I, I'm still I still have a problem with mega churches abusing people, manipulating, using vast amounts of money to do jets and all that. That hasn't changed about me. And I've also admitted in video repeatedly, even though I believe in God, I still have a lot of my own questions. When you become a believer, it doesn't mean you automatically say, "Oh yeah, everything's sunshine, grass is green." <laughs> I watch the news along with everybody else i turn on the news i see that the catholics did something ignorant today and it's like oh great here we go again another day in paradise so (laughs) i it's not like i just turned off and the shutters closed it's just i believe that um the concept of god is a more rational logical position i believe that through science there could actually be made points for it and arguments but it, that doesn't mean that I've all of a sudden forgiven or give redemption to a bunch of filth out there who uses, who are wolves in sheep's clothing, who take advantage of the weak. Well, and I think that's I think that's honestly shown in the fact that you haven't just called out atheists before in the past. Even after you converted, you've called out Christian content creators before. You've called out all manner of different people because if they just do bad behavior, if they just do shit that's really messed up. You don't have a problem pointing it out to everybody. So, yeah, you do make a good point in that aspect. And I I don't know. I honestly, I guess, I guess one of the questions that I have, because it was, I'm pretty sure it was one of the things you brought up in that video. Have, has your opinion on uh, church and state changed at all? Do you think that they should at all mix or do you think they should be completely like oil and water, like two completely separate things? I believe the church should be its own thing and the government should be separate. I know that uh, a lot of uh, Christians will get on to me for this and maybe uh, I'd love to hear what Cindy Lincoln thinks about this. I know there's a lot of Christians who think that God and Christianity should be taught in school. 
The problem is, is that this opens up a gateway. If you allow that, then every religion out there, including Islam, Satanism, paganism, and everything else, will then fight for their ability and rights to be able to be taught in school. So instead of doing that, I say if parents want their children to be involved in church functions and to learn about faith, then there is places to go. In fact, there are religious schools that you can put your children in. Yeah. What's, your, what's your thoughts, Cindy Lincoln? Well, the reason that came about in the first place is because our founding fathers didn't like how the Church of England was abusing its power. However, many of our laws are based on the Bible. And if you say that you can't include church and state because it then allows in Satanism, Hinduism, etc. What about the fact that we were originally a Christian nation and we chose to be a Christian nation, not a Hindu nation, not a Buddhist nation? And well, I, now I that we that, have, but... wait, wait, let me just say one more thing. Um, it's only one sentence. And now that we have basically kicked Christianity off, Satanism, Hinduism, etc., communism, atheism are now taking that vacuum. Oh, I, I do understand I, that there's socialism and communism that has been put into some of these uh, universities and there's some professors who are going for that. And I don't find that fair at all. I believe that people's ideologies like that, that should go somewhere else as well. Uh, for sure. But you you do, and I get it. The, the country's founded on Christianity. It's fine. But Christians also said, you know, it's, it is fair for people to worship as free as they want. But the problem is you open it up for Christianity. Everybody else is going to be like, oh, they're picking Christianity as the favoritism. That's one of the reasons why they were able to remove statues and do all that. Because the Satanists said, well, if you're going to have Moses and the Ten Commandments and let's put Baymont or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. statue, you see how that well, opens the doors? Uh, yeah, because originally we were a Christian nation because the majority of people wanted it that way. And we're losing that majority. Is see, that a fair uh, statement? Yeah, I, I guess... I guess one of my sticking points with a lot of Christians is the fact that even though a lot of Christians, at least that I speak to, because Orthodoxy, Catholicism, etc., aren't very prominent in North America compared to other parts of the world, but there's parts of every aspect of Christianity that directly trace their lineages back to those faiths, and I'll give you a couple of examples there's the example of the ecumenical councils. The ecumenical councils were gatherings of the bishops of the early churches where they would go and debate very fundamental aspects of theology that are now cornerstones of basically every single part of Christianity today. Things like the Nicene Creed, the thing that confesses that we are in fact, <clears throat> we, that we believe that Christ is both equally man and equally God, that we believe that he was actually a you know, fully man, that he was a physical being that was there and did suffer and die on the cross, but was also capable of feeling emotion, but that he was in fact free of sin. Things like the fact that, oh, what was the one that I was, I was about to say, it completely slipped my mind, but 
um, aspects of Christianity like that, where uh, the books of the Bible was what I was going to say. The books of the Bible that we have determined were in fact canonical because there were plenty of other books that were not expect. Uh, uh, put into the into the bible things like the book of enoch things like the book of uh, nicodemus books like that that were originally parts of many early christian bibles but have now been excised from them and then there is also uh what brett actually kind of touched upon and both you and uh, cindy actually the fact that a lot of our laws come from uh come from christians like the fact that western law primarily is actually based off of uh, the code of justinian and justinian the Eastern Roman Emperor, he's actually venerated as a saint in both the Catholic and Orthodox worlds. So we don't only have a spiritual aspect of those faiths that have fundamentally ingrained themselves in our society. We also have a legal side. We have a cultural side. So I I mean, this is just my perspective, but I think a lot of a lot of these other Christians try to have their cake and eat it too, where they really disrespect and uh, abhor. And I'm not saying it's you guys necessarily but they really disrespect and abhor these earlier churches, these these Catholic churches, these Orthodox churches, even though they really built a lot of the foundations of modern Christianity as we know it today. We got a person in here. You know how whenever they don't have a camera, I got to put something up. Try yeah. not to get offended, folks. This is one of my newer pictures. Uh, I'm going to block the screen because I don't know if a penis is going to fly. <laughs> here we go. There we go. Oh boy. Now notice there is Christian mentioned in there. I was there. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, Mr. TG Cordy. Is that how I pronounce your name? I, I get names uh, terrible. Someone will say their name's Bob. I'll say boob, you said? So Tom, sorry check. about that. Just want to make sure uh, you can hear me, right? Yeah, we can yeah, hear we you. Can hear Sweet, you. right on, man. Hey, um, I, I was texting and I just want to make sure that, you know, I, I, I don't know. I was texting a lot. I want to make sure my. My point was across is all. Is is that okay? Like I don't yeah, think sure. you made I don't think you made it up. I think there's enough evidence that says at least something happened. Something's a little sus, you know what I'm saying? With with the whole um, Ben story, right? This uh these videos have apparently been out for a while. I don't yeah, know yeah. why it is that more people haven't uh like put it out there because it's clear these these women, they wouldn't have come forth unless they wanted their story heard and all that. I'm not sure what the deal is on that. Aiden, who's an agnostic, he watched it, I think, long before I was able to uh, have this uh, displayed to me and shown. But I felt that I would use my platform to try to see if there was any way that they could get heard and their story would be told. I just, I, I was noticing, um, like, I, I follow, as I said in the previous comment, I follow you, I follow DP, and I follow the DP subreddit. And for oh, months, you poor bastard. no one, no one, I just follow them. I don't watch them. Like they're no longer, <laughs> they're not entertaining to me anymore. No, um, fair enough. But um, I, I still keep track because, you know, it was something I was doing in what, 2015. So I, you know, yeah. old habits die hard. No, same here, so, man. So I was following the DP subreddit for a while and I just check in because I have no life. And, and the story, <laughs> this story, pretty much what I believe, you know, brought the downfall of the split up between, deep fat fried and drunken peasants was this, you know, you know, this, what was going on this event, right? Yeah. So what I'm thinking is like all of a sudden some random Reddit user I've never seen on the sub 
Brian brings up this story and then Brett starts posting content and again. I was just wondering if he was related to sub uh, that uh, that Reddit account or not, or if it was. Well, I've been posting content for a very long time, but I actually have linked many of those Reddit pages that's on my website, along with the interviews and the YouTube channel done by this person. I try to document and archive the best I can. There's still tons and tons coming in. One thing I heard from some non-believers out there, I don't know if you knew this, DQWERTY, I think I told Aiden a while back, but back in the day, whenever DP continued to do segments about me, I think it got to the point where Ben wasn't even looking at my videos first. He would (laughs) put them on the screen and do his thing, and I assumed he would probably do that. So what I did was some DP people showed me that he was cheating on a, a woman that I think they claimed he was married to. So I put the images up that Drunken Peasants fans gave me. I put it on my video, and what happened was Ben displayed it on the DP broadcast. This woman seen it. He turned off the podcast like they're two hours in and apparently deleted it. And this caused amazing ages to be pissed because TJ thinks that if oh, yeah. he's there for two was, hours, he's done a job. How do you delete my time? material and content? So I heard that was one of the reasons, but I also have heard that because of this uh, duplicious shit going on with the young girls and all that, this also set people into motion. Brett, what do I you was think, there. Aiden? I was there that night, by the way. So yeah, you, you know what? I'm actually. I've always been wanting to speak to somebody that was actually there that night because I wasn't there because it was on Twitch. And I, uh, A, I wasn't really big into Twitch at that point in my life. I, I'm still not, honestly. I'll maybe check it out once in a blue moon. But yeah, I've heard different, I've heard so many different stories about that night because there's like different, there was never recorded essentially. There's no actual physical record of it there. And if there is, I've it's looked. never been shown. I've set a bounty out for that episode. And I can't find it. I've got every other episode, yeah. but I don't have that episode. So I've had, I've had countless DP fans come on the show and everything and say things to the effect of Brett Keen was the, the hero we didn't ask for, but what we got is some, <laughs> that's some kind of Batman thing. In the end, Brett King got the final draw. I don't know. All I know is I put the shit up there. Yeah. He put it on the broadcast and then freaked out. And then TJ said something to the effect of, you're able to dish all this shit out at people, but someone comes at you all hard and you fucking go quiver up on me like that. Yeah. See, that's like that. You always, you always traditionally on that show, you went after Paul, you went after uh, TJ. Every once in a blue moon, you'd go after Scotty, but you never really did go after Ben. All I remember really I don't went think after I mean ben. Scotty, though, Aiden. I, I called him an echo chamber because he was like the brother that just kind of sat back. He would either agree with everything TJ said or he would say, fuck you, dude. Fuck, fuck, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, he was like the echo chambers. I didn't have no hate towards that guy at all. As far as Ben, I didn't know shit about him. All I knew was he was the guy that they paid to run an OBS program so they could do a live broadcast. I think that was that was by design. Like whenever they tried to joke about like rewatching some old episodes, they weren't allowed to joke about Ben or else he'd get butt hurt. Yeah, he was he was a very sensitive guy. One of the biggest things he was sensitive about, and it's actually brought up in that interview, funnily enough, was uh, yeah, just his appearance because Taylor. Did okay. I ever tell you the story, Aiden, about the uh, the video for the Patreon that they ended up losing, but I caught? Oh, uh, Mind of the Manatee? or uh, which? Well, what happened was they were recording. They were doing the broadcast. We're talking and everything. We're like two hours and a half in. But what ends up happening is, is that uh, apparently their computers froze up or locked up. 
and then they they all had to restart their shit and they come back and tj goes brett i know you like to record everything you're just like that please tell me you got it and i said well i might but i'm gonna need some money (laughs) (laughs) and i I said, you guys are just fucking beating the shit out of me on this thing, and you want me to give you the recording of you beating the shit out of oh, me. I'm going to need some money. And they said, all you right. You ransomed it. You ransomed oh, hell it. Yeah. Hell yeah. If you're going to oh. sit there and burn me alive and shit and roast me at the fucking stick, I'm going to need something. <laughs> How much sir. did you get? Like a thousand dollars for that on top Booyah! of the yeah, he doubled. I heard that from somebody actually from a secondhand source that you doubled your money, but I never actually asked you about that. I've always TJ, been TJ laughed his ass off and stuff. He goes, What are you gonna do with the money? I said, I'm gonna buy my wife a modest dress. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, is that where that meme came from? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's modest dress. My wife don't even wear dresses, but people thought it was funny. Hey, I I didn't have much time. I just, I wanted to clarify. I don't think you made it up, but at the same time. So just last thing, um, if you need another atheist that doesn't come on, I'll I'll come on and talk. Because I I know the history with the whole show and and I guess what they presented, but following in the background, Brett. Well, TQ, I was mostly meaning to make sure these young ladies' stories were getting out. I'm not sure if yeah. there's going to be a whole lot of talk about DP in the future, although I get a lot of DP folks who come in. They're like, bro, what happened with this? How did the whole mac and cheese situation come to be and all that? <laughs> well, People it's because you're way, more, you're way more accessible. You're the others. Not only are you the other side of the situation, no pun intended, um, you're, you're the other side of this entire affair that's happened there, but you're also somebody that's way more approachable. You're somebody that can actually uh, go to and uh, get some information from, because I can't, I can't just sit on a show with Ben and discuss what happened with him. I can't fucking call up TJ or Paul or any of them and ask what happened. I can't get their in-person perspectives, but I can at least get yours. So it's a really uh, invaluable thing in my personal opinion to get at least one side of the story from the horse's mouth. So yeah. And uh, and as I said earlier and stuff like that, any of this stuff that's flying around, whether it's about Smokey Saint or Cindy a Lincoln situation, or uh, with Ben, <laughs> one of these people are more than welcome to come in here and tell their side and their perspective, because I'm not trying to shut anybody out. The link is in the public. And uh, Cordy, you're more than welcome to come to the show anytime you like, whether it's about the DP crap or you just want to talk about your views or your day or all that. I leave it open for everyone. Right on, man. Hey, um, I kind of can remember the the Joseph Martelli situation, right? To where, oh, God. Uh, no, no, hear me out. Hear me out. The reason I'm mentioning it is Brett said pretty much, hey, if you got a problem with Joseph, why don't you call the cops? Do you know anything related to, you know, with the Ben um, accusations that has anyone gone to the police about it or if there's a reason why they haven't? I don't know, but I remember them making a big-ass deal about that. And remember, I've told Aiden a hundred times, unless I'm mentioned in something, uh, usually DP fans are really kind to me by giving me a timestamp so I don't have to sit through three hours of pure hell and misery and torment. But with Joseph Martelli, he was a guy just like you and Aiden who just showed up. He shows up in my rooms talking to me. I didn't know shit about him. He said, oh, these guys are being mean to me. Yeah. 
And I'm like, well, during the fucking <laughs> out there, fella. Next thing I know, they're telling this, they're making videos claiming that I like sent him after. I don't know the fucking guy. That's like telling, uh, saying that I sent Aiden to, you know, uh, yeah. take over St. Louis or some shit. Yeah. Like, wow. These guys are in some serious fucking drugs. Am I right? The only yeah. reason I mentioned it was because you gave the advice. Well, if something illegal happened or is about to happen, call the cops if you're concerned. If, you know, this yeah. event happened with Scott's wife why haven't they addressed it with the police or not? And mm -hmm. that's the, the, the tentative connection I was making. I wasn't trying well, to make a jab oh, about yeah, Joseph yeah, Martel. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm not 150% sure about this, but from what I gathered from those comments, because Brett touched upon it earlier, I did, I uh, I was in the comments section of that video a while back, almost a year ago at this point. And one of the things that was mentioned was, is I'm pretty sure that Ben and either Taylor or Scotty, or maybe both of them actually, are currently involved in some manner of uh, legal action right now. So I think there was actually some kind of legal action taken between both of those parties. I don't know any of the details. I'm sure it's not public disclosure right now because I'm pretty sure it's an ongoing case. So I think that it should eventually become public knowledge when the case is done. It may not. I'm not entirely sure of the nature of that case, but that's what I've heard anyways out in the zeitgeist. You know, take that with the fucking grain of Paul, but... Now, so, what do you mean, and there's so many different topics, are you saying that, uh, is Taylor, uh, is she going to take this to court? Is she going to do something? I believe it's already, I believe that there's a current... That's what I was hearing in the comments. Is that oh, I, I hope to God that's the case. I hope that she's she's standing up for herself. I heard her in the interview. She said that she didn't believe anybody would care or listen or anything like this. And I'm like, why isn't Scotty? Scotty's got the money. He's got this resources to be able to get her a good lawyer yeah. and just destroy this shit. Do mm -hmm. it. I think he is. I really hope that he is as well, honestly, because, yeah, if he really did, in fact, and I... I honestly can't 100% definitively say whether or not it's the case until that person's had their day in court and the evidence has been heard. But from what it seems, it really does seem like it was the case, just from a pure like inference standpoint. I hope you're right, Aiden. I hope you're right. Yeah. The longer you wait, the the worse the evidence gets, and the harder. No, it it's true. Well, it's such a difficult case to prove in the first place because, yeah, you're right. It relies so heavily on evidence that very rapidly deteriorates. It's not something like murder where it can be found out years after the fact. No, this is something that you've got to take into. You got to immediately do something about it, and. Mm -hmm. That's not victim blaming by any means because she does a very good job explaining why she didn't necessarily right away go and do this because A, she was in the environment with all of these different people where she needed to make an appearance, where she felt like she needed to be there and be one of the people that was involved. But also at the same time, the fact that it really does seem like Ben was intimidating her in a very big way was not necessarily like directly menacing her, but basically indirectly implying like, look, I could make you or I could unmake you basically as far as like any kind of popularity, any That's kind of success. That's what so. I got from hearing both interviews with both girls, the second victim and all that. She felt the same way. She even said something to the effect of that she's staying in Detroit. She, um, uh, claim that because she's black because of this because of that that no one will take her seriously or care about her her ordeal but i i can promise you i bet ten dollars 
that if people start getting the story out and they start saying what they're saying, I guarantee there's going to be more that'll end up coming out as well. They're yeah. probably feeling just as intimidated. One thing I've seen a pattern with both these young ladies is they got really low self-esteem, and that's sad. That It's sad because they're beautiful people. They're just trying to stand up for what they're doing, and I feel like it's terrible what happened. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, I think one of the first inklings that I got, honestly, Brett, that you weren't the way necessarily that they were portraying you at all is the fact that one of the biggest sticking points that they had with um, that they had with you, like one of the patterns, quote unquote, about you was, is that you would be buddy, buddy with somebody and then you would ditch them and then you'd have a big falling out with them. And I mean, it's been on and on, but I've been talking with you for years and you never made no videos saying Aiden's a piece of garbage. I fucking hate Aiden. You know, like, I don't think that that's really true to you at all. As long as someone is reasonable. Well, let, let me give you an example of something here. Like, Smoky Saint, I don't know if you realize this. When before I found out what he was about, I was hanging out in his room, I was chilling, and then I heard him tell people that they should kill themselves. Things like this told this woman that she should just kill herself and that he prays for her death and pain and suffering. When you when you hang out with people and they're saying shit like that. Yeah, I got it recorded, by the way, if you want to check my site. I got the whole video up. And then on top of it, you find that. out. Yeah, no kidding. It's on brettkeen.us. If I play it on this, where you got his voice saying that, I could be flagged for it. So I got to be careful. It's a bit too hot for YouTube. You you have to understand, Aid, when you're in social media as much as I am and being on these things, you're going to end up finding out that people are a little bit different behind stage of the show. Mm -hmm. And you're going to, there will be times I've had it with, I've had issues with G man off and on. I love him, but we have issues. We do. We do. Sometimes he gets excited and he starts yelling at people. What are you going to do all the way down the line? No, for sure. I guess I guess that kind of comes with passion because I can say if G-Man is one word, if I could describe him in one word, it is passionate. That guy's got a lot of fire. He's got a lot of energy. And I feel like that's why sometimes he's uh, burnt out the way that he is occasionally. It's just because, you know, it's like the old saying, go as a candle that burns twice as bright is only going to burn for half as long if he's going to put all of his energy into arguing with people. And I, I like him in the sense that he he isn't belligerent in his passion, but you can feel it in his in, in his words. It's palpable. It's always been something that I've really admired about him is that he's really got a way of letting you know that he really cares about things. So if there's any particular aspect of G-Man that I can really say that I admire about him, it would definitely be that first and foremost. He's definitely got a fire in him that has not gone away over the years. And, yeah, he's extremely passionate. And it's it's admirable. It's admirable to really not not only really care about something, but be able to articulate that in a way that can uh, that can really reach people. And I think that that's undeniably one of the biggest reasons why when he first made that appearance in that religion debate you guys had way back in 2014, I think that's one of the big reasons why he got as popular as he did was because people looked at this guy and they were like, holy shit, this is somebody that can really make them, they can really put themselves out there. They can really be an effective voice in the community. Even if some people were just there to goof on him, it was almost like a loving kind of goof. It was almost like, ah, you lovable little scamp. I'm going to ruffle your hair, you know, (laughs) like... I'll give you an example of a, another person's stuff that I've had ins and outs with, and this person doesn't mind. We've talked about this and joked about it. But my buddy, uh, John, he had an issue where 
I'd be doing a show and he'd come in not even knowing who the atheists or religious people were in the room. And he would just, as soon as I put him on mic, he'd say, who's a piece of garbage you talking to, Brett? I'm like, dude, you can't do that. I mean, could you imagine Aiden, somebody comes in, just says, points at you and says, who's this piece of trash? And then I got to go through the whole bullshit of, oh, John's just an asshole. That's the way he acts kind of thing. I, I kept on telling him, don't do that. And then finally we had to take a time out from each other for a little bit. I didn't want him talking to atheists like that. Yeah, I got my disagreements and I want to argue with folks and debate. Yeah. But I ain't looking to call somebody a piece of trash unless they actually are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. I got to admit, there was one very small rough patch I had with you, Brett, back in the day. You were doing one of your rooms back in the day, and you posed the question of, uh, do you have any transitional fossils or uh, any fossils of a of a human-rat hybrid, I think was the question. Something along oh, those Oh, yeah, lines. something that looks a lot like Mickey Mouse. I'm a yeah. collector myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you asked me if I had any images of it, and I said the word no, but I wasn't done yet. I was about to say but I can explain to you why that isn't the case because there's transitional fossils that can be demonstrated to be there, but you kicked me right after I said no. And I'll admit, I wasn't very happy about that. Oh, I apologize. apologize. Uh, Sometimes right. when we get a lot of folks in the room at the same time, there's a lot of stress and aggravation and all that. No, I was uh, probably in full on retard mode back then. Oh, you, <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't, I don't hold it against you. It's why it's only been brought up now after so much time talking with you. It's no big deal. I just find it a bit funny in hindsight, honestly. It's all good. Uh, oh, absolutely. See, you're awfully quiet over there. You didn't get raptured up on us, did you? <laughs> she's, yeah, she's floating away I'm up camera. in the clouds looking down. He's like, sorry, Brett Keen. Looks like you weren't good enough. See you later. <laughs> I know I'm staying down here. If I start seeing people flying up, I know, oh, fuck, it was too late. God damn it. I didn't get on soon enough. No, the Bible says all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So even if revelation starts happening, people can still accept him. And you're, I don't want to take that risk. It's like the old saying, like, you know what? Yeah, technically you can accept Christ from your heart on your deathbed. But who knows? You might get hit by a bus. You might fall out of a building. You never know what's going to happen. So it's well, probably yeah, best to I wasn't recommending that you wait. I was I know, just saying, I know. don't I know. not call. There was one no, time I'm, when I was in a, a huge thunderstorm and it woke me up. There was this huge crash of thunder. And I thought for sure the Lord was coming back. And I woke up and I sat up in bed and I said, Lord! Because <laughs> I was remembering that verse. He who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I was like, please don't leave without me. <laughs> yeah, that's always been uh, that's always been one of the parts of the bible where i wasn't because i always get a different answer from christians no matter which one i talk about some of them say that you got to do that before judgment happens some of them say that you got to do that before a certain point in your life some of them say that you can do it at any point in your life and that's honestly the thing is, is i think it's it's an easy thing to do, but it's so counterproductive to just lump all of one group. And it's what you were touching upon earlier, Cindy. 
it's really counterproductive to lump any group together, any one group of people, because you miss out on so much nuance and understanding. And it's so easy to aggravate people when you say things like that, because it almost seems like uh, you don't fully understand all the nuances of what they're talking about and you don't want to understand. So it's not anything that anybody in the room right now. And you're not even trying. Yeah. And you're not showing respect or love or... Yeah, what's that, Brett? Jesus is love. Yeah. (laughs) Aiden, I was wanting to ask you, have you had a chance to see the new uh, uh, FBI recordings that come out of Jim Jones? No. No, I haven't. You know who Jim Jones is, right? Oh, absolutely. Jonestown, the, the cult that he ran, absolutely. I, let, me, I'm not... let me show you something real quick and see what your opinion is on this. This may shock you. Here we go. I got plenty more, but I didn't want to hold the conversation up for the. It's like a ten-minute video that actually no, goes behind the podium, saying it, everything else. That's really actually quite interesting because, obviously, it wasn't the truth. But the way that he always portrayed it, and the, the recording that always stuck with me was his. Um, he's in church with a number of people. He's preaching at the pulpit, and he just he takes this Bible and he says, "You want a God." He throws it across the room and he says, I'll be your God. And Yuck. Me, I know, I know. And it's to me, that would almost imply, and I guess if that recording is true, he contradicts that, at least internally. But to me, an atheist is somebody that believes that there is no God. But it really at least seemed in the way that Jim Jones acted that he genuinely thought that he was a, a divine creature or had something special about him he had this like messiah syndrome about him and there's been such a huge preponderance of people like that to the point where i honestly fear that if in fact jesus is a real entity and obviously he's going to make some way to uh distinguish himself but it's not going to necessarily be apparent to everybody because of how many people have come throughout history and claimed to be that new messiah that new i think some non-believers would uh appreciate what jim jones was saying during the podium thing i just didn't want you guys to sit through a big old long video if you guys want you can watch the full deal on my youtube channel but uh he refers to god as a uh a cosmic wizard uh, old man in the sky, a sky daddy. Uh, he says all kinds of really mean things and all this. And he said, I'm all about love. And this God is evil. Look what he's done to mankind and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, he was uh, straight on. He he talked about God like he was nothing more than a character in the Lord of the Rings novel. Yeah. So he, he was definitely lacking a belief for sure. He, he was lacking Aiden, a belief. Aiden, did you know that the Bible... What? Sorry, I guess the, Aiden, the did you, did you, Sorry, go ahead. Aiden, did you know that the Bible predicts that there will be many false Christs? 
That many I did. Will, Jesus said, many will come in my name. Yeah. No, I, I am aware of that passage. Um, it's, is that, is that Matthew? I actually would have to Google it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's Matthew, but I'm not entirely sure. I, yeah, I can't claim that I know that for sure, but I do know that passage and I do know that, yeah, he, he definitely was capable of predicting that because I think he absolutely knew whether he was divine or not, because I'm not sure I need to be honest with you when I say that, whether he was divine or not, he knew that he was going to be an influential enough pe figure that people would imitate him, that people would follow after him and try to claim to be the next resurrection of him, the same way that there have been people that have claimed that they're uh, a revived version of the Buddha, or that there have been a revived version of Muhammad, or they're a revived version of any manner of extremely important religious figure for a large cultural group. I want to see somebody these days try to claim that they're from like Zoroastrianism or some fucking obscure religion. I think that would, that would have a little bit more validity in my mind in the sense that okay at least you're not just going after numbers well i got know? i got somebody famous for you shockingly enough that actually uh held to the zoroastrian belief you'll know who i'm talking about right away if i tell you you ready yeah fred mercury do you know who that guy is oh yeah oh absolutely lead vocalist to queen yeah he believed in zoroastrianism yeah he believed that there was some form of deity that could piss fire and everything it was Fuck. rough yeah, man. I I guess he didn't get put in a tower of silence at the end of his life. Sucks for him. He didn't get eaten by a crow. That's what they fucking want. I think it's ravens, actually, not crows. But yeah, it's such a weird aspect of the Zoroastrian religion. They have these things called the towers of silence, and they're basically these giant open-ended towers where they put their dead, and they they encourage it. It's a part of their life cycle, I believe, or uh, their ascension to the afterlife. I'm not too too familiar with zoroastrianism but yeah they don't want to be buried they don't want to be cremated they want to be eaten by birds because apparently that's the natural order of things in their faith speaking of birds and all that did you ever hear uh you know the guy that i have come into my shows sometimes von helton have you ever uh, heard his his uh, concept of the afterlife he's saying brett my afterlife is beautiful the pagan afterlife is great and i'm like well describe it to me let's hear what's so great about it he goes yeah. well you become a <clears throat> you become a heroic statue and birds will hang out with you and all this in this big coliseum of beauty and i'm like let me get this straight i get turned into a statue for all eternity and <laughs> pigeons shit on me and i'm so <laughs> like that. i'm sorry it just won't work von helton is such a he's a very interesting guy in the sense that he's fun to have a casual conversation with. Like he's a fairly down to earth guy. If you're just talking about regular stuff, but Oh my God, if he starts going on about some of the things he believes, I want to fucking bash my head against a goddamn wall. It's so, <laughs> it's so out there and he's so unwilling to even compromise on any of it to the point where you're trying to have a reasonable and i i don't hate the guy or anything let me say that right off the bat but you try to have a conversation with the guy and he's so unwilling to budge on anything it is so frustrating you know like i could talk with you guys and there's been times in our conversations where you guys have yielded things that i've brought up or you guys have gone okay yeah maybe you've got a decent point there he's he, i've never heard that from him i've never heard well, that. Sounds like a narcissist. About it. 
another thing that is totally unforgivable, totally irredeemable, is he teases me. He eats cupcakes and Twinkies right in front of me on camera. Like, dude, you can't be eating that stuff right in front of me and not even offer to share. That's cold, man. That is cold. Come on, Vaughn. You can do oh, better than it. that. I know you're watching this, Vaughn. You can do better than that, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like Cindy coming in here with this beautiful feast and Thanksgiving turkey, and we're sitting here going, oh, man. I got to admit, there was that one time I had chocolate. I'm sorry. I did the same thing. I was eating chocolate on the stream. I'm a bad person. What can I say? That's that is rough. a bad person. <laughs> and Brett with his vanilla latte or whatever it is, he always goes. Uh, do, you have a, do you have a French vanilla situation there, Brett? Yeah, one of the things, Cindy, the reason why I came up with this concept, I'm more of a hazelnut type of guy or normal creamer for my coffee, but yeah. it's a nice way of saying I got to go use the restroom. You know, you don't want to be on somebody's <laughs> podcast and they're like, wait a minute, we offered, invited you up here. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm an old guy and I got to, you know, do my thing every once in a while. What's that thing exactly? I was going to go dance on the roof of my house. Seriously? No gotta go use the restroom can i do that can i have your permission sir to go get <laughs> teacher first vanilla situation <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it's good because like honestly the way that they portrayed it with you was that you were all like sensitive about that kind of thing like bringing up any of those references but I've been able to jab you every now and then just playfully about it. And you've never reacted poorly to it because you understand that it's just a lighthearted joke that as long as, you know, people aren't insulting the shit out of you or anything like that, that they, they mean well, you know, they're just trying to banter. Well, at first I didn't know what the hell they were even talking about whenever they were coming in doing that stuff on my show. I guess <laughs> somebody would say, so watch the situation, Brett. And I go, oh, you want to know the situation? <laughs> I, I didn't know what the fuck they were doing, and they kept repeating shit like that. And I was like, oh, I get it, I get it. I ended up seeing the <laughs> broadcast. I don't know if you realize that whenever I was first starting out on YouTube, um, and I still do this the same way where I don't do any scripts. I rarely yeah. take notes. I just hit record. And sometimes when you're just trying to make your fucking point, you just go, oh, da, 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 situation, scenario, whatever. Get the Everybody has their crutch words. Everybody has their words that they use when they can't quite think of something off the top of their heads to fill the space with. So I don't know why all of a sudden those words were were so important for you. Well, a lot of it isn't. Uh, I, I noticed that they come up with a name for it now, Keenisms or something like that. Oh, if yeah. If they came to Missouri, they would hear this all the fucking time. If they were to just drive down uh, the road and shit in my neighborhood, they'd hear people be like, y'all too? We're going to go out there and take care of that grass situation with our lawnmower. <laughs> get that shit taken care of right away. Got a bunch of damn bugs. They need to get some fucking spray out of here. I mean, that's the way they talk. Yeah. Yeah. You used to have a St. Louis accent, but when you live out in the country for a little bit, you're like, want to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. In the city, they say on. But in the country, they're like, oh, damn it. She's on the damn, you know, prowl. <laughs> yeah. So there she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I, we have uh, used some of the silly stuff on each other just for fun and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. She'll say, Brett. I said, don't. <laughs> 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 that cracks us up. 
Oh, it's, it's good because like if if you can't laugh at yourself, then how can you really laugh at anybody? Honestly, in my opinion, you gotta have some levity, right? You gotta have some ability to to make fun of yourself on one level or another. I mean, for for fuck's sakes, I'm you know I'm blind in my left eye. I have been ever since birth, and people have always used that as a thing to make fun of me to try and uh, to try and use to to get under my skin but after you hear enough people insult you a certain way you just go yep totally oh i'm the cyclops here i go you've had people insult you about your eye oh yeah wow that's fucking ignorant dude there's a lot of things that i can say fine to joke about make fun of the way i talk or whatever but i don't understand the humor making fun of somebody for something like that yeah i've I've never quite understood it either Oh, absolutely. People try to find whatever it is that you uh, that you really care about and they try to get under your skin with it because it tries it, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier in the sense that it gives them a sense of power. It gives them a sense of control over that person if they can manipulate their emotions the way that they want them to. And honestly, as um, as logical as this may sound, and I'm not trying to take away from the evil of what they're doing, but it's 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 almost more convenient for some people if they don't have people skills to to anger somebody to sadden somebody to make their day worse than it is to to make them happy and to uplift them there's both that and then there's the fact that there's not really much manipulation in making somebody happy there's not really much controlling in that aspect it's just something that you want to do to just brighten their day or to make their day better there's way more control somebody can derive from making somebody feel bad so i um you can elicit a response from somebody from being kind or compassionate and loving say hey aiden hey cindy you're beautiful wonderful people you're special god specifically made you so you could be in this time to make me smile look at that (laughs) the stimuli there it is it's beautiful am i right cindy yes sir no, absolutely. I'm just kind but of tripping on what Aiden was saying because I've heard a lot about that. And in fact, if you didn't see the movie that McKinnon put out yesterday, The Weakness of Kent Hoven, I had to narrate in there um, a definition for narcissism. And mm-hmm. it talks about their need for control. And it's not something I can relate to. So I'm. Aiden is kind of helping me understand. Um, yeah, it's like I, the I need say to it, dominate. It's a yeah. They, they, mm-hmm. I say it because I've had a lot of experience with narcissists. There's definitely a fair few of them in my family. Don't get me wrong. I love my family and I'm not exactly just going to sit here and insult them or anything like that, but I'd be lying if I told you there weren't some, pretty narcissistic people in my family so when you grow up with those people when you experience their behaviors it's difficult not to slowly if you have empathy within you if you really want to understand people it's not necessarily trying to mimic them or anything like that but understand why they're doing this understand what motivation that they have for things like this because in my personal opinion with humans especially there's nothing that somebody does that does not have some kind of motive to it. I've never seen anything demonstrated to me, no matter what somebody does. There's always, whether it's something that they know why they're doing it, or it's a subconscious thing, there's always a reason for everything. 
There's always a logic of some kind for it could be the most ignorant, the most far flung kind of logic possible that wouldn't make any sense to you or me or Joe Blow on the street. But for that person, it's the reality of the situation. There was that one guy that was on the show uh, the last time I was trying to join, but uh, I had work and then my fiance wanted to spend time with me after. So I couldn't go on that one show you had last time. But there was that guy that was talking about something along the lines of like in 2003, there was some like some battle between Christ and Satan. You know, that makes no sense for us. And I'm not saying he's necessarily a narcissist. It's just an example of that makes complete sense to him. That is a part of his mythology that he's built up within himself, that narrative that everybody has to go through their lives with because everybody has to have some kind of narrative i'm i'm sorry but nobody's able to understand a hundred percent of everything there's gaps that need to be filled in there's parts of your life that need explaining within yourself uh, i think it's really a question of how much of that somebody has because some people they try to have as little of those gaps as possible as little inference into things as possible and as much understanding but then there's people like that guy that not necessarily in an insulting way, but they feel more comfortable living within that narrative of the, their own creation. They feel more comfortable thinking with all of their heart that this is the case because for whatever reason that you and I could never understand, that's just what they derive comfort from. Or control. Or control. I think that goes more back into the the realm of narcissism that we were discussing earlier because yeah there's definitely i think that even though even though they're not always related to each other i think they're very comorbid with each other because i think if you build narratives around yourself especially if you build narratives around others it's extremely tempting to try and control them to conform to that narrative because it's one thing to think that something is the case but to try and make that the reality is something that they derive a lot of pleasure from, it seems. Well, and even full on knowing it's not reality, still trying to make other people uh, conform to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the human mind is such an incredibly complicated thing. You know, it's there's so many different avenues and aspects of it, even with all of our advancements that we've had over the last couple of centuries of scientific development. It's something that we're really only now beginning to scratch the surface of understanding and really actually getting to the bottom of. But I think to one extent or another, these things that we uh, we have, these diseases, these, uh, these ailments, and a really good example of that is something like... Um, as autism it's not a disease i'm not going to say autism is a disease but it's definitely an ailment of uh, of the genes an ailment of the mind in that they can't quite think the same way that we can and a lot of people think that at least especially nowadays a lot of people think that autism is a newer thing that it's only come about in the, over the last like 20 or 30 years thanks to things like television thanks to things like social media I, I don't necessarily think that they're completely unrelated. I think there's definitely a chance that there could be a higher preponderance of those things because of that. But there's always been people that have had those conditions. There's always been people that have had these disabilities, these ailments, but there's different ways of interpreting them. And a good example of that is actually going back to a topic we were discussing earlier, which was Eastern Orthodoxy. In the Eastern Orthodox way of thinking, these people that were crazy 
you know, like Rasputin, he's a great example of it. These people that are viewed as insane, they actually viewed them as more lucid than us. They viewed them as closer to God and closer to, uh, to, to, a, a, to a heavenly experience than we are because they're more detached from, from the earthly affairs of reality because they care more about those abstract things that we can't necessarily understand. So my point essentially is, is that there's always been these different outlooks that we've had of these ailments and these conditions that people suffer. And it's really dependent on a, how much knowledge you have about it and b what context your society is going into as far as their view on that thing. And luckily for Western society, it seems we're really starting to come around to the point where uh, when it comes to these conditions that people are born with, you, you can't judge them for something that they can't control really. I'll stop rambling now. I went on a really long ramble there. I don't mean to put you guys to sleep. Well, I got a question for you both. You guys like coffee or tea? I love tea. I'm a huge tea guy. Well, this might help you out. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. I didn't know you had the mug. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Also, right. I just recently did this thing. Oh, you got a t-shirt, eh? Yeah. Nice. People like my one called uh, Brett Keen Legend. They like that. The other. Oh one. yeah. I don't. Can you explain that to me? What's what? that? E.T. Oh, the the alien thing. What are you talking about? In the background. I saw it on shirt, your. One. I saw it on your website, and I didn't understand it. Okay. I'll put this forth for you guys. Uh, Cindy have, or Aiden, have you guys ever heard of something called a humanzy before? No, I can't no. say that I have. All right, so you guys are going to probably really find this exciting. Uh, Stalin and Adolf Hitler, the Nazis and the Stalinists, they believed that they could actually um, uh, breed humans with uh, apes, monkeys, oh, and all this. Is this a human-chimp like hybrid? <laughs> Well, they tried. To I use heard the that they actually tried. Yeah, there are some people out there that believe that they succeeded, and also from it, a lot of things like gene splicing came into existence. Well, my book is obviously a made-up story, but the idea is that the Nazis did succeed at doing this, but because they were halted in the war, these creatures were set loose on the world, and. Uh, <laughs> eh, I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but it is pretty neat because a lot of them have very, um, a lot of animal abilities and things that just make them unbelievably badass uh, to <laughs> deal with. So yeah, neat. it's sold in paperback and ebook. Neat. That's awesome. No, I, uh, if, if people are trying to claim that you can read a human and a chimp and, you know, it's... It just doesn't make any sense to me because that goes against the entire idea of speciation, right? If you have a species and a different species, like for example, a human and a chimp, that means that their genes have diverged so much to the point where they can't produce any kind of offspring. So it's just classic Nazi pseudoscience bullshit. The same way that they thought that they could find the city of Atlantis or something like that. You know, they were they had some far out fucking beliefs. <laughs> Beyond just the whole well, now, uh, wait a minute. obvious one. If evolution were true, then the species would be fluid. 
Well, they believe that one of the things that is argued that if a species has sex with another species, uh, it, the reproduction isn't going to be compatible. And even if it does produce something, you'll end up with, um, I think, a ligra where it can't produce, but it'll have yeah, no, a like sterile being. And color. Yeah. But the humanity thing, you both, it's disgusting. Apparently, when the scientists were first starting this out, they clearly were idiots. They didn't originally start out where they were doing insertions or syringes. They literally put women in rooms with these wild-ass animals and tried to get them to do things in that uh, way. A lot of people got hurt, and scientists who said, we're, we don't think this is compatible, they were shot right on the spot. That's one of the reasons why whenever I hear some non-believers say that atheists treat science with so much honor and respect, yeah, until you can't do what they want you to do. Then you ah, that's, <laughs> come on you like now, that? Brett. You like that? Come right? on now, Brett. Now, you wait a minute. That you guys are missing. You guys are missing my point. If evolution were true, then we were, and we were always evolving into new species, then that would make sense. We don't necessarily always evolve. Evolution isn't necessarily a constant process because there are certain species that seem to not only converge, something known as convergent evolution. Trees are a great example of this because most trees that we think of being very similar to one another are actually evolved from very different things that eventually converged into a very similar design because the environments that they were, that they were growing in and the environments that they adapted to over time were so similar to one another that they can produce convergent evolution. So there is definitely periods where an environment is so common for such a long period of time that there isn't any real pressures uh, to allow different mutations to propagate in the same way that they would in a more uh, constantly changing environment. And a good example of this is the fact that in places like the Amazon or the Congo rainforests, these very few places that have still survived over millions and millions of years, compared to other periods like in the Carboniferous period where there was a lot more rainforests on the planet, there are still a lot of species that inhabit those forests. The biodiversity is so high in those regions compared to others because it has been such a consistent environment for so long that these species really haven't needed to have adapted or changed nearly as much as others. So I don't necessarily agree with this idea that evolution is always a constantly moving process. It really depends on what environment you're in and it depends on how quickly that environment is evolving or changing in and of itself. And I know you don't necessarily agree with old earth. I know that you're a young earth creationist, but there are definitely evidences that we can see in in dating of different things. Yes, carbon dating is one of the methods of dating, but it is not the only method that we have for dating. Uh, there are biometric dating that we have that's actually become a lot more advanced than things like carbon dating. It's actually began to be a bit of an outmoded way of dating things. Uh, ice layers within places like Antarctica are another great example. We can prove that these layers accumulate over time by things like if we take a, a layer out of the Antarctic that we predict was before the industrial revolution, then lo and behold, we have a layer that isn't filled with lead and coal dust and all of these different human contaminants that is in fact in these later layers. So you can definitely see that there is a pattern in these things that you can go far enough back 
and you can look at these conditions on the planet more or less in certain areas. It's why I've uh, have either one of you have either one of you ever heard of the Bronze Age collapse? Well, I was I was going to say to Cindy before we go into a different topic because we're going deep into something else. Just before we do that, on back on the humanity issue, Cindy, uh, Cindy Lincoln, your logic about that why wouldn't there be some kind of compatibility if that's the case that's what they believed back then that's the reason why they even attempted to do the experiments in the first place that was their I logic so. that was so. their logic exactly what you're talking about however uh, as mr aiden has pointed out and also what they have discovered later is that uh, their claim is that something has evolved to the point where its reproduction system is so different or unique compared to the original or uh, common ancestor that it's not able to produce anymore. It's too complex at that point. Yeah, so I made familiar. sure, because it's a but, fictional story I wrote, yeah. I made sure to uh, put this kind of Marvel concept to it where they manipulated the genetics to work, uh, yeah. uh, create the, the thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can I share well, something else? Sure, go ahead. About the ice cores? Yeah, go ahead. Um, where do you live? I live in Canada. So you have snow? Yes. And good health care, damn it. I ain't got how much. <laughs> how much snow do you get in a winter? Uh, where I live in Canada, you know what? Here, I, I don't know the specific number, but I'll look it up real quick. I'll just take me a second. Don't put anything on the screen because these bastards. It's on my phone. It. It's on my phone. Don't you worry. I know. I know. All right. Yeah, I'm not trying right to dox you. No, I, I, you I whatever. I don't care. Yeah, I always get nervous when people do this, and they're like, "So, Brett, where do you live?" No. Okay, I can use an example of where I used to live because it was go. very it. close to Canada. I used to live oh. in uh, Minnesota. Okay, and we, we would get snowstorms where you'd get a five foot dump sometimes. You ever get mm. those? Oh, I've definitely gotten those before. Okay, so how many storms do you think are in a winter? Oh, a large amount, a huge variety of storms. So if you get a five foot dump a couple of times a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's 15 feet if you get three yeah. of them in a year. Mm -hmm. And yet, if you look at those ice layers, they're telling you that like a millimeter is a winter. Well, the reason they're why that is. That the very small amounts are mm -hmm. represent a season. Yes, and that is due to something known as glaciation. And that's something that we can observe in even modern day glaciers that we can see either form or fall apart. And a really good example of that actually is the uh, glacier that we have uh, in Banff, actually, that is still currently feeding into a, a major lake here. And it's the fact that most of the time in the environments that you're talking about right now, it's not cold enough that snow will remain all winter long or all year round, rather. You know, there's going to be periods in the year where it gets warm enough that all of that snow gets melted away. But there are certain points in Earth's history and certain points on Earth right now 
where there is no point in time, where snow is not falling, where snow is not accumulating. And because snow is a very dense thing, because when it's constantly exposed to cold temperatures, it turns into ice, it becomes a very heavy thing. It becomes a very dense thing that is very, very, very heavy in large quantities. I'm sure you've seen really giant icicles. If somebody snaps a giant icicle off of somebody's roof, it's going to take a fucking air conditioner off the side of a building because it's a huge, dense object. So if you have this ice and it's building up and it's building up over this huge amount of time, it's going to compress to the point where there's a very small amount of it that still does represent a longer period of time in the same way that if you go to the Grand Canyon or anywhere else on the planet where you see all of these different geological layers built up, they used to be much larger. They used to be a much wider slice of the picture because they used to be the terrain that made up that area. There's going to be a lot more variation in it at that point in time when it's first made. So if you can see that... Well, in something... and that means the ones closer to the surface should still be representing a lot less time because they haven't been compacted. Mm. And you're assuming that like, you know, five yeah. feet can be compacted down into a millimeter. Well, Over a very long period of time, yes. Well, We're talking hundreds of thousands of years. That, that's assuming that the whole Antarctica is like a similar age then and similarly compacted. But Not have you heard of the Lost Squadron? Mm -hmm. The Lost I've, Squadron? I've a little bit of it. Uh, you, you probably have to refresh me on some of the details of it, though. Well, um, in one of the world wars, some the airplanes year. went down. And so they know the year they went down, 1948. And then um, I think in the 80s or something, one of the pilots wanted to go and get his plane back. And so they knew exactly it was 48 years between the time it went down and the time they recovered it. Yes. And the amount of ice was not what you're being told. Well, yeah. So they know um, in 48 years, it was like 200 feet or something. Yeah. Because Complete. like I was talking about earlier, that's it's not something that instantaneously happens. And that's what I'm trying to stress to you right now is the fact that, yeah, in 48 years' time, it's not going to compress all that much. It's not going to change all that much because in the grand scale of things, 48 years is a long time for you and me because we're very temporal beings. We really don't exist on the grand scale of the Earth for all that long. But if you extrapolate enough time, if you give it enough time to actually really set in and accumulate in the same way that those rock layers do that I was talking to you earlier, then you're going to see changes that are absolutely impossible to see in a human lifetime. You're going to see changes that we can prove happened because of the way that it's deposited. We can prove in the way that I was talking about earlier. We can measure it so precisely 
that we can see the difference in, in ice before things like industrialization happened. I mean, hell, we can see ice layers in places like Greenland of the Roman era because of the amount of pollution that they created from all of their factories, not industrial factories with like steam engines, but like these huge manufacturing warehouses with thousands of people working in them and all of these forges pumping out the smoke all of the time. We can see the layer where things like that happened and we can predict in other parts of the world based on that where when this happened based on those layers because even though it's not universally consistent it doesn't necessarily pack the same way everywhere because there's variations in temperature across the planet if you have an area in antarctica that has around the same temperature as greenland and has had that temperature stay the same for a decent amount of time you're going to see a relatively similar picture it's really more down to the environment. It's down to a long enough period of time. And I think that's one of the biggest things that creationists get held up on in a big way is the fact that a lot of what we're talking about is something that we can't necessarily observe in a human lifetime because we are such a short-lived animal in comparison to the totality of our Earth's history. It's something that you would well, only be able to observe if you had 100,000 years to live. If they're going to do an ice core, doesn't the core include the top and go down like 100 feet or something? Um, usually, when it comes to scientific deposits uh, relating to ice cores, they will drill a certain layer down before they actually get the boring machine into there because it's uh, only made for a certain kind of ice. There's different layers of it. Like you said, there's freshly deposited material that uh, I think it's typically up to about 80 years or so before it really actually begins compressing, really actually begins to like start, just really get packed down. And I mean, even in the short term, you can see this in a microcosm. That's why things like ice happen in the first place. It's because water is a material. It's actually unique in the universe in the sense that it's the only, it's the only liquid that is more dense than its solid form and that extremely unique but do you property see how they would have to completely grade the core depending on how yeah. thick it was but then and why do like we like assuming that the whole thing is millions of years old well but if there's millions of years between then and now that means each layer is going to be a different age Yes, Which it is a different, a different age. A different amount of compaction. You can't just say uh, a millimeter is a year. because I don't think that they... Sorry, sorry. I'm not trying to interrupt you. Like I said, there's a bit of a delay. I think you're finished, but you're not. I'm sorry. Yeah. It just seems Guys, highly imprecise. Wednesday? You guys coming in on Wednesday? I'm sorry, I can't. I've uh, unless you unless you keep going uh, up to eleven o'clock your time. It's like what I've been telling you a couple of times here. I've been working forty hour weeks here, so I'll start at uh, three o'clock your time and end at eleven o'clock your time. So I, just, I can see what I can do, but uh, if not, I'll at least show up in the chat, and ask a couple of questions or something like that. I might uh, might next week, depending on what people say. I think I'll put a video out or something and ask people what would be a good time for everybody. Because I know there's a lot of other podcasts out there do things at 7. And I've noticed now that there's a couple that are doing it at 9. And 
I know people are picky. They don't want to have to choose between their favorites. Yeah. So I got to figure something out. Well, I don't know where you are, but it's one o'clock in the morning here and I can't do this habitually. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it's 12 here. I've got to do a bit of schoolwork before I head off to bed, but you know what? I've still got enough time to at least chat for a little bit longer. I'm young. I got the vitality. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Cindy? Lucky You're dog. in the mood. Huh? Cindy, do you got some energy left in you? Yeah, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> oh. I'll, uh, I didn't I'll mean it that way. What I mean is I wish I was like on a regular schedule so I could get up in the morning, but I I, I get my energy late at night. <laughs> Screws me up yeah, during if the we day. Try to do, if we try to do a live show during the early day, there's not very many viewers at that point. I don't know what the what no, the heck the deal no. is on that. Yeah. People have probably to work. a lot of people are yeah, a lot of people are working, a lot of people are at school or different things like that. Typically things related to that. Well, I hope my uh, video ends up helping these young ladies in some kind of way and uh, be able oh, to get sure. their side of the story out as well as as well as helping other people who are having similar issues and problems and all that. It's no, I think it's precious that you want to help, Brett. No, absolutely. You know, like he's as as far as he's concerned, one thing that he's always always done is is that he's never been afraid of of calling people out when they're doing uh, really shitty things. Even back in the atheist days, I remember a video that you made. <sighs> I'm I'm trying to think of the atheist that you were. Uh, not, not calling out. It actually was the opposite. You were trying to support them because they said one thing that the rest of the community didn't like, and they all just dogpiled on them. And you were basically making the point, like, I, ah, you just wanted another Captain Awesome where you could just manipulate them and make them your puppet and do whatever you want. But here's this guy. He doesn't want to do that. So you all just decide to jump ship and just fucking leave them behind. What I'm what I'm trying to get at is is that you've you've never been a stranger for calling people out for shitty behavior. There's been a couple of people though that I've stood up for where they down the line end up uh, doing some really stupid shit, and then that gets me uh, basically buried in the sand. Onision is a person I felt sorry for a little bit there, and I defended them. Then uh, they went on to becoming a. Well, speaking of the narcissist piece of trash, that guy turned into a real shit pile. Then there was another one. There was a young man by the name of Dendrophilian who used to make a yes, bunch of great videos. That's the guy that I was thinking of, Dendrophilian. Yeah, he had a lot of really, really good uh, arguments and points. And after I defended him, like two weeks later, he makes a video saying that he doesn't see anything wrong with having sex with kids. So really? after he, yeah. Why do you think his name was Dendrophilian? <laughs> yeah, I've got the video up on my, unfortunately, I got, because that's one of the things that atheists like to do. They like to say, oh, Brett turns on people. Yeah, if you make a video arguing for rape and child molestation that you think it's perfectly normal, yeah. you're trying to normalize it, then yeah, all of a sudden you lose my vote. That's the way it works. I'm sorry, yeah, sir. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, so I took some. That was one of the things that was brought up on the DP to me. They said, "Well, you fought for Dendrophilian, and then you turned on him." I said, "Yeah, because he was talking about banging kids. I'm a father. I have a daughter and son. How the hell am I going to get up here and think that that's okay to do? You know, okay. I'd have to be sick or mental or something." And they're like, "Oh, oh, okay, yeah." 
Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, I but think you the know, video... when you stand up against a bully, you're gonna get backlash, and a lot of Christians are damn chicken. They won't stand up against a bully because they don't want the freaking backlash. Well, yeah. believe it or not, on both sides of the aisle, Cindy, it's the uh, same way. Whether you're an atheist and you try to stand up for what you think is right, you're going to get burned. It's it's not just a matter of people thinking that they're right and you're wrong. On the internet, people want to be the king or the big popular person or the one who's most relevant. And they're willing to bury someone who's good just so they can get views and all that. It's, it's hateful. But yeah, I've seen it on both sides. I fought for some people in the atheist. What, during that time, I don't know if Aiden realizes it, but my agenda <clears throat> at the time was atheists were looked at as the least trusted in the world. They were looked at as villains, pieces of shit. At that time, I wanted to normalize. I wanted people to realize, look, we're, we're families. We're your friend. We're the people you work with. You probably don't even know. But it got really hard to argue with people about morality when I was getting shit thrown in my face every single day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. yeah no that's that's fair enough i mean uh, it's it's such a difficult situation it goes back into what i was saying earlier about like it's so easy to lump people into groups it's so easy to get everybody into one category or to think of them in one way and it's easy because we're creatures of convenience. Like really at our core, that's what we've always been about. It's why we got oxen to plow our fields. It's why we have computers to do so much of our thinking for us these days. It's why we have cars to prevent us from having to walk. It's why we have horses to prevent us from having to walk. If you look far enough back in history, we've always sought out the most convenient path forward, the path of least resistance. And I think that while that certainly got us a lot of innovations, while that certainly got us a lot of things that are good, it's definitely a double-edged sword in the fact that um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of apathy that comes with convenience. Apathy and convenience are so comorbid with each other because if it's easy to take the path of least resistance in the physical world, then it's also easy to take the path of least resistance in the moral world. It's easy to do the easiest way forward. And I think that's almost in a way what, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what Cindy Lincoln was getting into and in the fact that there's a lot of people that are so scared of the challenges that come with challenging somebody's beliefs, challenging somebody's opinions or actions, that they'll just stand aside and they'll let it happen and pretend like they don't know about it or try to justify it in their own minds because that's just the path of least resistance. It's the easiest way forward. And that's not, it's going back into the fact that it's not me trying to excuse their behavior. It's just the best way to combat these things, the best way to minimize these ill effects on our society is to recognize how they work and to use that recognition to work against it because you really can't fight an enemy that you don't understand in my opinion if you try to censor something if you try to push it into the dirt and you try to make it so it can't be talked about then when it rears its ugly head back into society then people aren't going to have any proper ways of combating it in an argument sense of form and that's why i kind of i may have a bit of a controversial opinion because i don't support it any more than the next person but i think that things like radical communists radical fascists all these like different abhorrent ideologies i don't think that they should be censored 
And I don't think that they should be censored because if you fucking push them down into the dirt and you make it so nobody knows about them, then that also means that they don't know the counter arguments. And when you have a Nazi or you have a communist or you have any of these people appear on a forum and they, they get all buddy buddy with you, they become your friend you don't even know any of these aspects about them. But then when they're all nice and secure with you, that's when they start pushing these arguments on you. That's when they start trying to make these points to you. And when you don't have any counter arguments for that, because you haven't been taught any of them, then that's when you start going, oh, maybe they do have a point about this. Maybe they do have a point about such and such. I can't say otherwise Brett's going to get fucking flagged into the ground. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I think in a lot of ways, that's how things like radicalization have been propagating so much these days. I think yeah. it's a consequence of... It's, it's ironically a consequence of people trying to push it away because if you don't give it a platform to be challenged and a platform to be laughed at for the ridiculousness that it is, then that's when you start really getting the dangerous radicals that really truly don't know what they're doing or talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, Cindy is absolutely right about what she was saying earlier. I mean, I dumped on what atheists did a while back, but as far as Christians are concerned, there's a lot of cowards in the Christian uh, community as well. And I got no problem with saying something about that. These arguments, like, for instance, when I defended and supported Cindy's right to be able to share her side. Oh, but, but Kent can repent, or he can do this, or he can find, you know, get right with Jesus. And uh, the issue with this is is that let's say that me and Cindy were to just sit down and say, out oh, of hell with it. She deletes her entire channel, remains silent about her perspective on it. And then mm -hmm. what happens five years down the line when something really fucking horrible happens, then the atheist can go, oh, look, see, see, boom. Yeah. Exposed. And yeah. why didn't nobody say anything? Why didn't any Christians? She didn't say uh, anything because she was complicit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's either way, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And yeah, I've had some Christians who are telling me nowadays, well, you must be fake. Don't you realize all the souls that are being brought to Jesus? And I said, look, Jesus doesn't need your help there, pal. God's going to take yeah. who he's going to take. You're you're not like got some superpowers. He might use you as an instrument sometimes, but don't get it fucking twisted, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no shit. I've, uh, I've got a question for you, and I want to preface that question with the fact that this isn't what I personally believe. This is what I've seen on uh, actually the uh, Deep Fat Fried subreddit. Uh oh, was, are we getting hungry? <laughs> there was there was a thread that was actually deleted by one of them because there was uh, there was a rule put on there where they're not allowed to talk about you. But I saw it before it got deleted, and it basically talked about how. Oh, uh, Brett Keen, he did an interview with Kent Hovind and he was all buddy buddy with him and he was all nice with Kent and he was all cordial. But then he goes and he gets all buddy buddy with Cindy Lincoln, who is against Kent and uh, who's done all of these or uh, is accusing Kent of doing all of these horrible things to them. That's just another example of Brett being inconsistent and a flip flopper. What would you say to those people? Well, it's simple. First of all, I didn't know uh, anything about Cindy Lincoln at the time. I didn't know anything that was going on. Even in the, the videos that I do, I say things like, I respect the guy's arguments and all that, and I watch some of the debates on Standing for Truth. But I've always pointed out, I don't know the guy personally. 
I've never been to Dino Land. I've never been to been to Ken Ham's fucking Ark or Creation. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm not some adventurer where I'm going out and doing pillages and all this kind of stuff. I don't know. It, it's it would be like you, Aiden. You watch somebody on YouTube. You don't know nothing about them. You're just watching. You're hearing your arguments. One day you do a show. Somebody comes up and they say hey, I'm this person, this is my relation and association, and here's what happened to me. The next thing you know, you're putting your hands around your head going, oh, fuck. <laughs> happened now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's out. exactly like what you were talking about, that other guy that you were, quote, flip-flopping. Yeah, when you find out he's um, banging children, as you put it, well, you found out that Ken Hoven was abusing his wife, stealing donor funds harboring drug addicts and pedophiles something yeah. wrong with that yeah just a little bit well they're they're always going to try to find something fucking ignorant or whatever to bitch about and all that and complain but i mean that's all that's how i seen kent i've seen his videos also when i was a younger man i seen videos of him out but i never met him i never mm -hmm. hung Besides hanging out on social media like what we're doing right now, Aiden, as far as I know, whenever you get off the show, you might go down to your basement and you got bodies down there. I don't fucking know. Hey, hey, you you, you be quiet about that, all right? <laughs> you, you, <nothing> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, no, and I Cindy will tell you, whenever I first started talking to her, I was a bit hesitant. I was like, are you able to prove your association relationship? He was a she prick. <laughs> Yeah, I was a prick about it. I didn't just be like, oh, yeah, let's get this shit rolling. No, I, I wanted to know more. I needed to see some information that actually proved this was relevant and valid. And I felt like she gave more than an overwhelming amount of information to prove her fucking point. And that's why we're here today. So if anybody's got a problem with me fucking having ears and trying to listen, even though one of them works better than the other one, <laughs> no, he's shit. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you there. I hear you there. It's, you know, I've. Well, I've and my question is always right back at them. It's like, why doesn't it bother you that he's, you know, these things? Well, there's so many people. I think G-Man is actually an example of that. And once again, it's not to try and talk shit on G-Man or anything like that. It's just something I've seen in a lot of people is they get so attached to the message of that person that they let that not override yeah. all of the actions that they've done, but really excuse a lot of the actions that that person has done. They try to separate the two of them Either they try to separate them from each other completely, which I almost, I have a completely different opinion on that. It's not necessarily positive either. I think it's the lesser of two evils, but the one that's really bad in my opinion is, is where they acknowledge that that's a part of them, where they acknowledge that the two are still linked together, but they do excuse making for it. You know, they yeah. uh, they try to say, oh, you know, yeah, Ken Hoban was a piece of a uh, real piece of work that did all of these bad things to this person. But you know what? He has some really good arguments on evolution. It's like, yeah, that doesn't take away from what he did, though. It doesn't yeah, take so away. Who cares from... about the victim? I don't, I don't give dangerous. a shit if he's, I don't care if he's building a fucking next uh, generation, um, you know, Star Trek ship that takes us to the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you're doing shit to kids, well, we got to talk, you know. Yeah, no shit. 
Um, do you mind? Do you mind, Cindy? I don't know too much about what happened between you and Kent. Do you mind if I ask a couple questions? And if I do, feel free to just tell me at any point. I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to talk about that. Is that no, okay I with you? I want the word out because I'm getting slandered really bad. No, fair enough. So um, go for it. How how did you come to meet Kent? I had one of my preschool. Well, basically, I googled Bible proofs to prove a point to someone that was um, arguing with me. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Anyway, anyway, I I got I googled Bible proofs and I found um, Kent Hovind and I started watching voraciously. I I was basically addicted and I didn't understand <laughs> why I was so interested, but. Um, I already knew his arguments from Henry Morris and it was something I'm an, I'm a geography major. I was very interested in all that stuff. Mm. And then he, after I finished his seminar series, I started listening to his modern YouTubes and he was asking for a landscaper and I'd always wanted to, be a missionary and i had looked into china and haiti and africa and i just didn't have the guts so the thought about being a missionary right here in the united states as um he's a lot more comforting scientologist, to you. i just yeah so i went and visited fell in love with it went back home sold everything rented my house out and moved to Dinosaur Adventureland. And I lived there for two years before I married him. And then I started seeing the ugly underbelly. I, I discovered a drug bust. And yeah, I was that was gonna be my next question actually was like what were some of the first like real red flags that you started noticing with Ken? What was the point where you started going, huh? There's something going on with this guy. Well his right hand man, Steve Lynn, um has always had a drug issue. But um uh, there was a bust one day where some people were on campus high and Kent never allowed that for anybody except for Steve. And so he called a drug test and exempted Steve from the test and had Steve um, administer the test. Oh my God. And Steve frauded that test because the two yeah. guys that were most suspect, he had given the the pot or whatever it was at his own house. So he was trying to cover his butt to make them look clean when they were not. Mm-hmm. And the next day, um, one of the guys came up to me and said, Cindy, um, I have to tell you the truth. We were not clean we were high and um i had all the drug tests on my kitchen counter and i said um honey i've been wondering how come your test doesn't have the stick in the plastic box all the other tests have the stick in there 
And he looked down at the ground and he said, I didn't want to tell you this. Steve told us to put the swab in our pocket. So, um, um, so after, let's see. So that's one issue. But when I, when, so it ended up that I was accused of lying. The two guys that were high were accused of lying. Mm -hmm. And we were accused of having a vendetta against Steve. We were accused of um, meddling in business that was none of our business, blah, blah, blah. And I said to my husband at the time, um, honey, nobody else is going to believe that I'm lying. Everybody knows that I'm not a liar. Yeah. And everybody here knows that Steve is a liar and that Steve does do drugs and that Kenny and Timmy were doing them with him. Really? And I said, okay, let's call a meeting. So there was a meeting and there were seven of us there, old timers, not, not new volunteers, but established faithful workers. And all seven of us said the same story. And Kent Hovind stuck up for Steve instead of his wife. He called all seven of us liars and said that we were rebelling against his authority as patriarch of the ministry. And that if we continued to, uh, quote, attack Steve or speak about the matter, that we would be kicked off campus and that I was the ringleader and anybody who at the, basically he shunned me at that point. Everybody on campus was not allowed to text me, talk to me, be with me, or they would be kicked off campus. And that was mm. the beginning of the end. And I left that meeting crying at the top of my lungs. I had never, ever experienced well, betrayal yeah. like that from my own precious husband. No, no kidding. And when like, I is... was, yeah, brutal. And when I left crying, um, I was called a, a bipolar idiot for crying so loudly. And that I was being a baby trying to get her way. You're expressing whole, your emotions too strongly, Cindy. You're not allowed to do that. Like what? Yeah. And um, had nothing to do with mental issues. It had to do with the betrayal I just experienced. But that whole yeah. bipolar lie, they kept doing it for a whole year because they were determined that they had to cover for Steve and I had to go because I was not going to join that cover up. And I didn't realize it until later. I mean, I suspected it, but, you know, I, I was married. I, I loved the guy. I thought he was somebody he wasn't. It took a long time for me to realize, oh, my gosh, this man is a fraud. I fell well, in love know, with a fraud. I was going to ask you, uh, is that, could I get that as a specific quote of yours from him, that he called himself the patriarch of, uh, of the uh, the what was it the campus yes dinosaur adventure land yeah god called yeah. me to run this ministry and if you don't like how i run the ministry you can start your own 
Yeah, that's the way that he describes that because patriarch has a lot of like clerical connotations to it in the history of the church. So the fact that he uses that as like, I've been appointed as this overriding, it's just, it's really a window into his psyche in a way. It's a real window into that aspect you were talking about before that narcissism, that idea. The power that and can, control. Yes. Power, yes. control, dominance. And Absolutely. it went actually a little bit worse than that. Um, he was actually likened to Moses. Wow. Moses Are you serious? Carried, yes. Mer Moses carried the authority of God. If you rebel against Moses, you're rebelling yeah. against God. And Kent Hovind placed himself on that level. And I was called Korah. I don't know if you know that story. I can't The rebellion of Korah. Oh, right. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way, yeah. They confront Moses and they say that they're tired of the uh, the journey that they've been subjected to under him. And the ground opened up and swallowed them down. Yeah. Yeah. And I was reminded and of that. Basically that is, threatened. Yeah. It was horrific. I couldn't believe it. And I kept waiting it waiting for it to like be just an exception to the rule that that, that wouldn't be who he really was, you know, but um it became more the rule it just seemed to kind of came out, it, out of the closet it became more clear over time his actual character compared to when you had basically first actually gotten to know him in that way that you had gotten to know him yeah no, i mean when i first got to know him he would say sorry if he did something wrong he would um take input which proves that he knows how to behave, but yeah, it was all just a lie. In my personal opinion, I mean, like given both what I knew about him before and what you're saying to me, I would honestly say it goes beyond narcissism. It seems to almost fully go into sociopathy to me because narcissists, yeah. narcissists are in the realm of, they, they don't understand how to do that. They just it goes back into what we were saying at the beginning about uh you know once again i don't hate the guy but just one of those aspects about von helton and the fact that he cannot take criticism he cannot be disagreed with and the fact that he will not budge on things he won't apologize narcissists yeah. do not know how to do that sociopaths Correct. on the other hand do know how to do that because they've learned how to they don't actually mean it but they've learned that, okay, I'm going to get what I want and I'm going to be able to lure this person closer to me if I'm able to mimic these emotions, if I'm able to mimic that I'm actually sorry about this, even though at the core of my being, I really don't know how to do that. Right. So I never actually yeah. used that term, but I have seen um, videos that say that when I was doing my research on narcissism. But the term that I use a lot is malignant narcissist, which means a narcissist who um, enjoys hurting people. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry yeah. to say that um, to, when he was trying to drive me out, um, he, he, I have audio recordings of him saying things like won't that get cindy excited like wow. we're gonna yeah. take 
We're going to take the bed out of the spare room. We're going to take the door off the hinges so that she has to sleep in my bed and she can't use the spare room. Ha, ha, ha. Won't that get Cindy excited? Or let's uh, promote Steve to the board instead of disciplining him or reprimanding him or defending your wife. Ah, ha, ha. Won't that get Cindy excited? Yeah. Yeah. Just it's it's bad oh yeah no it, it really does sound awful and it's one of those aspects going back to what i was saying about sociopaths like they they build and it's not related specifically to sociopaths but it's really comorbid with them in the sense that they weave these webs of okay, I'm going to act this way around this person, but then I'm going to change how I act around this person. And then I'm going to completely be a different person around this person because they can, they don't get the maximum amount of manipulation out of one type of personality. So they've learned that if I need to act completely different around somebody else in order to get my way, then that's what I'm going to have to do because the only means to an end in my life is that power, is that control because I, I think it's honestly the biggest origin of uh, those people we were talking about earlier, those false prophets, these people that try to claim that they represent, you know, these deities when in reality they don't. It's because they see this amount of adoration that these people throughout history have gotten, this devotion, this unquestioning, unwavering loyalty that seems so unattainable for people on the surface like people think in their own minds before it happens to them oh i could never do that i would never become so loyal to somebody that i don't even question them when they tell me to do unreasonable things but no if there's somebody that really knows what they're doing if there's somebody that can really master how they act around you then they can do whatever they want basically and have a way to excuse it around that person and some people, they go as far as saying, oh, well, the person that was being manipulated was just being dumb. They were just, they were easily exploited. They were just, they didn't see what was happening to them. Or they, they even go as far as saying they took part in it and they wanted it to happen to them. Some people go as far as saying. And I invite these well, they people. Look, he looks for people who are easily manipulated. Mm -hmm. And he At expects. Least resistance. Uh, yeah. He expects blind obedience. And the whole time when I was objecting, like, you know, I didn't sleep with him that night. I went in the spare room. I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? You're going to yeah. call me bipolar? And you're going to say I'm a, um, trying to hurt Steve when I'm just telling the truth? And you don't care that basically Steve just stumbled these two young Christians who wanted to get off drugs. That's why they came to DAL. And yeah. so, and he was expecting me to just obey. Yeah. Shut up and obey. I'm the wife. I have to submit. And if that's his decision, I have to go along with it. And I'm all, uh, no. Yeah. I'm not yeah, submitting no to kidding. abuse. No, absolutely. And, you know, it's really unfortunate. I actually, I checked the comments of the first time me and you met, the first encounter that we had. Um, because every once in a while, I like looking back on videos if I've ever been a part of them or participated in them in some way. I like to check out what people are saying. 
And there was this one person that had commented. Brett removed it, thankfully, because it was just, it was ridiculous. It was like, Cindy is a well-known liar. Why would you have her on there? Or something like that. And it's like, look, you. it goes back to what you were saying with G-Man. You know, I, I, I watched a little bit of the show before I was on, and you, you basically said to him, look, you don't know him like I did because I lived with this guy. I was there with him. I shared a portion of my life with this person i'm going to be able to say i know them way more than you would ever be able to superfluously but these people they have these it's called a parasocial relationship and aiden i was wanting to say too with what you were talking about if somebody wants to make a video where they want to spend a little bit of effort showing how it is they know something's wrong or a lie or debunk or refute or give constructive criticism, you get my full thumbs up. Fuck, I might even favorite the damn thing if you can show that something I'm saying is incorrect. However, mm-hmm. you come over to my comments board and just say, eh, the fucking person just slouched. They're fucking full of shit, and that's all <laughs> you got? That's like, yeah. well, I ain't letting turd crumbs sit on my comments board. Yeah, no shit. Know. No, it makes sense. If, if, if all if all, they, if all they got to say is uh, just just garbage and no substance, then yeah, why would you have them there? It's just. Steve, it's not- I, I, love mean, these, um... I love these people. Cindy, who come to the comments board, and they're like, "I don't like that motherfucker." Well, don't watch. You know, yeah, really. Move though. along. Don't don't waste your time. Then shut. Move on. Well, can't can't that that Steve guy that I was talking about is is Kent's tech guy. And so he's got like a hundred fake um, YouTube identities. You know, you click on his icon oh, and you'll see this this video has or this channel has no content. I mean, he's just he's yeah. he sends trolls out and he's and he'll have donors call him up and say, hey, what's going on with Cindy? And he'll tell them all of his lies and he'll say, why don't you go and make comments? He sends trolls out after me who don't even know what they're talking about they just believe him and well i was about to mention that actually um i'm sorry were you still going go ahead i'm sorry i'm sorry i was just i would like to think that that brett is correct in what he said that i've got a boatload of evidence on my youtube channel i have like 15 interviews with people who are saying the same thing who lived there the the court documentation that you have and the charges that went through the ten ten thousand dollar compensation for what is done to the property to me that that's the absolute evidence that can't be argued against for sure so yeah. I, I definitely I step up to the plate for that. But I did tell you a while back, there's some videos where I think it's to the point where you're seeing something or you're feeling some way about things that are being said. But I, I explained that there's a different perspective. Someone who doesn't know the deal, watching from the outside, it may come off like, well, what what is what's what am I supposed to get from this exactly? Yeah. It's, yeah. It can be tough because... Unfortunately, the way that things like this work, especially if you are the less well-known figure in a controversy against somebody as big as Kent Hovind, it's a lot more effort, and I laud anybody that's willing to do it, but you really do. In any of these videos that you're doing, there's a chance that any of them could blow up, could get really big, could get a lot of attention. 
So for the sake of making sure that they get the picture in that video, because just the way that analytics work on the internet, it seems that usually most channels, they'll get not many views, but then one video will just hit that mark where it's going to get huge traffic. My point essentially is, though, is, is that you got to make sure that you at least tell a decent amount of that story really thoroughly every single time in those videos, because that way there's so little doubt with these people. There's so little they can actually say as far as substance, like, oh, well, you didn't cover this, so there's got to be something wrong with that part of the story. No, I actually covered it here. Here's the part that I did. It's more time-consuming. It's more effort to put in, and it's not, definitely not mandatory, but it really helps silence those detractors that are trying to go after, like, holes, quote-unquote, in your story that you just felt really weren't necessary to tell in that specific video. Well, there, there is something well, that's funny you got... say that, because I had somebody say, Cindy, you have to stop telling that, same story over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I expected uh, I expected when we were doing our shows that there would be more people that would try to come in. As many comments as I've gotten with people making up excuses or justifications or why this guy should be able to do what he's doing, but none of them seem to want to actually come in the ring and put yeah. out their questions or anything like that. They don't want to put their face on the camera and the yeah. mic. They just want to sit back like diddling little monkeys and shit. <laughs> and I find that to be absolutely fucking spineless. Oh, and Cindy will always be able to say in the future and here on out, yeah, but I was on all these shows. The link was made public. You could have come in at any time. Why didn't yeah. you? Interesting. No, seriously. It's not like they, they didn't have, have the ability any... to do it what because they had the ability to do it they had the ability to come in the show they had the ability to talk to you about these things and you know what like i may not necessarily uh disagree with you about those things but i can at least say that you know i'm not just gonna sit in your comments board if you say something about religion or something about science that i disagree with and yell at you like a goddamn ape beating my chest i'm willing to come into the room and i'm willing to talk with you guys because if you're actually a cordial human being and you just have some doubts about something that you're saying in good faith then i'm sure you'd be willing to sit down with that person and explain those things to that person but most of these people that you and brett are talking about they're not doing that they're just sitting in these comments boards they're just spouting shit that they don't have any fucking idea about what the actual case is with it so they're just being they're just being reactionary really more than anything else and they don't really care about the truth see this is they one of the problems about- i've uh... <clears throat> it's one of the problems I've seen in our modern day, and I, I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, Aiden. You know, one of the issues I, just to bring it back, one of the issues I had with atheism is I felt like it went towards nihilism. Well, Christianity seems to nowadays in modern day also have a form of nihilism. It goes a little bit like this. Once you believe, once you say you believe in this, you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want. And you're just going to be fine. To me, that's a form of meaningless. It has no value, no intrinsic, um, nothing to it. Yeah, there's no real emotion behind that belief if you're just using it as a means to an end. If that's all that you want out of it, then you've completely missed the message of what Christianity is about. You've completely missed the actual point of it as a religion. And it kind of goes back to the whole idea that you know, there's so many people out there that abhor Christianity, that hate it, 
but they couldn't fucking quote you a single goddamn passage in the Bible because they don't actually know what they're talking about. They've just been told by somebody else and what I was uh, touching on earlier, but uh, you, you're more than free to cut in at any point because I ramble, but uh, oh, I was getting cool. I think getting... there's going to be a lot of people surprised when Judgment Day comes. They're going to be like, I did so much great things, God. Yeah, but what about the 50 homeless guys you walked past? What yeah. about the woman on the road who her car broke down and she's walking all by herself in the rain? You just drove right past her. Yeah. What about the people out there who were abused or the children that were sexually assaulted and you yeah. did absolutely fuck nothing? Well, Where, what do they think is going to happen? Have they forgot God is all knowing, all powerful, and looking at them every second of the damn day? Yeah. I'll be right back. I need to smoke. I'm getting too excited. No problem. No problem. Uh it's not potty this <laughs> yeah. time yeah yeah no I've, I've got my vape here with me i usually uh it isn't isn't too stinky compared to regular smoking so i'm allowed to do it in the house fiance says it's okay Aww. But, but it's the same tobacco uh no no i try to i try to get the less potent stuff i try to get some of the stuff that's uh like weaker so that it doesn't make all the walls like all nasty and stuff because i'll tell you my grandparents the house that i went to before my grandfather's always been a real habitual smoker he isn't smoking as much as he used to thank god but he was a real bad chain smoker and at the very end of them living there we were scrubbing the walls because we thought we were gonna sell it off to somebody before we found out about some of the problems with the house but anyway we're scrubbing these walls and i thought for my entire life my, my whole life, Cindy, that these walls in the living room, they were yellow. That was just the natural color. Nope. They were like a grayish white. But it had just turned oh. yellow over time because of all of this nasty, like, nicotine or tobacco, whatever it is, juice that just coats everything. If you're actually, like, smoking cigarettes or anything like that, it's nasty. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. I... I don't I don't get how smokers can't look at that and go, oh, my God, this is what's happening to things that just touch this smoke. What about all the smoke I'm putting in my in my lungs? What is that doing to me? Like, right. It's 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 ridiculous. It's but at the same token, and it's kind of my opinion of addicts as well, is, is that I remember you, Brett, and uh, some other gentlemen were talking about addicts the last show actually I, I don't know his name because i never got to speak to the guy too much but <sighs> addiction is such it's such a nuanced topic to talk about because there's so many aspects to it that we don't really understand that we're only really beginning to get some kind of insight into as far as why we do the things that we do when we get addicted to something the behaviors that drive us towards those things and why it's such a difficult thing to break the habit of because yeah. it's it's a hole that somebody is trying to fill in their life it's something that is they have found lacking that they didn't have before and it seems that when they become thoroughly enough addicted to it the deleterious effects it has on them those negative things it doesn't matter to them as much as filling that hole in their in their heart or in their life or something that's lacking it could be anything really i've found you know there's of course there's the mainline addictions that you always hear about like drug addiction video game addiction but you can be really addicted to anything in my opinion 
You could be addicted yeah. to jogging every single day because you get an adrenaline rush out of it. You could get addicted to eating a bowl of oatmeal every single day because it's we are just eating oatmeal all the time because that's a comfort food that you have and you find a lot of comfort out of doing it. So you just form such a habit out of it that becomes unhealthy. You know, it's it's such a my I point think it's is all about it, comfort. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is because if they didn't derive sufficient if they didn't derive sufficient pleasure from it whether that pleasure come from being comfortable whether it come from getting a rush whether it come from anything like that it's it must be more more enticing to them than the negative effects that come from it and that really does speak to how strong those urges are within us how necessary it is for us to get that comfort in our lives because we're willing to sacrifice so much for that if we do get addicted to these things and some denial too i think it definitely plays a huge component in it um i'm really grateful for the fact that as far as i know um i've never been addicted to anything in my life i've never had it pointed out to me that i'm addicted to anything in my life and i can't speak from experience but i can speak from secondhand experience over the fact that i've known a fair amount of addicts and i've asked them like i i had a best friend that i didn't know up until a decent amount of time that i was friends with the guy but he had a really bad not only just a crack addiction but a crack and a heroin addiction like this guy oh was in my deep. gosh and he was functional he was I, I won't even he was he was a cook at a uh we have this restaurant chain over here in canada called the uh, husky and he worked over at this husky place and he was known as like the guy as far as cooking was concerned and i'll admit he made a couple of uh, dishes when i was at his place even after i found out about what was going on with him and they'll knock your socks off like he makes a good fucking meal but you never would have known until I actually found out from the horse's mouth. Yeah, I'm doing this stuff. Like I went to his place one day. I was just going to hang out with the guy. Guy pulls out a spoon. He's got some of this fucking garbage he's loading on it. I'm like, what are you fucking doing, man? Because like I've seen depictions of heroin in movies and whatnot. I'm like, dude, are you, are you serious? Is this what you're doing? Yeah, this is what I'm doing. If you don't want to see it, then just get out of here. And that's what I did. I fucking I left because I'm not going to be around that shit. I've already had enough people in my personal life fall victim to that stuff. But my point is, is that in, in anything, even something as strong as heroin and crack, like an addiction of both of those things, people can function in the sense that you would never know that they were on these things unless you told them. And that blew my mind because I knew that there were yeah, things like the alcoholics. I knew That's that there were functional like see on TV. On TV, it makes no. it look like they're all like, you know, on the streets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no. And there definitely are. That's not to say that there aren't people that completely let it take over their life, that just make it their entire identity, that make it the only thing that they want in life. But at the same time, there are lots of people that can do these awful things and still appear like completely well-adjusted functioning members of society. And I think that's a part of addiction that people find really, really uncomfortable and really hard to look at is the fact that there's probably a couple of people in your life, any one of you that I'm talking to, that you think are perfectly well-adjusted people, but 
they could well be doing a line once in a while, even, even once a day, or they could be hitting a crack pipe or anything like that because <coughs> it's such a prolific issue in our society right now. And because it's such a prolific issue, because it affects so many people, in my personal opinion, I find it so much more difficult to to negatively judge them because it seems like they're victims really of circumstance more than anything else that these people are going through really awful times in their lives and this is really all that they see as something to turn to when they really didn't have much of anything else to turn to I've, my point is is i've never seen a well-adjusted really truly happy person decide to take up a drug habit or decide to drink every single day you know, there's something missing in that person's life, obviously. Go ahead. Aiden, what you're describing yeah. is exactly one of the reasons why I keep having the issues that uh, reputation that's been given to me about fallouts with people. If you think it's bad trying to meet people in real life and not truly knowing what you're dealing with until the shit happens in front of your face, imagine what it's like in social media. You're popular, you're accessible, you allow people to come towards you. Your interest is to be friendly, socialize, get to know people. And then the more you get to know folks, oh shit, find out they're on crack cocaine or running over little old ladies and all kinds <laughs> of sick shit. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Then the next Band thing you know, you got, you got 50 videos made towards you. Look, there goes Brett Kane putting holes in people's back with his knives again. <laughs> uh, but he's a pedophile. He uh, does the crack, the mouth. I mean, come on. I mean, you see the point now? No, you, I do. You see that I make myself absolutely accessible. I'll always treat people nice. But sooner or later, the dark side comes out the evil. <laughs> what was yeah. that quote about? Oh, was it Vincent Price? Oh, Oh, it's Michael Jackson thriller, the evil oh. that lurks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the evil How's that go? That <laughs> no. What time is it? Let me check this. It's time yeah, for it's, night night. I gotta go yeah. to bed. Yeah, I gotta agree. You know, it's been great sitting here having this conversation, but yeah, I gotta get ready here if I want to do any work whatsoever before I go to bed. So. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the show. I do have to say one last thing. I don't know if I should do a Wednesday show, if I should just let this be the video that people see all the way up to the Friday show. I'm concerned that if I make another show, uh, this one won't get the attention that it requires and all that if I do it. What is you guys' thoughts? What do you think I should do? I worry about that with mine, too. If too many come out in yeah. a row, that it gets oversaturated. I could definitely agree with that. Yeah, maybe it would be in your best interest. I would say if something comes up or something like that, or if you're really feeling like that's something that you want to do, then go ahead. But yeah, if otherwise it's just something that either you're not necessarily feeling that day or you think that the video needs a bit more attention, then yeah, just go ahead and let it lie until Friday, I would say. Yeah, I might do that. What do you think, Cindy? What's your thoughts? Well, because... I uploaded my video with you very close to when McKinnon Mitchell uploaded his video. And so I was concerned that ours wouldn't get the attention. So I have the same thought as you. 
The best thing I, I suspect people can do is what I usually tend to do is say, hey, uh, check out this video and I name off the title that I did before this one if I really feel like I'm on a, a rampage. But <laughs> no, I, I think that I'm going to probably delete the Wednesday one and still keep the Friday one. I like doing Fridays and all that. Monday's a little slow, though. Ugh. Yeah, the definitely. Thing you can could be. Do, if you really want to give this victim um, attention, is you could just um, edit that section out of this and repost just that part of it. Yeah, that'd be good, actually. That'd be a good thing to do. If you would be able to fit even like... Well, I was uh, going to leave that up to the atheist and Christian community. They love popping <laughs> my stuff up and, you know, regurgitating our video. Footage. Oh, my God. It's funny you brought that up. Oh, my God. There was that one time back in the day where so many people would chop up the shit that you would say and fucking make you say absolutely absurd shit. Oh, my God. There was some real, there was some real brutal stuff. He was telling me about that, where they would basically put his words in a blender and make him say whatever they wanted him to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there were some that they were only trying to do it for comedic effect, which isn't either either way isn't perfect, in my opinion. There's definitely a bit of uh, maliciousness in it if you put some really bad stuff in their mouth either way. But then there was people that actually did just try to, like, edit something to make it seem like he said something that he didn't. And those were the really bad people, in my opinion. Oh, speaking of people who I'm probably going to have to drop off at the bakery and shit, there are two people that I have had on the show that I may end up having to say, I need a timeout. I uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the Geek Room, and they're in the title of this video. I, I forgot to even mention this. Did you hear about what happened? No. Okay, so I was, uh, I was sitting over and... Um, John's one of his uh, his podcast things, John yeah. Gisella. Well, whenever I was over there, John walks away from the screen, and apparently uh, he had given Vaughn some kind of control and allowed this guy to come up called Solar. You ever heard of this fella? Can't say I have. Nope. Okay, so the story's going to get interesting. So what happens is Solar says, so... Uh, uh, Brett, are you still doing the meth? Right off the bat, whenever he comes in the room. And uh, I was going, I don't do drugs, sir. I th thank you for being concerned about my well-being, though. Very yeah. Yeah. And uh, then he started on <laughs> Von Helton. <laughs> and start, then the guy starts on Von Helton. He goes, so, Von, did you get a job yet, or are you going to let your children stay in foster care? Because you're an irresponsible father. Now, the moment wow. he said that, I knew this was going to set Von Helton on one of those fucking two-hour tirades that don't have a commercial in between. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to hear this fucking shit. I know this uh. is going to set Von off. So I uh, basically, I kind of, I spoke out once. I said, John, if you're out there listening, I'm not interested in the conversation that's fucking taking place. You want to moderate this shit? No answer. So I said, uh, Mr. Solar, it was nice meeting you. Try to stay off the crack cocaine. I'm out. So I fucking <laughs> left the room and shit. Well, what happens is, as this prick decides that during one of my live shows, he wants to come in. I see him at the bottom. And I said, you got to be out of your fucking mind thinking I'm going to bring you up on my <laughs> yeah. show. So you can <laughs> the kind of shit you do. 
So yeah, I, no. I basically, I, I basically told him, no, go find some uh, Pokemon trade carding fucking game to have fun with. You ain't getting in here, bitch. And I removed <laughs> him. I removed him. So what does he do? This guy lost so much control over the fact that he wasn't allowed on my show that he made like a TV series about me. I'm talking more than Lord of the fucking Rings, right? Oh, I made a whole like saga of you. Man. <laughs> well, what happens is, is he does this <laughs> and apparently he goes back to John and Vaughn and they do a video and uh, Solar basically intimidates these two. He says, oh, so how long you two been sucking on breaths? You know what I'm, I'm not going to yeah. say the word. You know, do you take it with ketchup and mustard is what he said. And these two fucking weaklings decided to go along with them. And they basically allowed themselves to be pressured into shit talking me. So I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. Ah, there we go again. Just oh, more. So they spent like an hour just fucking caving in on me and everything else and just saying some of the most ridiculous shit. So what happens is the obvious thing happens. The Geek Room and a couple really popular atheist podcasts, they go, oh, look, Brett Keen's adopted internet son shit talking him. Vaughn Helton's even roasted on Brett Keen. And there we go. So now, what am I going to do with that now? John's probably going to show up next show and probably act like he don't know what the fuck is happening. Hey, Brett, what's going on? I don't know. How are you and Solar doing? How's the meth job going? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You see, that's the kind of shit guys uh, like me run into. I don't know what to do with that shit. You've always been uh you've always been a drama magnet in the sense that you could literally just be sitting in a room minding your own business and something always has to kick off. Like holy I'm a shit magnet, man. I, I got some creatures for sure. <laughs> yeah. Creatures. Every I once in a while I get lucky and run into wonderful people like yourself and Cindy, but damn it, I attract the evil. Oh, <laughs> Me too, Brett. So, was this recent, what you just described? Yeah, the video, I can tell it's from like a week and a half ago, and it's been, uh, atheists have been posting it. They love it whenever one of my supposed internet buddies, whom I've never met in fucking person, shit talk me and all that. So, it is what it is, you know. So I don't know. I don't Who know. Are these I, people shit talk. What are these podcasts that are trying to make hay off of your bullshit here? Like it's uh, the, the Geek Room, some Draven shit, Underworld, uh, Underhaven, or some shit. It's a like bunch that. of nobodies, essentially, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, they're not doing too bad on their channel, but their channels are mostly meant like this. They're trying to be what we refer to as a copycat of drunken peasants, where they get on the screen, all of them eight hundred pounds each. uh tipping dump trucks and everything with their ass and then they put someone else's video on the screen that's either obese or has problems and then they shit talk the person for two hours they don't talk about science theology philosophy is the world coming to an end is you know an apocalypse and nothing a fascinating nothing substantive just oh look at her eat the twinkie oh look at the sparkly things oh it's like wow, really? You guys, you, you guys are able to do that, huh? Bottom of the barrel entertainment, quote unquote. Yeah. And people but, like that for some reason. They oh, they people. love seeing people get ripped apart. And it's like, I'm, wow. I'm not gonna lie to you. I there was a part of DP that I really enjoyed, and uh, 
the drama that they had with you was a big source of entertainment for you for me for a time uh because i gotta be real with you there's there's just a part of that like don't get me wrong if it starts getting really harsh i'm not gonna be one of those people that's cheering it on like a fucking orangutan but like just baseline shit like there's there's a certain attraction to that with people i think like people are just they're so obsessed with being in their little tribes where i'm part of this group and we're against this group because they're different than us it's like it's something that i've tried to unlearn from myself over time anyways because it's just counterproductive right and i understand too you have some very good psychological insights into human nature and i think that if you're gonna switch from business maybe you should consider getting a psych degree (laughs) you know it's funny you say that because my fiance she's in university and she keeps calling psych majors the bottom of the barrel so i don't know what she's uh what she'd have to say about that i'm sure she's joking but (laughs) they've always joked what you could do is a counseling degree. I'm yeah, you sure know, that's, that's always been ahead. something I've been a bit interested in, actually, is uh, is doing counseling. But I don't know. I, uh, you know, without getting into things too much, I've, uh, I've always been a bit of a source in life of, you know, if people are going through a rough patch that I know, they can come to me and they can come and confide in me and... I'm not trying to say that uh, it's a bad thing or anything like that. Not at all. I try to encourage it, but after enough time goes by of doing it, it can get a bit tiring. You know, if you're, if you're trying to tell somebody over and over and over again, that, you know, not, not telling them what to do, but going, look, I've known you for this amount of time. I've, I've seen these patterns in your behavior. And I really think that if you would try to make an effort to go about changing these patterns to better reflect to better to better your life essentially to make it so it's easier for you to live your life without all of this strife or not even without it but with so much less of it but these people not all of them but a decent amount of them they just refuse to listen to that no matter how much you try to encourage them no matter how much you try to push yeah. them along and that's just the yeah, thing is is that I want to help I want to help people, but I also, you invest so much time into somebody before you know for sure whether or not they are one of those people, whether or not they are one of those people that just cannot be motivated no matter how hard you try. And maybe it's wrong of me to think this, but it's just the way that I think after you've spent that much time trying to help them and they aren't willing to be helped, I just look at that and go, wow, I just wasted a shitload of fucking time. Oh, I I hear you there, Aiden. There's people out there where they got serious fucking problems going on and they they have valid reasons to be upset about things. But there's other people where they they jump right into the fucking shit and then they don't, they seem to not know things. Like uh, the guy I was, we were talking about earlier, Vaughn. You know how many times I sat backstage with them and I said, dude, don't fucking promote or advertise the people that you claim are trolling you. Don't fucking go crazy for two hours the moment someone puts a comment up there saying, hey, look, it's Vampire Vaughn. Don't do it. 
Just ignore the fucking shit and move along. Just talk about space aliens or the flat earth or we live in a fucking snow globe or whatever shit you want to come up with that day, but leave that nonsense alone. The snow globe, I love that. I remember you well, talking to him about that. Well, that's that what he believes. The- he believes that the universe doesn't actually exist, that we're in a fucking snow globe and shit, and Antarctica's got guards around it protecting us from getting out of the thick barrier of ice or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know. But he never listens. Never listens. What are you going to do? It's just, yeah. You know, there's certain people that no matter what you, whatever you tell them, it's just going to be the same result. They're going to tell you. There's some of them that's even more aggravating. Some of them won't even go and tell you so far as that they disagree with you. They'll go, okay, yep, I understand. I see what you're saying. I'm going to try and do that. But they never actually try, or at least it never seems like they try. Because, like, I've... Just recently, you know, there was somebody in my life that I was really good friends with ever since I was, oh God, like 14, 15 years old. I met them, uh, I met them through school, like middle school. And ever since even just like a couple of months ago, I've been trying with this person because they've been going through a lot of struggles and issues. I've been trying to go, look, like I'm here to help you, but I can't be... I can't be there for you 24 seven every single time that something comes up and you're, you're feeling, you're feeling like, you know, life just isn't worth living or anything like that. I can't always be that guy that's there for you. I'm sorry, but I have my own life and I have my own needs and I need to take care of my own needs. And at this point, it's starting to get to the point where your needs and your insinuation into my life is starting to override my needs. This was a little bit actually before I moved in uh, to the place that I'm in now with my fiance. But, you know, for as much as I was hoping that that person would understand at least like, okay, you can't always be there for me. That's fine. No, they had a very negative reaction. They thought that I was basically abandoning them and that I was leaving them behind. And it hurts. I'm not going to lie. When you invest so much time into somebody and then when you finally say enough is enough and that you can't just prostrate yourself before them. And then they just act like you just stabbed them in the back. It's like, no, that's not what I did. That's not what I did at all. It gets really shitty in a social media type of deal. You have a problem where you tell someone, look, I... I've done this, I've stood up for you, I've done everything I can, and then you go making that fucked up video that gets yourself in all kinds of trouble. I can't jump up for it. And I've been too many damn times where these same people who act like they care about you end up making an entire TV series about you, Aiden. What the fuck are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, I got I got to say, uh, that's honestly one of the reasons why I never did a whole YouTube channel or anything like that, even back in the day, was because... I just saw that even if you were like a mid-size, even a fairly small-sized YouTube channel and you wanted to talk with people and you wanted to interact with people, it's always an invitation for drama. No matter what, there's always going to be a controversy. You could be a fucking Lego unit. like we were talking about the other day, fucking Lego bricks, for God's sake. Something as mundane as that. There's drama that comes up around that. If you can't even set in a damn video eating mac and cheese without becoming. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. People. <clears throat> oh, goodness. I need a drink of water. People just naturally revolve around making shit out of seemingly nothing and it can be such a frustrating thing and it's i don't know i i really want to get into history and anthropology because those have been the things that i've always been really fascinated in but at the same time 
you know, I've got people like my parents sitting here telling me that they've always wanted me to have a really good and successful career and have a, a lot of materialistic uh, wealth and luxury because I would have a really good job. But I'll be honest with you guys, you know, I've, I've never been a crazy materialistic guy. I've never been somebody that's uh, wanted all the nice fancy stuff. You know, I can get by with even just a little bit more than the bare minimum. And I can be happy as long as everything outside of that is fine. As long as I've got a decent relationship with my woman, as long as I've got enough food on the table, then that's really all that I need to have a happy life. So I don't know, you know, on one level, you always want to make your parents proud of you. That's a universal thing for anybody. You want to make sure that they uh, are proud of what you've done and you don't want to disappoint them. Plus but you guys got health insurance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But at the same time, I do see their point in like, yeah, going into business, it would be really lucrative. It would be something that would give me a lot of opportunity in life, but I'd be fucking miserable doing it. So I'll tell you what, Aiden, I bet you never had to go through this because you're in Canada and you're lucky as a son of a gun because of this. If you were down here, imagine going into the doctor and saying, look, I might need some kind of surgery or something done. Well, it's going to cost extra for the painkiller. You think you might need that? Oh, yeah. That's oh. the kind of shit they do to you. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you, it's, it's like what I was telling you the, the first time I talked with you in a while. Uh, that whole thing came up with my arthritis. I've only had to pay ever since I got diagnosed with that like 150 bucks in total for anything that I've had done for me. I had an MRI done for me. I had a couple sessions of physical therapy. I had a few cortisone injections, all of that stuff. And I've only had to pay in total 150 bucks. You know how much that would have fucking cost in the United States? Oh my God, I'd be bankrupt right now. I'd be sitting here on the side of the road with a fucking tin cup rattling change if I fucking did that in the United States. It's true. It's really, really hateful. I remember having to go to the doctors a while back. I had fucking bronchitis with a touch of pneumonia. Oh, God. They told me, sir, you're going to need to sit out in the waiting room. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm dying. I'm like, I yeah. die. Fuck over there and sit down. You know, we'll get to you when we get to you. Yeah. And it, it's okay if you see them like running around trying to work with people. But when they're sitting there fucking having a relationship and flirting with each other while you're over there fucking doing headstands. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know how long I sat on that fuck or laid on that couch actually until I finally collapsed into the floor, almost eight to nine hours before oh they fucking God. brought me in the room. Yeah, I didn't care. Didn't give a shit. That is absolutely insane. Yeah, that's Missouri. <laughs> I just and then you I get guess... these people on YouTube. They're like. Brett, you look like you're much older than what you uh, you say you are. And so if you say 45, but you look 60, yeah, use our fucking hospitals and our health care yeah, yeah. and get a taste of that shit. Oh, got to go to the dentist? Time to get out the fucking rinse and screwdriver. You know it's, funny you <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, actually, because that's one of the few things in Canada that is similar to the U.S. is things like uh, dental costs. I'm actually waiting to see if I can get put on my parents' uh, insurance here because I'm sorry, I don't have the money right now to get my teeth cleaned and checked and pay the same amount that I got to pay for my fucking rent. That's just not an option for me right now, you know? So I may not know all of the aspects of that, but I definitely know a couple of them. So I feel your pain a little bit there. Yeah. 
Well, I agree with you on the being a simplistic type of lifestyle. There is one other thing I'd have to throw in there that I'd like to see more comforting of not having so much concern about bills and shit. Because you get a lot of things that can yeah. come up with when you're an older person where it's just yeah. yeah. No, and that's definitely something to think about as well. Um, I'm really actually right now starting to think about opening up a couple of mutual funds or something like that to actually start building some money for my future. But to do that, you kind of need spare money. So, <laughs> so you know, hopefully now that I'm really starting to work my ass off with this job, and that's why I've only been able to show up to your shows pretty late now is because I'm just working all the damn time right now. But I'm doing it so that I can get this money together so I can start building the future for myself. So it may be difficult doing that on a minimum wage job, but it's not impossible, especially when your minimum wage isn't as garbage as it is in the United States. Whew, it's real bad. It's like, what, $7 and something an hour now? It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's bigoted. Um, now you yeah. guys ready to get you some sleep, Cindy? Have you fallen asleep on us yet? Yeah, I feel like she did. Yes. Uh, oh, oh, she's here. I heard her. I'm sorry. I went to brush my teeth. <laughs> it's all right. That's perfectly fine. Me and Brett were just having a good old fashioned ramble. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for sure. I think I'm going to hit the hit at this point. But you know what? This was an absolute blast. I've all, I always enjoy having these conversations. That's why I always leave it in the comments, you know? It's always a good time to be had here, so. Yeah. Well, I ain't looking forward to you coming back. Yeah, for sure. See Have a good night, guys. Time. For sure. Have a good night, Brad. Have a good night, Cindy. God bless you. Good night. You as well. You as well. Cindy, you got any last words? Um, Only night, night. Only night, night. All right. See you later there, Aiden. Have a good one, guy. Good night. All right. Let's get up that outro. Yes. Let's see. Where is it at? Okay, there it is. We hope that you've been enjoying God TV Radio hosted by Brett Keen. When you get an opportunity, check out our public radio station. Check out our books, music, and art. You can also buy t-shirts if you would like to support us. If you don't want a t-shirt, you don't want books, you don't want music, well, you could always do a one-time donation through PayPal. Any support is appreciated. God bless.